Kicking off another week of comics the only way we know how. This is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 211. 211. Welcome to what I believe is not Rob Williams' favorite podcast out there, Eric. Oh, no. A little shout out to all the DC writers who, as Tim Silly said, know exactly who we are. Oh. Is, is that infamous. supposed to be happy? Uh, infamous. Infamous. Well, we know who you are as well, and we'll be talking about your books tonight. While you sit and throw shade at us, oh. remember we are doing this not for you. Not to become friends with you, we're doing it for the Get Fresh crew and all the guys and gals that are buying your books, uh, even if they can't even afford them. Eric, that is a little bit of a PSA. And now you know. Now I know. And, and as you know, knowing is half the battles. I believe I had a wrong turn quote with that at one point, but I think I might have lost it. But if you want to find us out on the internet, we are on Twitter at Weird Science DC, where you can see uh, people throw shade at us. We're also on a website called Weird Science DC Comics dot where, you can where see we review all people the throw books. shade at us. <laughs> Throw shade at us, yes. Yeah, that's basically I will list all the places that you can go and throw shade at us. We're also on iTunes where you can rate and review Uh-oh. and throw shade at us, Aaron. And throw I shade. See a but someplace someplace that people do not throw shade at us is the Patreon account. We have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science. And if you go there, uh, we would really appreciate it, but we also have a lot of shows that we do to try to give you a little bang for your buck. Now, I haven't bang, been bang, up. To, I haven't been, you know, doing my due diligence up until now. I'm afraid because Eric. In a couple weeks, we have an annuals week. I did not mention that. I don't think I mentioned it last week. I think that I ended up, I, I don't like getting shade thrown at me about we that. We have talked about it already, though, whether we it was have, last uh, week or not. We have for months now, but you know that when it happens, <laughs> we're, we're, still gonna, <laughs> we're still going to get yelled at. But every annuals week, we have decided that annuals week will be a week where we have the show just on Patreon. Now, with that, usually that means me and Reggie are talking Looney Tunes Hannah's Barbaras, uh, you know, stuff like that, and possibly one or two annuals. Uh, This time, that's not the case. Not at all. Because DC took that week off of that holiday week between Christmas and New Year's, they decided to pretty much stockpile all the books at the end of the month here. So this. Yeah, this annuals week is going to be big. Now, at one point we were laughing because the doomsday clock was going to be on that week. And we thought, oh, my God. Well, it's not, Eric, because it got delayed. Imagine that. Oh, well. It it got delayed. So that won't be there. But I think we have like 14 books. Uh, the, The weird week is next week where we don't have a lot of books at all. But over at the Patreon, if you become a Patreon subscriber, one of the big shows that you will get is the Patreon only weekly spotlight. Every Thursday night, a spotlight comes out with two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, bop, a beady bell, doop. And this week, they picked a pretty Remix. good one, Eric. I, no, this is what's going on now. You're, you're not doing the peanut gallery. Now I have to do it myself. I realize I need that. <laughs> it's a trigger. <laughs> the Patreon Spotlight? The badasses? <laughs> we have uh, Titans number 33 and the Batman Who Laughs number two. We're picked by the badasses. Pretty good a bunch of books. I'm not going to say that me and you talking about it was the greatest because that would be pretentious, Eric. But I don't great. do that, though. Some, sometimes you do that. Oh my, you do I ever. Pretentious Penelope, they call you. But also part of being a badass, not just being able to pick the books and almost all the other shows that we do, much. they get to pick the subject of them. You also get to be part 
of the wrong turn roll call, Eric, and and that is a little deal. We usually have the regular roll call, right? Want to be a part of that? The badasses. Now, I will apologize before we go into this. Number one, wrong turn cannot say names. So that's funny. But there is a bit of an audio issue because the other guy that we talk about sometimes causing so much of a ruckus while we were doing this. So I hope that this comes through. I hope that everybody enjoys hearing wrong turn do the badass roll call. Abby, Matchroom Blown, John Jack, Nick Adam, Mark Yeager, T Funk, Job Million, Our Stosha, D Man, Beyond, Beyond Mark, Gene Man, Jason Culture, Davey Think, Manship, Brandon Mary, Bobby Bank, Jay Hancock, Carlo, Ian, Leonard, Chester and Miss Jerk, Brian King, Jolly Drew, My Man, PMC. Holly P. T. <laughs> Red Reese Comets. Eric G. Salad Dweller. Dan Lewis Street. Luis. Lelosis Jones. Lelosis Jones Show. Akeem. W.A. Ramonti. Simon. Anthony G. Missy T. My Arm Man Lewis. <laughs> Love Wolfmore. Ruben. There it is, Eric. There it is. Oh you got to get that boy a mic. You, you were giggling. You were giggling. I know. It, it, it didn't come out the greatest, but I will say... I have my favorite. I do have my favorite. And I don't think that you heard it. It's Fred Reed's Comets, he says. He reads Freddy's comets. out there reading. You leave He's reading Comets. Just the same. Comets. Oh, my. And my the man worst PNC is, is my favorite. My, well, that that was actually what he said the last time, I sure believe. Is. So he was, he was very accurate with that. Now, my favorite is Brandon Murray, he said. Brandon Murray. He says, Eric, refuses. This is is the rough cut of what I told him to say, because really, I I can't give him a list to read. This is me going through each one, having him repeat. It has a real I have a real problem because he gets excited. He starts talking over me. The editing that I had to do to even get that, you know, getting excited and talking over you like, you know, you start saying a name and he tries to guess what you're going to say for some reason. He's also fiddling with a Tupperware bowl at this point and Drops it yeah. mid talk. My- Dropped it at one point. <laughs> you got the incredible yeah. melting yeah. man and making a bunch of noise in the back. Man. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, it was, well, How here, is so here was a little get? rough cut. I don't know. I don't know. But it was funny. I, Fred reads oh, yeah. comments. Uh, I'm trying to keep a straight face is, while it's going down. Here, here is me telling him to say the joke. Brandy Murray. Here it is. Brandy Murray. Brandon Mary <laughs> refuses to throw <laughs> shade Brandon's way. He can't help himself. Brandy Murray, Brandon Murray. Brandy Murray. Brandon Mary. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> Brandon Mary. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There you go. So I it's hope about you guys time Brandon Mary's hearing. his girl. I hope you guys hear. Yeah, really. My girl. I should have had him say that. But yeah. Uh <laughs> I hope that everybody enjoyed that. Can you imagine uh, trying to direct continue. him to do it in that voice? Say my girl. Uh, my my girl. No, he couldn't do that. But we're going to continue on with now. a little wrong turn because wrong turn. We we played wrong turn explains it all last sure week, and he was uh, telling us a movie that he liked. And I will replay it here so everybody can hear it once more. It's all about racing and killing and being left in first place. So much fun! You got to watch it. It's awesome. 
There, there it was, Eric. I thought he went longer. I, I was Riveted taking a I sip of drink. Uh, what movie was that, Eric? That movie was Death Wish. Not the original Death no, Wish 2000, Death but the Race. remake. I'm sorry. Death Why would Wish. I say Death Wish? You're wrong term. <laughs> no, no. Where I just know the movie Jess? I prefer. Oh, my God. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. But yes, Death Race. And that Death is Race. The not Death Race 2000. Yes. Death Race with Jason Statham, Death who Race. has no idea what his name is. The bald no, guy. No. Yeah, he he always said like Bruce Willis. What you know, Eric? Is that who you're oh, saying? The bald guys? Ah, uh, yes. But we're gonna go no, because we'll wish. continue that. We're not gonna do this not every week. With the but bald we're gonna, guy. Yeah, we're gonna do it again this week. And here, Eric, just so we can hear the overlong intro song, let's play that game once Why again. Why not? Hello, weird science. Ole, ole. The Wolfman. Way cool. Freddy Cougar. Ole, ole. Freddy. Wrong turn. Way cool. Wrong turn. That ain't right. Just do Just it. do it. Yeah, they, it's like two I heard a little bit of a, <laughs> I heard a little bit of a remix in that. I don't want to hear again. That? There was no remix in there. There was, there no, was no There was no remix, Eric. But here is this week's Wrong Turn Explains It All. I'm going to play this. And again, if you want to guess, you can guess on the Patreon. You can guess on Twitter. You can guess in the Slack, wherever you, you want to guess. guess in the shower if you want. You, you can just guess. I don't care. I mean, guess jeans. Eric. Guess I, who? Were you a fan of those? No. Were you a fan no. of... Uh, you weren't you weren't a fan of Claudia Schiffer, the guest jeans model for a while. <laughs> Here we go. Here is the wrong turn explains all. What movie is he talking about? It's about like um, these two guys two were guys. racing at the beginning of the, the movie and they were racing and they got caught from cops and the cops were chasing them. But this one guy escaped, got into the in the garage. They all fucking had these numbers on the wall and they deleted them. And then they found his brother, but at the end it was awesome. <laughs> Jumping over the truck. <laughs> I forget the fucking dude's name. I, I, I kept at the end, he's like, I forget the fucking names. I don't know. I, I like at the one point he like smacks his lips like he's really thinking. He's really deep yeah. in thought. He's like, well, yeah. it's about the bro- It's about these two guys. Well, they get the cops by the cops. But yes, mm. you, you, all you, of you, you just want to kiss him uh, on the lips. Guess what movie? Guess what movie that is? Man, it'd and be that awesome. Means that you'll be, you'll be in the mind of one wrong term. But from there, <laughs> no, Eric, we're going to go now. <laughs> we're going to go off right now to talk about some comics.
All right, and here we are with the reviews, the meat and cheese of the num, podcast. Num, 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 num. Yummy, yummy, XO. Eric, that's what I say. Is that how you say it? Does this, does no. this work? Hey, you all hip hasters. Oh, my. All you hip hasters, Eric. That's not appropriate because I'm angry about that. I am angry about that as well. If you want to go and read angry. all of the written reviews of all of these books that we're going to talk about tonight and many, many more, go over to WeirdScienceDCComics.com and you can read those. Uh, we have a couple books in this first section. And obviously, we usually say that as you progress through the podcast, Cast, the books get less and less important, Eric. Oh, no. So these are the big ones, though. Aren't they all big, Eric? Aren't yes, we all big in way. the eyes of the Lord? Isn't that I don't what know they about say? You, little fingers. Isn't that what they say in the Bible that little fingers will inherit the earth? Don't they say that, Eric? I think I read that one time, and then they also said, "Don't be sad, don't be catty." Here comes Eric. He's a Yes, there you go. Now, is that is this that rhyme? Uh, I don't want to read this book. I don't like do it. Do you want to? Do you want to be catty? Is that what I I said? Freddy Cougar. Freddy Cougar. Oh no, catty. <laughs> what? He spelled it with C A T T Y because he has corns. That's right. Here? You're catty. Freddy you Cougar. were catty there with me, and then I hit Freddy Cougar. I've had everything ties into each other. Load up your pistols, continuity <laughs> people, people. Coming to town. Coming to town. There we go. Oh, my. We've already heard Wrong Turn Tonight talk about a movie uh, that people have to guess. I don't think that people will guess that movie, but hey, I didn't think that they were going to guess think, last week's, and they got it pretty really, quick. So. I actually really think they'll have a better chance at this one than the one we had really? last week. Yes. Well, la- last week, they, they got it pretty quick. A bunch of people got it pretty quick, but we're going to get into these books. I know one thing that Wrong Turn loves, and that's books, Eric. He told us that when, if he gets his new job, he's going <laughs> to spend some time reading at the library. Right? That's what he told us. Highlights you, magazine. <laughs> do you believe Ranger no. Rick? He's going to read. Uh, I would love to go and we, you know, just go by the library, go in, and there he is with these like glasses down at the edge of his nose reading like something very like Ann Rand. I think that Ann Rand is quite the delight, don't you? He oh, sits God. there. Uh, unfortunately, the second book that we're going to talk about in this section, Superman, I believe that Wrong Turn has made an appearance in that. Uh, as Lobo, but we're going to start with Detective Comics number 996, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Mark Irwin, David Barone, and Rob Lee. Now, would you like this? Do you like Doug Mankey? Are you a Doug Mankey fan? I am a Doug Mankey do fan. Do you like Peter J. Tomasi with Doug Mankey, or do you prefer Peter J. Tomasi with P, uh, Patrick Gleason? Which I, one do you? I think we all know the answer to that. Well, a wrong turn was asked. Like American Sweetheart, I like Tomasi Zeskin. Tomasi Zeskin is what he said. Tomasi Zeskin. I have enjoyed Detective a lot since Tomasi jumped on board. And while that's not going to change here, this issue is more set up than I was hoping for. After being given over the top action and clues in the first two issues of the story, this one is about a globe-trekking Batman trying to figure things out. What does he find out, Eric? Hopefully more than we do. Let's discuss... Can let's we discuss? discuss? Shall we discuss? I like what the let's discuss seems like we have. It's like coffee time, right? Where we have a book club. Let me, let me cross my coffees. leg here for a second. Uh, okay, no, really. I can't do that. Fatty, yeah. it happening. Good, good luck there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, your pants just worked overtime. Oh, no. are, are you paying them time and a half now? Is that what you're doing? Is this on? 
Uh, yes, we start off. And, and if you remember the end of last issue and the end of last issue, when we talked about it on the podcast, I said that I thought Tomasi Siskin was doing something Siskin. along the lines of he was giving us a little bit of a hint that the Batman who went to Arkham was not actually our Batman, that it was one of the, right. you know, whatever this villain is, who's kind on of impersonating a lot of things. Well, I thought it was because it fell off. And I said that if it wasn't him, if it was really Batman, I would be a little upset. You said same thing. If it ends yeah. up being Batman and he ends up doing what he claims he was going to do, you'd be upset. I'm a little upset. I, I so don't I. think that this was well done. Now, here is the thing. You do have a lot of bad things going on with the Batman. Worst you know, Leslie Tompkins being that she died. And Alfred at this point could be dead as far as he knows. I know that he's upset. I just don't like these writers. And it goes back to Tom King as well. I don't like these writers showing us that Batman cannot control his temper anymore. It, it, you know, this this was one of the things that Batman was so good. And yeah, when you get to the point now that they want to kind of look at the psyche of Batman and you have these pop psychologists, people are like, you know, the the inner workings of Batman's mind and things like that. The, the problem being is he he's a comic book character. I don't sure. know if you realize that he's a comic book character and the way and the, so the reason I like it. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. But it was that he could take all of this and then still process it in a way that he doesn't lose. You know, eventually well, that, he does lose his cool a little, but this is too much. Well, the thing and, is, and, Batman does, is known to go and put the fear of God in the people or the fear of the bat in the people type of thing. He beats the holy hell out yeah. of people when they are doing something wrong and are fighting back. Kind of thing. We saw him go over the top in Batman during the trial, stuff like that, talking about Mr. Freeze. Yeah. He went over the top there. I think this is worse where he went into individual cells where nobody was fighting back or could escape yeah, and he did, just yeah, laid yeah. into them in a cell. They're, they like, don't you know have what? weapons. That is, that is and, the darkest I think I've ever seen at this point. And from where he leaves, he he says, yeah, they're not giving up the goods, but they may not have the goods. <laughs> I, I mean, he's do. like, uh, and, and when he says like almost like they're not giving up the goods, then you're starting to get a little – idea that it's pain you know what i mean because you're in arkham and things i right. don't think it is because obviously it's going to be different but if you are reading these he goes into arkham tries to beat the crap out of people and then basically says there's that someone scared them from talking while problematic is still useful info to have so basically he says that he went in beat the crap out of nine different villains who just happened to be there in jail and says that I think it's them not more. talking <laughs> Is still useful. Well, these are the ones that we saw oh, lined up before. They too. Now, here's the thing. to play with. There were so many it, yeah. more people here. Well, so bad. Also, like, here you go. And, okay, this is it. You have, like, some of these guys, Mad Hatter, you know, they... I don't mind him going and, and maybe kind of – I'm saying maybe go and say <laughs> like, okay, okay, Grundy, you know what? I, I no, And even do Grundy this, but being I, in here, I don't like Grundy being an Arkham I don't, Asylum. but I'm saying if it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum or Grundy, if he yeah. goes in and like roughs up Grundy a bit, Grundy yeah. can take that. He's and so that would scare Mad Hatter enough right there. You know, you don't have to. I mean, he literally – he looks like he completely beats the crap out of Wesker and uh, and Riddler are the worst. Put, and put I'm a like, ventriloquist. Really? Put a ventriloquist, dude. Holy moly. He's just an old man. He broke his glasses, Eric. He and can't see without his glasses and his tube. It's too over the top, though. I do like me – 
some sexy time of Mr. Freeze. Oh, my. Mr. Freeze will never wear a shirt again. Look at those abs. He said, with, the thing with is, I look at this Mr. Made. Freeze. I, I look at this Mr. Freeze just with the, you know, the shirt open, abs yeah. all out there. So, like, shirt body open, of it's like apart. Body of it, no, he did that himself. I don't really see any bruises on him like I see on the other people. No, no. He well, was just he laying there sexy. all sexy. He and did. Batman said, no, you know what? what? what you get a pass, was, Freeze. He had a shirt. He ripped the shirt open a la Rick Rude. And then he's just <laughs> flicking sweat at people, I think, is what he's doing, dancing around. But, yeah, it, 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 it threw me off. It really did, especially then when you see him leaving with blood all over his gloves. You know, don't worry, Harvey, because Harvey's like, hey, bye, Bats. Don't be a stranger. Harvey talking trash till the end. Pretty good. You know, don't worry, Harvey. I won't. I'm like, oh, my. Why, why is he beating people up for no reason? And, yes, I understand that this is the progression of he's mad. But yeah. he seems to now have wasted time beating people up instead well, of actually getting is- info. Not only that, he's mad. He goes to Arkham. He beats the shit out of everybody. Gets no info. Comes back. Oh, my boy's here. Time to get happy. I'm smiling all yeah, up. Yeah. It's good to see but you again, he, and, and like I said, he comes by. Damien is there. Oh, you know, Alfred's tough. We're going to do this. He's going to have a tube in his lungs for a, a, you know, a couple of days, but they'll be fine. Did you find out anything? And then Bruce, since he beat the crap out of everybody, he's got to make it like – well, they didn't talk, but, you know, isn't that part of learning as well? Isn't it, Damien? No. <laughs> it's like, well, I didn't necessarily learn info, but not learning info, isn't that learning info? And and where we get in this issue that I, I don't hate it, it's a lot of setup. It's very much the setup to continue on. So it, if you're looking for answers, if you're looking for even a lot of story progression, you're not going to get a ton of that. What you're going to get is a ton of references back to Batman and Robin run of Tomasi Gleason and New 52, which we love. So that's fine. But where I told you before we started, what gets me is you get detective work. But it's detective work for Batman, not detective work for the reader. You just see clips of him le- learning where Ducard is, is the right. next scene as he leaves. Now Henri he does say du- also, Ducard. he also leaves. And as he's leaving uh, the cave, he says, you know, listen, Damien, you stay here. If things go wrong, shut down, you know, you know, get the Calvary, do all this. But when I come back, I want to make things right. I want to talk about things. I just wish he said, and we're going to talk about that prison. Well, you, you the got thing there. Is, but, so Damien's keeping in mind, it's like, well, if you can keep it open mind father i'm like yeah, yeah he does yeah, not know about this yeah. dungeon that damien has and if he tells no, him he's not gonna no. be keeping an open mind yeah yeah so well, we have that, that because that's Batman nice. did just beat the crap out of everybody in arkham so kind of what damien's doing yeah yeah so there you go but he goes off and even then did he's you going to do this grabbing. i learned from watching he's you father i learned from you dad he ends up you know as bruce is in france and going through there trying to find where ducard is he's going through disguises one being possibly owen wilson like he said he's got his he's got his <laughs> owen wilson slash slash uh ellen degeneres wig on in the bar he's there he, you know he's a dock worker he's there he's matches malone it looks like he killed 18 people i, I, I love the detective work that we get to find out where Henri Ducard is because essentially it really is just him in disguises beating the holy hell out of anybody he comes across to get this information. It's just a continuation of what we had in Arkham with disguises. That makes it fun. Yeah, what what I and that's what I was going to say. The one guy just grabs his tie, knocks over his, his coffee, and actually looks like he put a penknife through his arm. <laughs> you know, you have a lot of stuff going on in the there. background there. All the destruction leading to that guy yeah. at the tie. Oh, I'm telling you, it, you don't. This is with narration. Like I don't waste time, as Alfred always said. A few basic disguises, all you need, and it goes through. I just wish this wasn't exact. I wanted some dialogue because I swear to God, everywhere he goes, where's Andre Descartes? <laughs> 
I don't know what you're talking about. Boom, goes that. Okay, he's in the bar with these ladies. Hey, where's Henri Descartes? I don't know what you're talking about. All right, on the deck. Where is he? Everywhere he goes, finally, after beating up half of France, he luckily finds somebody who knows where he is. Oh, and God, he's, up he's in the catacombs eating he's sardines in the catacombs. like a savage. Yeah, really, with spam as well. Uh, but you go down, and there's Descartes in the, la- in the catacombs underneath France. Batman goes, he thinks right now, and this is the thing is, we think that he know he thinks Ducard's the one doing all this. Yeah. He thinks that he's the one. It's, it's revenge not. for killing Morgan yeah. Ducard, his son, nobody. And that is a big call out to Back the Batman and Robin. Blood. They even say it's Batman and Robin bad blood trade. And they kind of skip over it more than I would have liked, even though I read the story, because yeah. I'd like people to kind of get intrigued to go back and read that. I don't know that they'll be intrigued just by the name drop, kind of, because well, it is like you. He came to get me. He failed. Then he doubled back to get my son. My son killed him. And I know I watched it. I watched it on video. It's, it's and, so funny, though, the whole idea that we talk about, you know, it's Batman and Robin bad blood. Go check that out. The whole idea of like, you know, what happened with Martin Ducard? I'll, I'll stop you right there just for a second. Everybody listening to this that likes this Detective Comics, go and get that. It, it is oh, yeah. really, really good. It's really good and it's way worth reading, even not even just for this, but just the story. But continue, Eric. But it seems continue like with Tomasi on. jumping on Detective like this, he is going back and actually retroactively, like, you know, continuing where he left off, not even left off because it was Batman and Robin number four is what I'm referring to, where he said that there were six people that trained him to become Batman. Yeah. And in that new 52 continuity, besides for Henri Ducard, we never really established who these people were. I know at the one yeah. point in the, like, you know, what was it? Uh, Tynan's run of Detective Comics, we saw Zatara was one of the people. Yeah, but Zatara. by the end of this, I don't even know if that's going to be in continuity anymore. It looks like, you know, Tomasi's ret- retcon that with uh, – with Thaddeus, Thaddeus Brown here at the end, yeah. so I don't even know if that's going to be the thing. But well, we'll see. The, the idea, like going through and finding out the people who helped make Batman, seems to be the deal because he specifically said six people, and it was left ambiguous of who that was besides for Henri until now. Yeah, yeah, and so while while this is going on, if that's what he's doing, and this is all leading to the one thousand Detective Comics one thousand, and then it seems like the whole story, you know, this story will be done, and then he's going to move on with a different story from there. So we'll we'll get to there, and yeah, maybe this is where they said you have a couple issues to kill. You know, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I, I had this idea back in day. And the problem is, is back in the Batman and Robin, it kind of got sidetracked when Damien was killed by Grant Morrison. So you yeah. couldn't really continue a lot of stuff that he probably wanted to do. So that makes sense. Well, not only that, because what I'm talking, we got done bad blood and we almost moved right into like court of the owls kind of stuff yeah, yeah, and then yeah. death of court the of family the owls, death of the family it ended up like i say it really Batman got sidetracked kill damien so uh-oh. yeah yeah so he kind of got a little screwed like we say he does a lot well they're down there talking to says basically i'm running for my life somebody's after me as well that's kind of like Batman. like okay and this is where it begins there's a beginning of this where I wish that something else, because there's Ducard. He's on the run. He knows something's hunting him. Who who is it? He's a smart guy. He's a guy who has a lot of connections. So for him to be in the catacombs hiding, I think he would know a little more of what is going on, who's targeting him. And that would be something I think Batman would ask right away. Now, they do get attacked right away, but Batman never seems to, like, want to get to that sort of questioning they're just talking about you know nobody and you know hey what's going on and i had some close he says after a few close calls i've been on the run for weeks and it's now all starting to make sense you're not the only one hunting me i'm somehow become a target because of you i want to know 
where he got that. What was his info? And yeah, they get attacked, but Batman's just like, huh? And then they get attacked. They get attacked by a crazy, you know, conglomerate, abro, you know, whatever you would call this, uh, mutated a uh, genetic monster. freak. Yeah, monster with all the villains and things like that. Also, this scene does give you some big, one big thing is Batman does say, whoever is doing this knows that I'm Bruce Wayne right. as well. So that kind of uh, goes. And even that with Ducard, I don't think they see, he spells it out enough exactly for people who really don't know it because at the one point Descartes like listen Wayne and I think maybe some people they should go back and see who Descartes is but they might be thrown off by that as well but this thing's attacking them they attack they're slicing it the only way to destroy it is pretty much Descartes gets some uh, you know grenades and and jumps in and blows everything up and that's where Batman's like yep Looks like I'm going to look at some chess pieces now and off I go. And then, then they, he goes off to Korea uh, to go to the next person. It's like so you funny said. to me, though. The whole thing with more like, you know, Henri Ducard is that Bruce went to a master assassin to learn training and stuff like that for yeah, a guy who yeah. doesn't like to use guns and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. So it, it was cool just coming back because even when we were looking at this issue early before the issue came out, normally it's like, okay, we're going to find out who this, you know, who's behind this whole thing. And we're just page it through. It's like, Henri Ducard. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so funny. I mean, they call, and we're not going to learn anything. And, Robin yeah. back and that's the thing. Remember, that you, the big thing about this issue, we're not going to learn anything. You no. really don't learn anything about what is going on. Like I said, the big thing in that scene was I know the just Monster Kim's- Man has a bunch of heads on it now. Yeah, the Monster Man, it's attacking, it's everybody. And then it morphs into all the different villains. You know, you have Harley at one point, you have Poison Ivy, it just keeps morphing. I don't understand it. Now, the weirdest it. part of it, though, is like when he is fighting, you know, this monster conglomerate with Henri Ducard, it was such a weird line for when the monster had him down and it shifted into Pamela Isley. Yeah. And he says, why, why her? her? I'm I like, is that, a, is that a clue to something? No, was, and why no, would you say that, why her? It, it, that's, it's not. He's talking about Leslie Tompkins. I had this problem too because who okay. sent you? You murdered someone dear to me. Why her? He's okay, saying, you know, why did you target really Leslie? On the I actually had the problem too. Up there. Yeah, <laughs> I almost had the idea like, is this really pointing huh. towards the idea that Poison Ivy isn't a villain of his anymore? And he's that now it's, it's no, Leslie no. that he's saying. Okay. Yeah. Why did you target Leslie? But that's the thing. It didn't seem, and it wasn't spelled out that it did target Leslie. It was well, spelled out that, and Leslie, Leslie would have been okay. Bait. Yeah, yeah, it was bait to get Batman. She said that, and it did seem that. And if she would have just gotten the, the you know, the stairwell and left, never would have had anything happen. Uh, but you know, we saw oh, that Leslie. it did, and she's dead. Yeah, poor Leslie. But that's where Batman goes off to North Korea, and he's at the Pak Tusan Mountains or Mountains, Eric. I'd like to oh, say, the and he's climbing up to go Why do see. You say his, that? I don't know. He goes up to see his old sensei, and it's funny too. He goes up and looks, and I mean, it is bloodshed. All these assassins, all the you know the kung fu fellows, they're all dead, and there's a big bat in blood. But later, it has to be pushed. Like they just kept saying bat. I'm like, yeah, they kind of made a bat with blood. I, I, I yeah. get the idea because even he's like bloody bat symbols. <laughs> but he, he gets attacked then because he wants to see what is it? Kiraji? Is that how you would pronounce it? Yeah, it's Kiraji. His I, sensei. I yeah, his sensei. <laughs> hard. And the one guy left who's missing an eye, which I know you love, uh, uh. ends up just like, you won't get past me. None shall pass. I'm protecting my sensei. I'm going to protect him with my life. Instead of Batman saying. Yeah, instead of Batman saying, listen, I- I'm with you. I-, I mean, I'm here to find out. I- I'm Batman. You know, I want to – he just – he gives the 
classic karate from with the hand and they just fight and it's very very padded it's just and for what fight. we're trying to do the whole idea too we're trying to get to the one of the like the master sensei kirigi that's what i'm going to say kirigi okay. just because okay kirigi uh, you know the man who trained bruce into his ways of nujitsu yeah and it's like all right we have to fight this guy now for a couple pages for this big mystery and you know coyote like was it uh coyote or whatever the hell it yeah, is this yeah. guy's name is i'm like He's not the interesting part of the story. And no. fighting with him on top of a mountain is not the interesting Yo, part either. Yeah, Kyodai Ken. That's uh, it, Kyodai Ken. Yeah, Kyodai Ken is there. And the worst part is, is not only is Batman now beating up another guy who's pretty innocent. Now this guy's trying to fight as he well just and trying to kill him. sensei. I like to he at just, one point. Look, there's bloody bat symbols everywhere. We have this guy, Batman yeah. who just climbed this thing. There was a monster changing form and stuff like that. Yelling, yeah, like the bat. I don't, I'm not going to let this guy pass either to yeah. my right. sensei. Let's so at one point, it looks like he gives uh, Coyote, Dan, or Ken a uh, body slam. But then they go in, and then the, the sensei, he's bleeding out. I mean, that's the worst part of this. You know, Coyote, Dan, better stop because sensei's bleeding out. He comes up, Batman, you almost beat him to death. Sensei then fixes him. He's, you know, got the classic. And, and even and this then, whole thing, this whole idea we have the monster conglomerate, it is going after people. We have, like, you know, Henri Ducard's dead now. The monster's moved on. It's moved on to freaking the sensei here. Why did it leave the sensei alive? This thing, nothing yeah. seems to be able to stop this thing. No, Why would it move and, on? And it moved on. And also the problem being is we get this this weird deal where we have in some stories where they left them alive, but also didn't really give them a hint to go there anyway. Now, Batman is going to all these different places. Yeah. But he he just – it's almost like I said, like one of the coincidence of in the Tom King with the Beast. The Beast hadn't seen his dad for 25 years. He just happens to go to Siberia to see his dad at the exact moment that it has to for the story and goes from there. This seemed like that, that it just – he's always a little behind. But why? And what are they trying to do if they're leaving a message or whatever? You're really having a lot of faith that Batman's going to catch on. He is the world's greatest detective. I understand that. But there's – I would love to have seen some hints like after Jacquard ends up killing himself, somehow that monster blows up and we see some weird thing like a katana or something that would lead Batman because the problem at the end of this isn't just that he ends up going here, the sensei's alive, but we we don't get any information anymore. Right. We get again. We go to. We are now going to France and North Korea. Uh, you know, globe trekking. To not find anything. It's starting to become like the the force quest where we're going around and not learning things. And yes, Batman. So he beat people up in Arkham, didn't find out anything. Went to see Henri Descartes. Went to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Went to Paris, found Henri Descartes after what he said was a lot. (laughs) Got attacked by a monster and Henri's dead. Didn't learn anything as far as we know because we're not getting the – Then he goes to North Korea. Didn't we? Yeah, and we go to North Korea, and we find out that this monster was just yelling, bats, bats, and we don't know anything else. And so I think that what you said at the beginning is definitely true. This, in a roundabout way, we are getting a mystery that's not supposed to be solved per se. The mystery is leading us into seeing this the other thing that he wants of, us of to who see. Trained so, the Batman, which so is a weird like thing a, too, because it's a clever ba- backstory type story. You, you know which what I mean? A, it's that, a weird thing too, because back in 1989, there was a story called "The Many Deaths of Batman," where one of the people, yeah. like he was, somebody was going around and killing all the people that trained Batman. So it's yeah. very similar in that aspect. Well, there as you well. go. But yeah, I think that the, I think you're right, and like we're getting a mystery that that it's the journey, not the destination, that we're supposed to be enjoying. And I do, I understand. Thaddeus now the other Brown, thing. Oh my! No. And 
and be, even before that, the other thing that makes me laugh at this deal is he's climbing, Batman's climbing up the mountain. He gets up and he's like, ah, Sensei, I came here of my own, uh, you know, fruition. I didn't use any sort of tech, right? No, no, you did. You, you, you did. did. You're a goddamn you liar, Batman. But you know what? <laughs> he at little, least used his, little, his, his repel gun. That, little that's lies. Not, to save so many, it's, it's not a bad lie. Well, no, that's that's that sinks ships. Here, look, look. Sensei would have bled out if he would have not used anything. <laughs> you know, everybody else would have died in the amount of time it would have taken him to climb so this funny. mountain. Sensei's like, "Don't help me! You used a a, a repellent a repeller gun and repeller gun. You don't even see that the Batwing is only two hundred <laughs> feet below. Hey, I can just jump off here and then get there because as he's going down, he either signals for." The, the bat jet to come I up. I swear it is or still it just it's always there. was there. That's what I Because it'd it be weird to. Here's the thing it has to be, and he, he's being sly about it, or else he would just have the bat jet go and land on the top. Like, hey, smell you later. He's deceiving them. It makes me laugh. But then he just goes. And I he, just imagine it's one of those things, from, you know, he has fixed up the sensei. He walks out of the hut kind of thing <laughs> and like signals the bat jet to come pick him up. And he's all like, he lied to me. Open up all of these stitches he just did. I want to have oh, a yeah. liar no, touch I, me. I, I just wanted the whole deal where he's like, oh, he's you ended up, He's like, you ended up using technology. But Sensei, that's how I saved you. Now, all of a sudden, he changed. He's like, you know what? What is this YouTube people are doing? All of a sudden, the Sensei is full out with everybody. Else. The guy won't do anything. They're like, Sensei, we have to go out to the courtyard. Get the jazzy. But Sensei, you can go yourself. I ain't doing shit myself anymore. Pat man has showed me the light i'm never gonna do anything i'm sensei now you're watching videos of people training instead of training damn right these youtubers got it right who plays video games anymore when you can watch people play video games now i sound like an old guy yeah you do but he goes and he leaves and he's like i'm ready to take I do love when he leaves, though, because all the problems are because somebody knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And now we're leaving the mountainside so we can go and find somebody else. The next person wants to study Brown. And as he's leaving, Coyote and kids right there like, you know, safe travel, Sensei Wayne. I'm like, well, there's another guy who knows now. Yep, I'm like, yep, there we go. Hey, maybe it's him. Maybe we'll find out. Old old one eye. One eye Ken, they call him now. Yeah, he just I'd like it to safe travel, sensei Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Everybody knows now. <laughs> oh, oh, no. No. But yeah, he goes from there to uh New Mexico. Uh Gia, New Mexico. Gila. And I think that uh I think that I don't know how to pronounce it. I would I would think that it's a fancy thing. There's people in New Mexico, Gila. they're pretty fancy. Uh so uh, with that, you're, you have to – it's almost like now we're Star Wars. We're going from Hoth to goddamn Tatooine and back again. You know, you have to go from these extremes. He does say, I'm going to the heat here. He goes, and it's to get Thaddeus Brown, uh, you know, Mr. Miracle. The original Mr. Will, Miracle. And that will confuse everybody, as it would. Uh, well, even, even when we had Shiloh the Norman show up at the one point and yeah. what was it, Sideways or something yeah. like that? Like, well, here's another Mr. Miracle and for you in case he you had know. like his own little side story, that, yeah. that uh, new God's – special uh but yeah you have it here where it's thaddeus brown the original uh mr miracle who you would guess is going to be retroactively said to be what taught him escapes and things like that yes. even though like you said which takes away from the zatanna zatara thing yeah which I and that's really fine like. I, I don't yeah we'll see how this is but as he's there you shouldn't have come it's a trap the entire ground's flipping and then it ends and i like the art I like the story. I just see that we're not getting much of this. Like the mystery was left behind to just get, 
here to here to here to, to, and basically, oh, look at him. Oh my God, you think that's great? Well, there's Descartes. Oh, you think Descartes great? Here's the sensei. Oh my, oh, there's Thaddeus Brown. Oh and it's just, it's all set up. And the problem is, is what you say you're going to have to get that we may get this issue again with more of them as he goes. But we'll see. Uh, I'd well, like it to right say, there. It was pretty fast. We got three of the six right there on one issue. So it won't take forever, like one thing per issue. Yeah, we, we only have a couple more issues, though. So we'll see how that works out because we're getting to a thousand but uh what would you give it i give this issue a seven out of ten i enjoyed the art in this issue even though some of it was weird kind of like damien looked like a little girl at some point yeah, but uh, yeah, looked, he looked a little odd at, at a point but and a even lot the whole of people... idea, some of the panel layout was like you know i got lost in the shuffle with some of the action that was going on for the how crammed together some of the stuff yeah. was but overall i was a little down on this issue just because of the, all the like you know the scavenger hunt aspect which i hate yeah. in comics but uh I do look forward to what we're doing because it is a callback to Batman and Robin, which Tomasi yeah. did, and I really enjoyed. I'm like, okay, he's getting back into the swing of things, and he's picking up where he kind of where he left off, or at least an open thread he had, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to give it a seven five. I like it a little more than you, but I'm still down because I was like a you know a nine five nine, you know, really high up. This was. Just a little treading water, you know. You, it was. You, it's the wow moment. And this is the way the, the Batman is being portrayed is not something that I really appreciate either. I actually, yeah. for the way that Batman was portrayed with the how forcefully he just wants yeah. to beat everybody about the face. I'm like, I could go down to a six point five for that alone, but I still am enjoying really? the story. I like what he's doing with the character for the most part, just not that aspect. And it's funny because this is where I mean, just to take this on the overall scheme of what we call life, Eric. Right. It's almost like some of these writers, and I, I'll take Tom King out of it because I think this might be a reaction to him of the idea of people like, oh, I like the Tom King Batman because he doesn't punch anybody. He's not punching people. And then you get that you know reactionary now you got to go over the top with it in other books to make your book different and maybe that's what we're getting a little bit but even tom king's having you know him beat up the crap out of people because i think that he wants to change things up but it's almost like if you go you have like you're so pc uh, and then you get a dice man who and then after dice man's gone then you go back and it's just a back and forth and i think that's kind of what we're seeing with batman but i don't like seeing him legitimately Beat people up with ultra violence that really we even know that they're not going to have any info. That's the biggest part with me. He goes into Arkham and he can talk to people. He can kind of, you know, squeeze, you know, put the squeeze on the screws there. But uh, the fist questions and beating people up and then almost seeming to Damien like, eh, you know what? Beating him up kind of was part of the deal (laughs) anyway. It it was a little too much. But you live, you learn, son. We're going to go to the next book, Eric, which is one that's caused a lot of talk with the Get Fresh Koopy Boop. What is it? Superman number seven, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Ivan Rice, Brandon Peterson, Jason Fabach, Eau Claire Albert, Alex Sinclair, Josh Reed, and Carlos M. Manguel. When Bendis came to put his mark on our Man of Steel, he sent Lois and John Ken away with Jarrell into space. We've learned what's been going on with Lois, and now it's time to see what happened to John with his little space jaunt. Or more accurately, yeah, here we, we learn go. what happened to Lois through John for some reason. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. I interrupted you because, boy, we're having problems tonight with this. Like, you are so delayed on my end, but we're going to get through <laughs> this. And, uh, yeah, th- this is a weird issue because we, you know, we ended last issue with John showing up. Hey, Dad, now it's Pa over and over. He, he seems I, to – I Michael don't know seems why. to think that – any L has to use Pa over, even though that was just a Clark thing with, with Jonathan. Pa Kent, and hey. Ma all of a sudden. It's just, yeah. It was uh, like a product of the time kind of thing. 
<laughs> the one point when he says mommy it made me laugh uh but yeah he says the mommy I, there there is a, a real big problem with this issue and it, it to, to me and you we both talked about this during the week and it's a huge deal we we end up with a cliffhanger of john he comes back hey hey pa Hi, hey pa what's up pa hey pa uh yeah you know what i it looks like i'm about 17 here uh you know uh let's go and find ma mommy let's find a mommy, mommy. And, and and explain to her What's going on? Because they're hugging. I said I didn't even like the beginning. I thought that that was Bendis trying to get the feels because John is hugging, you know, Superman. And I'm going to sound Superman like an is awful hugging father. John. He's yeah, but he's like, Dad, nope, still hugging. Well, here's the deal. I like that. He's been gone three weeks. He's been gone three weeks with no sort of idea that anything has gone wrong. I mean, at this point, except for what yes, he's staring Lois- at right in front of him. Well, that, but that's that. It wouldn't be the hugging then. This wouldn't be let me hug it out, you know, bitch. This would be let's figure out what's going on. And I'm not even sure that you're my son. It should have been the opposite. It should have been John hugging Superman. He has not seen his father in seven years. He's he seventeen been years him. old. He's not about and to hug his should, old man. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. But he's seventeen. But he hasn't been around the bad kids like you were. He's been with his grandpa <laughs> for crying out loud. It's a teenager who hung out with his whole teenage years with his grandpa father even though he has alien floozies so i would have liked the whole deal where you have this whole thing dad nope still hugging reverse this and have superman start asking the questions that he says next and you know john say wait a minute please hug me and they hug i thought it would have been very well it would have been a better progression because he has not seen his father so you're only about to hug your son if they ask for you to hug them first if zach went on a trip Uh for three weeks and came back and he came back and i gave him a hug and he's like hey dad i nope still hugging you gone for three weeks please i know that he lost track of him there's other it just to me that was there to, to fake the funk. It's faking the feels is a new one. But he then there's what, there is a couple things, but still only three weeks. There's still, your dad would leave you for three years and come, probably didn't hug you at all, though you probably wanted to. But then there I you are. So it should have been you. <laughs> you. You're still hugging him in your mind. But you, you <laughs> had John there. And there's a couple times the dialogue to me seems off but not off in the just the hey he doesn't get the characters off where brian michael bendis his idea of what a you know talk is is weird because he's like are you okay john says i am really okay you're what are you i didn't get that he was asking him what age he was I what did. are you? Uh, I'm 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 a kid i'm your son what i'm about you know you? 17 he does, no he doesn't say what how old are you like how old? How long? Whatever. No. What are you about seventeen? It, it's not a good progression in my mind. Now, oh, you don't know. I lost track. You go, and then he's talking about kryptonite, and he says, "No, it's just what it is. It looks well, like the it's idea, tiny, the thing whiny is the, nonsense." When he says gold kryptonite too, gold kryptonite is supposed to take away a Kryptonian's powers forever. I'm yeah, like, I no, don't know why you would think yeah, this is gold no, kryptonite. That's because he's just throwing out uh, most of what, in, in my mind. Uh, I've broke. I've I've gone to NASA and I got their computer huh. out and I, I entered the I think info, you're on a list the now. stats. I'm down in the. I went down to the lab and entered it into I don't think my. You should admit to this. I entered up my author, uh, you know, stats and basically when it, it did, 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 ding, I looked at the thing and said, <laughs> "Wait, Brian Michael Bendis is 98 percent chit chatty dialogue, one percent faking the funk with just naming things, and then one percent story because what he does is just." 
throw out things. He just uh, is this Kryptonian puberty? I mean, he just has people yell stuff without ever thinking if it makes sense. Gold kryptonite that doesn't make sense. That's not what the, he's flying there, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Hey, gold kryptonite and Superman. If anybody's going to know kryptonite, so they go, and this is where the whole thing falls apart and infuriates me is when they go to Lois. Now, they're going to go to Lois. He's like, hey, we're going to go Obviously. see your mother. They go in. It's sexy time, Lois. <laughs> she, right? she, She's lives, there. Uh, she lives across town now, son. Some stuff went down since you've been gone yeah. those three Never weeks. Never really says that. But when he goes, she's there, sees him. She's showing the, you know, the cleavage, the all goods. that. Because she knows what usually happens when he shows up. So in my mind here, this shows that he has come for many a sexy time in this three weeks. Yes. You know, this and even if it's about, two right? weeks. Yeah, yeah. So why hasn't she said anything? Where is it that Superman in this scene? Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Kent. Come up and see me sometime. She knows the game. She knows what has happened when he comes for the booty call. But when is booty call, was he ever going to say, hey, by the way, you came back from being with John. We haven't been able to get a hold of him. I can't get a hold of him. We still can't now that you're back. Uh, he's with my grandfather or my father, his grandfather. Like, what happened when you left? What happened from the time that you guys left me and then you came back? Because it's obvious they don't know. They've never well, said it. That's the thing it. is, I Lois would assume they should have talked them. in Action Comics when we first yep. had this whole thing. Nope. Now, now, even the progression here, where you know we show up, if we go back to last issue, the world was just shrunk down and out in the Phantom Zone, kind of thing. So why is she just hanging out like that's no big deal? No, no. You know, no, kind no, of thing. Care. Earthquakes, whatever, all over the world because of being enlarged. It's and because out of the it's Phantom just the, the whole deal, and and it's just that the whole idea of this though is that you have John goes, and there's a good moment where Lois ends up saying like, "Oh my like, God, you know, why is this she I still?" Out the on everything of being sick from I the know. Phantom Zone air. Remember that? Well, even that. People they don't got care sick? about that. Nobody cares <laughs> about that. But it's like, hey, is this one of those Kryptonian things again? Is it kryptonite? Or is this Kryptonian puberty? What's going on? Is that really you? You smell like you. Oh, my God. I missed out on a lot. Starts crying. You get some feels for that. That's actual genuine feels for me. But then, like, tell us what happened. What did your grandfather do to you? And he's like, okay. And this is another thing of a progression, which is odd. I don't know why. But she's like, what did your maniac grandfather do to you? How about I start from the beginning, John said. How about you give me the headline? Start at the beginning, buddy. I'm like, well, what? And so he's going to tell the story. The problem is by the time we're done talking, the time we're done this issue, the story that John tells is everything Lois already knew. common knowledge for what she both knew Superman it. and Lois know. This is what she did. So Superman was never told. Superman was never told. He never asked. I, I, like, I like to think that he was told, but for some reason, just because of how bad they feel about, you know, leaving them, their son with their crazy grandfather, his crazy grand, the idea that he's aged now and he's been gone all no, of these years from I'm them. I'm telling you. It's like, no. I, I'm not going to interrupt you, boy. Let's you can't go story. by that. I you know. have to go by what it is. Super. He, Clark never asked Lois what happened. Glois never thought to tell him this is something now you go with the idea of well they don't live together anymore but but the, the beginning shows you that they have had some time she knows oh, yeah. Mr. Ken. so they have had some but they were just there basically the two of them like to have sex never asked about their son never told about their son so when we get this so and, now and it's it, more like your relationship instead of well the yeah no there's no <laughs> sex there either they they have the thing <laughs> yeah, though that talk about the kids it's because brian michael bendis did not do his work and show us and now he has to throw it in there and even at the point where you know you should have had like oh you know yeah your mom told me a little but tell me also the fact that we go from 
yeah, I left at that one point. I don't remember why. I think I was mad. Yeah, yeah, that was because they didn't let you in the Teen Titans. Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. But now let me tell you exactly what happened no, when I, we I left. I did like that aspect just to kind of tie it into what was going on at that time that he yeah, did but, leave. Well, why, wouldn't he, why would he remember that or not remember that but remember running in the Lobo? It doesn't make sense in the progression of a story where he doesn't bear – I don't remember why I left. Oh, well, you know, that was Teen Titans. Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about the time I bumped in the Lobo for two seconds and he <laughs> talked to me. It doesn't make sense. And so they're there. Uh, you know, let's start from the beginning. And Brian Michael Bendis screws up something that a lot of people liked from Man of Steel is just in the fact that you start right when they leave with Jarrell. And when that happened in Man of Steel, uh, you know, you had John, hey, don't go through my third drawer from the bottom. And me, you and Reggie talked and we said that's a little inappropriate for a 10 year old. It seemed really odd. Like, what it did, did he have odd. in that third? Dra- now it's changed the lowest. Don't let Perry go in my bottom drawer. It's It's different. And if you're reading this, is that a hint that things aren't right? I don't think so. I think that what you said is right. I just think that Bendis yeah, or DC, DC didn't, didn't like that. it. Yeah. yeah, they didn't like that whole idea of sexy John. Like maybe like there having, was some flack going yeah. online. Like, all right, let's change this yeah, something. That we change, or they just forgot because the, the scenes, com- it's not completely different, but it's very different yeah. from what we saw before. You see that they go up and Jarrell has a huge ship that's not the one that we saw in them lift off. And he's got a ship. Why? Why is that there and nobody knew what? about it? It. The thing is, you talk about why. Why are Clark and Lois letting this go on? Because the last time we saw Mr. Oz in this continuity yeah. doing stuff, he was a kind of an evil guy. He de- told his backstory and then was pulled into a goddamn blue energy. Which, yeah, no, I think that then, blue thing was just a teleport to the ship now. I, I, I don't I, know. And on top of that, he was hanging out in a goddamn prison on another planet at t- other okay. time and space kind now, of nonsense. And, and here's, why would any of this just yeah. happen in the first place? And he ended up, you know, whether or not they know it, killed Cyborg Superman. But with, with that going yeah. on, with that going on, wrap it around then. And so it's, so it's, hey, um, okay. In my mind, Clark's like, and this is reading between lines. Clark's like, there's no way. Remember, they were fighting. You can't go. Jarrell, no, no. I, I don't know much about you. You know, you're my dad, but I didn't really know you. You can't take my son. Lois is like, well, I'll go to make sure everything's okay. All right. That's cool. You know, and then she came back, but yet he didn't ask what he, they had done. So it makes it worse. It makes it worse to think that they let them let John go with Jarrell and, and Lois was there to be on. And in this is just like, eh, I saw I was getting in the way and eh, he can handle himself. Comes back, never says anything to Clark. And there, yeah, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. It really well, that's feels she like came a back. lot he of was nonsense. worrying about how they have a different relationship all of a sudden. Like what happened in space? If you ask me, <laughs> I mean, you legitimately asked me, I don't think John was coming back. I, I really don't. I think that they were going out there and we were going to have a year or so without John and we were, weren't going to get this. And now he's kind of going because why wouldn't he have shown this where Clark says, well, what happened to him and and set nothing has been set up all of a sudden we get a cliffhanger and then boom we're gonna get the story that is the story lois knows everything in the story she would have told, told superman yeah, right so away as soon as she came back or they he discovered that a, she came a back tie-in as they go out the ship they run into the dominators that we had on the way to earth and i guess it was man of steel or one of the books superman i believe and, yeah so we end up where they end up taking care of them and he's like hey you know that's pretty cool they don't have to deal with this now you have the deal where then they're like man you know what john you were pretty good he even your space fight and they go out <laughs> lois has the the suit on because Jarrell's like you're gonna have to wear this in space even though we're in a spaceship it really is just forced so that she's wearing
wearing it when they go to the planet to to continue that. But also, <laughs> Honestly, she weird... should be wearing it all the goddamn time. If as and, far and as I, I just don't understand, this is the other progression that I, I thought. What? Because you got so we're good. No more whatever those were. Ha! Dad would poop. Are you hungry? Gross. I know a place. Speaking oh, of poop, God. you hungry? No, this is the thing, though. Listen. So we're good. And he's like, ha, dad would poop. John says that. Jarrell goes, are you hungry? I know a place. Then John laughs. Oh, God, that's the funniest thing I've ever. Woo, this day. And then she says, how about some quiet time, squirt? Yes, ma'am, sorry. Then he goes, the dominators are soulless monsters. And then says, all right, we'll get this. This progression makes no sense. This dialogue makes no sense. From What is he laughing at? What is John saying? Oh, God, that's the, the funniest thing I've space. ever. Woo, this day. Because <laughs> if it's anything, the poop, that's what he said. Is, is he laughing at his own? It makes no sense. Is it that he's like, are you hungry? I know a place. A young kid like that, I don't think would laugh at that. Plus, the progression then goes back to the dominators, not the joke that it's so bad. But you go down, and they're they're going to eat at this. You know, basically, it's it's a oversized cantina sure scene is. in Star Wars where they go down to this place to eat. John wants to eat the craziest thing I for any human to there. eat. Yeah. What? Oh, really? What? That little guy there? You jerk off. Is that what the you're one, saying? No, the one <laughs> the on the right when you first see the people inside the, the cantina. I don't even see it. I see a guy with a, a little hat that looks like a space uh, version of a, of a fez. Of, I don't even know what. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I don't the guy. Think that's me. No, that's the that's, guy. Is that you? And, uh, you're there with that tie behind him, the demon looking guy. But yeah, you, you're there and uh, he gets tater tots. There you go. Is that supposed to be funny? Is it? Is that funny? I just Lobo comes up. I'm done. Lobo comes You're up done. and here's what. Look, look at the little Superman. I know this kid from Earth and stuff. Really? really? You wrong turn there, Lobo? And then basically then with that, like, hey, listen, you ain't no one handing out certificates and nothing to be a man. You decide. What, what, what does that mean? Thank you, what, Lobo. What is that? What's that progression of this where you have him like, hey, even the thing, he's like, hey, kid. And then he even says like, hey, Superman on the field little trip. Superman. Did you bring the little? Yeah, but then he's like, Superboy, we're past the kid part. And then he's like, I'm Superboy. Super huh? You call me Superboy. And then he's like, hey, listen, you don't get to be a man with a certificate. You decide. What? What are you? The, the space traveling? As soon as you want to be a man, little kid, you become Superman. You trying to get over yeah. this little Doesn't boy even stuff? Doesn't say to Superman. No, he just. It, but what little boy stuff is he doing that Lobo would say then? Superboy. None. None though. He actually just said kid. He said no. It's Superboy. And then he's like, you know, you don't get to be. It's stupid. It, it's really stupid. It's there's no progression of anything there of the idea because to me, John stood up to Lobo. He's kind of being a man. He's and it's not even like, hey, you think you're a man now? Well, you're not until you do this. He's doing the opposite, saying no certificate gives you demand. You decide. I think John already did. He stuck up to you. So shut up, Lobo, and get out of here, you, you idiot. Now you go with this because now we have a deal with the Daxamites and the. And the cund. Well, this whole thing again. It's just more words because we have Lois walking around in the Superman costume to keep herself safe and stuff like we saw before in the Man of Steel. She has the House of El, and as Jor El tells us, you know she is royalty because Superman has saved all these races and stuff like that. You know he's known throughout the universe. She is the wife of Superman. She's royalty. So the idea is like, look, we got some problems. Our race is being enslaved by the cunds on Daxam. 
Well, why is your race being enslaved on deck? Where are the Daxamites out to help with this whole thing? Yeah. Why are the Daxamites allowing the guns on Daxam mm. to enslave your people? I don't. You're just saying for, like, yeah, you know, I, words now and species. It again, doesn't work out together. It's like gold kryptonite. You're just throwing out words that are in this universe, but they don't have the context that you think they might have and actually make less sense than you think they do. And uh, the whole thing is, as we go then, they do free these slaves. They go down, you know, John's using his, his heat vision and going to town with Jarrell. And this is where Lois, because this whole thing is basically in my mind, isn't to set up necessarily fully what John was doing. In my mind, this was more the setup to try to get Brian Michael Bendis to explain why his mother left him with the crazy grandfather, (laughs) you know, her father-in-law. So you have to get the story where you're forcing the way because she says, you should have saw him, boy. That's the only thing that she said when she came back to Clark. Oh, man, you should have saw him. He was in his element out there. So this is the, but then Clark, they're like, what do you mean? Like, explain, please. Exactly. Because Continue this is the, the story of yeah, why yeah, you left they him never with my explained father, it. who and so could be this, crazy. Yeah. So with this, you have to have you're, – you're in a roundabout way not showing what happened to John because at the end you see this story only goes to the point where Lois leaves. Uh, <laughs> but it's the – so that nobody can – like you don't have Clark going nuts I because their son like just came back seven years old in three weeks and where the hell did you – why did you leave old. him? This is the deal. I'm saying he's seven years older. He's okay. now seven years older. They left and it's Lois's fault. This is all Lois's fault and and Clark's forever agreeing to go. But the agreement was with the, you know, the caveat that Lois would be there to make sure things went OK. Also, they were in communications at that point, but that that dropped off. But, yeah, Lois coming back and leaving John with Jarrell is complete and utter ridiculousness. And this is supposed to explain it because she saw him, you know, punching people and like, yep, he could take care of himself. And, you know, I was out of my element. I just came back. I don't think this was going to be originally the story because when even when she came back and it looked like she was it wasn't her and why she didn't go to him right away, all this stuff just doesn't add up to what we're going forward with in my mind. It's kind of been swept under the carpet. But I like the idea that when Lois went, all right, I'm going to go get in the, you know, get in the little ship and go. And the minute. Where did that ship go? Yeah, I, it, it just it teleported out. I don't I'm think saying it flew. Though, like, I think it I, teleported. It teleported, but where did it land? Because I'm telling you, in Action Comics, Superman had no idea that Lois was back. She had a whole separate – like what did she do? Where did she land the spacecraft? Well, that's the thing. I like think that. it probably landed somewhere and she just ditched it. This is what I'm saying. I don't think – that this was originally going to be the full story. I think that things are being changed because people freaked out so much about John. I think that they ended up pushing things more, you know, forward a little quicker because a lot of things don't add up. I just like, though, it's like, yep, mom left. And I, I just imagine Drell is like, all right, Lois, you know, we're going to have some good times here. We're going to be, go- we'll be back in, a, you know, six months, you know, hey, mwah, mwah, see you later. Come to me, you fucking asshole boy. Oh, no. fucking be- because right away, uh, yep, wait, when the moment she left, I knew something was going wrong. You see him looking at it like, oh, no. 
and then they're talking. Who are these people that are That's on what the balcony? I was balcony? trying to tell you in the week. All of a sudden, we're on this balcony before, which I thought it was, you know, Lois's balcony to her place. And there's two people. Yeah. Like, it's almost a restaurant. Is this a janitor pushing a broom at a, a guy at a table? There's I don't even know. It's like a hook four, thing. I, it yeah. is kind of like a hook thing. Yeah. At one point, I'm like, is this supposed to be Jarrell and John? I don't know because no. you have two shadowy figures. You can see one of the little they guys. Look like but leprechauns. They're right uh, in the uh, foreground yeah. here. Like, I'm like, why are they here out of nowhere? Yeah. There's no explanation. I don't know. And, and with that, too, the original deal was, you know, Lois thought that were these guys going to be peeping? Because he showed up. She thought it was time for, you know, sexy time. Plus, one of the big things that I didn't think that, uh, you know, a lot of people even said, you, you do have that thing where you have that huge scar. Like on uh, on John's face, and I guess that's going to lead to like what happened there, and and I like, get the like idea. How, how many did issues? That. How many issues do you think we're going to get the story of John Kent for I, the past seven years? I think that I think that it's going to just go on forever. We we ended up having a cliffhanger of last year. Hey, Dad, I'm back. You know, it's me, your son. And then basically we go through of oh, let me tell you what we should have already known, which you didn't set up. That's the problem with Brian Michael Bendis not setting that up. But now now. Now we get to the end, and it, it's because my grandfather's crazy. And then the next issue, we'll, we have to we'll, do something you know. about it. Yeah, and and it just seems like we're not gonna get much info right away. It does seem well, it's like such you a know, weird thing because you know we have John here now, and everything feels forced, even in this issue, for what we learn. Even coming back, the whole thing. But like when you even think about it, the whole idea of John becoming this was what Bendis obviously wanted at some point, kind of thing. And every step of the way we got there, even when he began in Man of Steel. Every situation was so forced to get to our 17-year-old yeah. John Kent, and it feels so off because of it. Like the yeah. idea, I'm sorry. I'm never going to let it go, but the idea that Lois and Clark would let Jarrell, who they really know nothing about except for he's the biological father of Superman, who might be crazy, even from the stuff we saw before yeah, with they're, him. They're, they're, it's yeah. like, you wouldn't let your little 10-year-old boy go Again, off with a space job. you would if his mother was there and then she bailed no. she bailed right away i mean if if they ended up we don't saying know like Jarell? well that's the thing here's the thing is i don't know teachers at the school but they you know but uh, some people like tanya would never let our kids go on field trips because she doesn't know these teachers but if she went that's fine because she's there i think that they were really pushing that idea that yeah that was brian michael bendis kind of making it so okay i know people are going to be angry they would say they'd never let him go but i'll have lois go and then decided then yeah i really want lois back she comes <laughs> back and th- there was no anger at all about that oh he's fine you should have saw him that and i'm telling you that was pretty much the line you should have saw him. He was in his element out yeah. there. You would have been so proud, but never like, well, what do you mean? What happened? You know, you were supposed to go and be with him. You were the reason that we agreed to have this happen because you'd be there to keep an eye on not just our son, but my father, who we don't know. And it just, you know, it would be. It would be like me finding out that my dad, daddy, in heaven up there, Aaron, he's, oh. he's, uh, there's a lot of stress the on that cloud he's sky. sitting on. Yeah, uh, that he, I ended up finding out he wasn't my father. That somebody comes right now, I answer the door, they're like, listen, this is going to be crazy. Um, but here's the papers to even show you. I have proof. I'm your father. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to France uh, next week. I'm taking your kids or I'm leaving now. I'm leaving for France. No. I want to get to know my grandkids. Let's go. No, 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 no. You're not no. doing that. No. And that's how it seems. And it's like everything is forced. Everything with this whole entire thing. And yeah, we want John back. We want to have the thing. But 
the way it is, it's it's so forced. But what did you give this? I gave this issue a 5.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art, and I liked having John back. It's just for every Cougar. step of the way was very, like I said before, forced. And it just – even this pa and stuff like that feels yeah. odd to me. Yeah, before it was babe, 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 <laughs> you know, pa, pa, pa. I, like I don't like the way he writes these characters. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I do like that little scene, though, where Lois is getting upset and like, I missed everything. And she's I, I had some emotions for that. But other than that, I, I don't like the way he writes these. I don't like the progression. He's he's at a, you know, it's like an ice age coming, the pace that we're going. We have to sit there and just wait and wait and you don't get exactly what you want. And yeah, I'm going six, though. I did like the art and there's a bunch of artists on it. So uh, I didn't Bob have a point. For one page, which is odd. Yeah, so I didn't have a point where I was like, oh, man, this artist is really suffering. Three pencilers, that usually spells disaster. And I didn't think that was that bad. So uh, I didn't mind that. But we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. It's Mail with Jim Herrick. Here we are with mail section number uno, as they say in the gaming world. And if you want to be part of the mail section uh, <laughs> in any of these podcasts that we call life uh email us over at weird science dc comics at gmail.com just like a couple fellas did tonight wolf nice. cypher is the first one eric shea he oh starts with is there a reason why you have no interest in marvel what are you talking and about? I'm not trying to force you to change sides. I'm just generally curious. You can try some of Marvel without losing anything from DC. In fact, with the state of the DC books, I figured you might try to alternate just to balance out your mood levels. Were you touched by Marvel in an inappropriate way? Did you just drop one of your figures, Eric? Nope. And would you have felt that touch through all the fat, Eric? <laughs> I, I don't uh, like this question. Him. The touch too much. Too. I, I did not get the touch too much. No, I have the, the green touch. goblin tattooed on my arm, and I do like dump. Is it. that what that is? Oh yeah, mm, that's what that is. Tell. I thought I was a portrait tell. of you at times, but I was wrong. Oh my, I'm not green with envy. And you just you? you ended up. Aren't you? You ended no. You you ended up quitting the Marvel podcast just because you just didn't want to do it. You were t- and I was going to too. We were going to end it. And then I said, ah, you know what? I feel bad. Brandon wanted to do it. And I'm kind of enjoying things. And actually, I've enjoyed a lot more since you left. Not the podcast itself, the books. The right. books have turned around a little. But I think that that was just showing that that fresh start did Wasn't not so you know, get you. It didn't get you as much. You, you were not, not into so it. fresh? You weren't feeling so fresh. And since you left, we now have the podcast twice a week yeah. on weird days and stuff like that. You You ain't going with that. There's no way Eric Shea's playing that game, right? Right, Eric? You you know what I'm saying. So I was treated to the returns of Young Justice, 
both comic and cartoon. Not only has Bendis launched his new book, but the long-awaited, long-delayed season three of the TV or DC Universe show has debuted. I've got to say, honestly, I'm not feeling this show. I was watching the available episodes, and is it just me, or did the animation look worse than I remember? Eric, I thought it looked kind of spot on from what I remember. It's been a while since I've watched Young Justice season one and two, but from like what I was watching. your glasses? I was wearing my glasses. Maybe. Oh, you I wasn't wearing them back in the day. Oh, my. Maybe that is the case. So, so was it that you were a little more vain last uh, time well, that was around? I didn't want the Young or... Justice heroes to see me with my glasses <laughs> Why on. Why would you? Miss Martian, she, she'd see you. That would really upset you. Something about the show in Hello, motion, McGann. especially during the fight scenes. <laughs> like, yeah, I know what that is. I actually read the first two issues of the digital book based on that show and asked you some questions. Look low budget compared to seasons one and two when the show was on Cartoon Network. How does it uh, compare to one G.I. Joe, Eric. How, how is that? Oh, this is you way like better the... than G.I. Joe. Oh, okay. Well, that's old. Meanwhile, we get the first issue of Young Justice comic book, and I am in love. This is a great time to be reading both of my favorite teen hero books, the other being Marvel's Miles Morales Spider-Man. It says you. I'm bored as heck with that one. Ooh. There is some uh, heavy... It's weird that once I... If I'm talking about a Marvel title, I can't curse, Eric. <laughs> They're trying to make him a bad butt. I'm you praising Bendis on Young Justice. Curse. You do know that, yeah. right? Well, it is, you know, it, it might be a curse or a blessing, Eric. Yet I couldn't wait for Bendis to get away from Miles. And now I'm enjoying both. Young Justice was so much fun. I'm glad to see Tim Drake back in proper action. And as actual factual Robin, yeah, that's the thing. If you can go into this and not worry about anything else, about continuity, what's oh, no. going on, I How think I that you this? could enjoy it. You can't. Where's where's that sound clip that takes seven minutes for the wrong turn to say one (laughs) sentence? I'm happy to have Wonder Girl back. I'm happy to have the -the over-the-top kinetic jokester impulse back and even Superboy wowed me, despite being in the book for only one page. I'm a big Connor fan, but I've never liked his leather jacket pierced eye look. Now you're now you're really getting on Eric's nerves. No, that's, that's not the Metropolis true. That's the thing. Kid. The Metropolis Kid is who I began my love affair with with Connor Kent. I do like the way he looked before, like and even with just the jeans and the t-shirt look that we had before Flashpoint and stuff like that. But even the Superboy look we had in Flashpoint, I thought yeah. was like uh, New Fifty Two was good as well. And that was when you started your love affair. Now it's you? just when he <laughs> shaved his head at one point because like to look like Lex Luthor, I'm like, nah, and that's okay. not my guy. That's well, not my did, did you did you have more of a love affair with the Metropolis Kid or Jess? Which had the the longer, better, really? more really? You intense ask this love question? affair? Really? <laughs> Gleason's art really is so good in this issue. Even that horrendous, overly '90s look he wore made me giddy. I want to also bring up another contrast between the two, being that the Young Justice cartoon has been getting a little too damn moody, brooding. And serious. I know this was always the case since episode one, but I don't think I want that anymore from the cartoon. Granted, that's the show. That's how it's always been. But I think I realize now I don't miss this level of overly seriousness, especially since I've always enjoyed Peter David's original more fun run. And now we have Bendis bringing the Young Justice brand back into a fantastical roller coaster ride of adventure and heroics. You ever do a fun run? Uh, you ever do. Run for fun? <laughs> yeah, what's that oxymoron? No, the, th- the thing about the, the Young Justice cartoon is I think one of the biggest problems that I had, which I even had with the second season, is that you get invested with characters and what you're doing, at the, and then you jump to the next season, and then it's years ahead out of nowhere. And like, oh, yeah. I wanted to have like fun for a while in between that. I didn't want to jump to them being older characters yeah. and us getting new, like you know, younger characters. And it's it funny that Justice. you do that that in the cartoon, but yet in the book, it opposite. It, it, we actually have them look younger now. 
now once yeah. they came back. You know, instead that the cartoon, which is clearly trying to be Secret Avengers mixed with the TV show 24. Like, seriously, lighten the fuck up, Eric. Thank God the comic is back, and hopefully this isn't just a strong first impression. The following issues are lacking. Still, I'm hugely looking forward to the next issue of Bendis' book. Well, after episode three, I'm not even going to read recaps of the cartoon. So he's fully into the book. I'm starting to get real worried that Bendis is one of those guys who just doesn't give you any progression really, really? in a story when we already have all those writers I, I as just well, really which we'll need bring the it up answers later. to all my continuity questions. I need them answered. He has 37 questions, and Connor ain't one, I think, is what he was rapping, Eric. <laughs> Actually, Connor rapping. is a big one. He's like, I got uh, got 37 questions and the silent armor ain't one, I think. Hit me. Dan, come on, Eric. You were supposed to beatbox with me. I don't it's official. I think I'll read anything from Tomasi at this point. I didn't keep up with Detective Comics for a while as I was just over and done with Batman and any book. But after hearing the positivity and passion you guys gave the last issue, I had to give $9.95 and then $9.94 a read. That's not the right order. And, and Jesus, crap. Is, is undoing some of the damage done to the character earlier in this run. Not least of all the it's, mentions. It's so King's funny Con. to be in my mind because we're so passionate and on the whole thing. He went about it. And like this issue now, like, I'm not too hip on this issue. Or like the progression that we may be getting going forward from this whole angry beat them up Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, though, that he's – it's like, boy, they really like that. I'll read 995 because I think they're full of crap. Oh, my. I oh, like that. Let me go read 994. <laughs> also, again, because of this week getting told that basically all of DC writers sit there and, and hate us. There you go. We we got somebody to buy a book. This is the second time I chose to only jump onto a book after hearing what you guys had to say. What was the, the previous example – the action comics, but he's jumping off that ship. But that's, I, I want to point that out that that's what I was thinking of after all that shade throwing. We go issue to issue. You know what I mean? Like, we, if we love Young Justice one, that doesn't mean we're going to love number two. Nope. If I love Kyle Higgins' writing, that doesn't mean I'm going to love everything he writes. You know, we have uh, Jeff Lemire is one of my favorite all time writers. I hate the Terrifics. I think that it is Awful. a book that should never have come out, doesn't have any purpose at all. And we say that. And I, I think that that's what gets focused on by these guys. The whole deal of, oh, they're always, you know, negative, negative, negative. I, I guess they just don't listen to it when we're positive and get people all excited. Nobody does. I don't understand. No, I barely listen. So at this rate, you never listen. What? I'm pretty much done reading DC until after I hear what your guys' impressions are in these books. Well, I'll tell you right now, unless you're upset about the delays for the doomsday clock i think that that's getting better or and better shazam. With Jisho, shazam i love freedom fighters which comes out next week i thought I look it was forward an to awesome that. debut we actually have a couple books that are coming out that i'm really really excited about detective I'm comics saying, i'm really that, hyped up about i don't know what anybody else has i just know i have to review shazam and freedom fighters next week and that's it and that's a really good week as far as i'm hey, concerned with anything uh, else thrown would, at us. would it be crazy that i've already read a certain book with a certain thing called atman it rhymes with atman eric crazy uh, for Next week. week and actually told Eric that I kind of like it, that that I might actually like this issue. We'll see. DC is very high on pills at the time, so I don't know if I can trust it. That might be a complete utter lie. DC is very little law for me right now. I've dropped almost everything sans for Doomsday Clock, which only comes out every four times a year or maybe four times in five years. An exaggeration, but not really. Heroes in Crisis, because I got nothing. He says, insert wrong term. I don't know. I don't think I had that. Fatty. 
Um, there you go. And I only like recently this. picked up Young Justice Shazam and picked back up Detective. It's funny, all the ones that we said to read, he is reading. So, oh, and I'm still reading Super Sons, but I kind of forgot it existed. And while I that kind happens. of enjoyed it, it's not the one what I used to be. I agree. That's all I got for now. I wanted to mail you guys more frequently, but DC books aren't giving me much enthusiasm. Wait till Super so. Sons comes back and we see the boyhood relationship between a 17 year old and a 13 year old. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That's Eric Shea's growing up. I don't know which one you are either. Thank God for you guys now accept mail for the Marvel podcast. I'll catch you over there next time. Well, at least, Jim. I'll catch you big boys later. Uh, Thank you, Wolfson. Throwing shade at one Eric Shea. The next mail is from Zach. Hi, y'all. Is this my son, Zach? What's up, Zach? I do want to mention something. I forgot to bring up in the uh, regular deal, in the the intro. I was going to mention this. I came home from work on Friday. That's and I come in, and, and Logan's laughing. He's like, ah, oh, you, you're not going to believe this. And he has this app called Akinator, right. it's called. And it's like a 21 questions thing where you, they ask you, and you're supposed to think of a person in your head. And they, you know, it, it, is this person real? Yes. The, are they on the internet? Yes. Or whatever the case may be. And he ended up doing that, thinking of me, and it actually came up. I came up Look with a stupid app. And one of the questions was, is he fat? And Logan put yes, and that's what he, that, that was the telltale, it seemed. <laughs> I'm like, really? My and then Tanya spreading. got mad. Tanya was yelling, that's ridiculous. And then there was a big fight. And then they were calling me. Rafe says, I'm not fat, I'm thick. And then I got mad again. And then Pete you ran out to your rescue. I've known Jim most Damn of my right life, but it's did. one thing he isn't as fat. Damn right. He'd say, you know what? It, all bets are off now, but boy, this is a guy who pretty much was the skinniest guy in any group that we ever had, you know, the doing Quaker anything. The Quaker Town Comet. No friends ever yeah, there reading really. you. That's true. That is true, Eric. I have I have lost that. Boy, I have lost it. Like me and you both. Oh my god, we're I'm just a eating anything we see. I just feel unhealthy right now. It's so hot in this room, and I'm sweating. And it's like I swear to God, my sweat smells like salami, and I want to drink. Well, at least it. you have that. Zach's it's it's cold here, in yeah. my room, is it and cold I can't there? stop sweating. Really. <laughs> You're like the one guy would deliver stuff to our work. This was a big guy. And he actually reminded me of the, the pretty much job of the hut. Right. He was just a wreck. When he talked, he like spit would come out of his we're mouth and stuff. Bob? And that guy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We're talking about Bob in about February about of Bob? each year where. Yeah. What about him? It would be negative three degrees. And that guy would be sweating so much. And he'd flick it at you like Rick Rude. It's the worst. <laughs> that guy was disgusting. That's a right there. He didn't mean to. He'd just walk around. And then he, he'd end up half doing the job and you'd have to do, you know, more. And then, oh, my God, it was the worst. Zach, back to Zach. Eric. Zach's right, Zach. first mail. Hi, y'all. New listener and loving every awesome. second of the show. Wanted to mention that DC Universe app just fixed a lot of their comic issues as of late, which is awesome. And What's I've that always explained that they have more, I guess. Oh, good. Uh, my whole deal was they just didn't have enough comics. And that's what I was in for. Well, not Jim perfect Marvel Unlimited like. They all they added full runs of new Teen Titans, Young Justice, and JLA runs. That's, That's cool. Sweet. I know that that was a non-sticking point for Jim. Yeah, I bailed. And several others about the app. Also wanted to ask about y'all's opinion on the state of DC. My feelings is they keep going for shock value. I was treading late, water. not interested in long form story. Yeah, I think they're treading water. I think that, you know, this doomsday clock was supposed to be something that it isn't now. And now, and now they're we're trying figure to kind out of what's make up be, for that. And it seems like yeah. it's all revolved around the Justice League titles right now and the source yeah, wall energy. And the source wall. Yeah, that's what I think as well. But so you're uh, telling just me that Titans general, is a really big book right now. Is that right? 
No, I actually think it's more the Justice League. Uh, and I don't even think Justice League Dark as much. Just Justice League. What about League. Justice League I mean, Odyssey? I would think Justice League Odyssey should be because yeah, of know, where they the ghost are. Sector. Where they are, it's, the ghost sector. Yeah, it's doing nothing. But I, I actually think that they've gone a little darker than I'd hoped. Uh, it actually feels darker to me than the Here's new 52, which people really didn't like because of the darkness. We liked it. We There was a lot of books, but that's the other thing. So new 52, before the dark, you had Jimmy. a variety. Yeah, really. I, I don't think this dawn's coming. <laughs> uh, I also, I, I think that the new 52 had the variety this doesn't yeah. have. Now, I think DC itself feels very stale. I think that's, that's why. what the I Wonder mean, Comics uh, imprint's going to be about, though, is trying to well, open up that thing. Hopefully. Yeah, but you have, yeah, really with Wonder Twins. Dial H, and, uh, Wonder Dial Twins. H, that, that is really some variety Naomi, right there. a new character. That's variety, but it's variety that seems very kind of corralled into this Brian Michael Bendis deal. So it is variety, but I don't care. It, it doesn't seem important to me. Uh, you know, like G.I. Combat used to, Eric. I, I, you, you had to read G.I. Combat. You're right. We need some more day. Hawk and Dove up in here. <laughs> you had to Resurrection get Man. In OMAC. Right? You had to get it. Voodoo. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my feelings is they're going for shock value instead of long form story set. Uh, Second Coming and she- uh, Heroes and Crap are just examples that come to mind. And Second Coming, I don't even think you know what that book is. Not at all. And that is shock value. That You know, my man Mark Russell, uh-huh. y- you know him. Me and him, we're tight. Uh, he has a book that Jesus is coming back. Done. And he, it's one of those Jesus comes back and he doesn't understand what's going on with this world nowadays. Hey, me and Jesus he, have something he, in common. That's right. That is like wine. Really? Yeah, that's true, too. Yes, I'm not going to. I was going to say something that really was awful. Uh, Speaking of heroes and crap, why did they kill have to kill Wally? You read any book prior to his disappearance as the Flash in the 90s, especially Mark Wade's year one arc as a grown man. That story made me almost cry. As a grown ass man, I was crying. Zach ain't crying. Zach ain't crying. We cry. Almost. Where is that? I almost cried this week in Action Comics. I'm telling you, when Lois actually. When, said, when he said more like uh, uh, stop more hugging no that oh. wasn't the part no no it was What's the part that? where lobo's like listen here you're gonna punch your man ticket no it wasn't then it was I when punched my man said, ticket once it I don't was actually when lobo said hey there big boy mr clark that wasn't it either. It was when uh, when Lois was upset that she missed out on her son's, you Is know, a bunch of years. Is the fucking kryptonite again? Ah, what's it? The kryptonite puberty's has got you. And then he started weeping because I reminded you just of your mother. No, no, I'm telling you, no. It was that Mama. Lois was like, oh, no, you're telling me I missed out on your whole childhood? And I said, oh, just like all Podcasting. five of my kids. <laughs> Podcasting is my kryptonite puberty. Where's that kind of storytelling? I feel like as a reader kids. that my beloved characters are being crapped on. It makes me at times just want to stop pulling comics from DC altogether. Of course, my, of course, my favorite time as a reader was 2009 to 2011 before the new 52. My Good first time. collection was Grant Morrison and Tony S. Daniels run as Batman writers. Dick Grayson will always be my Batman. And when Weird. they were bringing back Bruce, I was a little ticked. It is, I, I actually think that's really cool. Bruce was always too moody and Dick and Damien's dynamic was great. Great. That's I recently the thing is, I, was, I grew roles. up on Moody Bruce Wayne, so when we had the more like chatty, talky, like yeah, no. goofy, you know, Batman with Tim Drake, it actually bothered me a bit. Really, you didn't like that, Freddy Cougar? Oh my! What Be specific, fuck? Batman. 
<laughs> 692 to 700. And Batman and Robin 1 to 26. Gleason and Tomasi's run excluded uh, due to it being in the omnibus I got for my birthday. So he's already has that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I liked it. Tomasi's Gleason's. Enough rambling from me. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. Thanks for y'all's Thank hard you, work. And that is Zach from Missouri. Missouri. Mizzou, as they say, Eric. No, Missouri. Missouri. That's thank you, Zach. And I hope that you end up keep on listening and don't get annoyed by Please. me. That's what I say. Now, I get these things when people click the page. Like, I kids. like you guys, but Jim annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Thanks. Thanks for ruining my, my whole year. Andy is next. Andy says, hey, guys, this up, is Andy? my first but not last email to awesome. the podcast. I'm still laughing about shit talking lad. That was some really <laughs> shit funny eating lad was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like shit talking lad as well. Couple questions: How long have you been reading comics? Oh no, no. where oh, is the sound oh clip? Well, I've been reading there? for most of my life. Oh my, have you? Have <laughs> you? <laughs> you have. I've been reading since 2012. It hasn't been that much. Uh, I I ended up coming in at the second year of the. New 52, when they ran those zero issues, and it really, it screwed me up big time. You're those welcome, zero Jim. issues. Yeah, I know. It was there. Well, what happened was I ended up working with Eric, and a lot of people <laughs> would know this already. I ended up working with Eric, and all he would do is talk about comics. And I said, you know what? I'm either going to have to listen to this goddamn guy That's go on and true. on, or I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to read. And horror movies, and you wanted how nothing to do this? with the horror movies, so you well, latched onto the comics. How about this? Listen to this roundabout way, Eric. I would Top love that. to. Do I have that technology? I can I can hug you through the screen yet. Did you make that yet? I, I wanted that to go. Uh, no, you more indeed. Hugging. You indeed, in, in around 2000, end of 2011 into 2012, uh, you, you were talking to me about comics. That's when I started working with you. So all that talk went. You talked a lot of Green Lantern. At sure the point, did. Alan Scott, uh, it was announced that he was gay. Yep. A lot of people threw shade at you, and then you try to explain to them I, that, I don't know why you know, that doesn't, shade at me. that's like, fine. That's a big deal. No, they did, though. I and know. you know they did. The one guy, that roly-poly guy, like, yeah, here you do. And then you're like, there's no problem with that, number one. And number two, Which th- one? there's more than one Green Lantern. Yeah, that was your thing to kind of deflect all the people saying and it. Like, I oh, show I heard Green Lantern's gay. And you're like, <laughs> which one? And they're oh, my goodness. Uh, but while you were talking, so, yes, you, uh, thank you, Eric, for uh, getting me involved in comics. But. Your welcome goes back to you as well, because when I got into the new 52, I think I was the one that convinced you to come back. So there, because I kept talking about all the different books, you got a little bit more excited about it. And then you checked out things. And we even had like different books then that we were reading oh, yeah. uh, while that was going on. And we used to let I'm telling you, Eric, with this deal, I'm only going to buy the team books. And then that went down no, the drain. No, no, <laughs> it wasn't that. It's that I, oh, wanted, you didn't I, want the I, team I books. kept buying team books, uh, teen, team books. I was buying Teen Beat magazine. No, I kept yeah, buying yeah. Teen books, and the thing was, uh, I didn't want that. But for some reason, every time I thought I got away from it, oh, here's one Hawk and Dove. Oh, here's yeah. one World's uh, Finest. Here's one Ravagers. Teen Titans. Ravagers, the world's world's finest. Yeah, that was the worst. Uh, and I, I used to laugh because he'd be at the comic store and he'd like he'd come in on Monday. I ah, spent three hundred bucks. <laughs> you kept going, and then uh, there, there were a couple funny things. I had that like was hundred and twenty dollar weekly pool list at that point. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and you ended up like world's finest. You're know, like, this is it. Um, if I don't like the next issue, I'm out. I'm done. I bought but the, the entire was, series. 
The best was your guy, never Tony, once got who had, good. that was the, I know, it was terrible. The guy who owned the comic shop that you would go to and yeah. hang out and help out. The, when he Old called Fred. you at work that one day, oh and, my and God. there was the... <laughs> I forgot about that. That was the best. He called Eric at work because he was wondering why Eric hadn't picked up his comics. And uh, <laughs> Eric Shea, uh, you know, line, whatever. It was Tony. It made me laugh. And then you were so upset that you, oh, man, the boss thinks I'm a nerd now. Oh, well, that's the thing. Is, yeah. I think he said that, like, is Eric, like, he called the boss, the whole thing. Like, oh, is Eric Shea? Oh, who must be? Oh, his comic book shop? Yeah, it's his comic book shop. We need to oh, talk no. to him about his pull. <laughs> thing is, so I was going to be there later that day. Yeah, yeah, we were just working. Uh, says, uh, who's your favorite character, Eric? Who's yours? My favorite character is, is probably- that the Hawkmans? No, no, is definitely the, not. The no. Firestorms? Uh, you know, I like Green Lantern. Kyle Rayner Green Lantern is yeah. probably my favorite character of all time. Now, I also Luke? like Tim Drake Robin. Yeah, yeah. I, I like West Flash, I really and, enjoy. And Dick Grayson in general. I, I follow Dick but My, my top, I my top three it, superheroes of all time, though, are Green Lantern, Batman, and Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, I, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. That was the weird thing about the Marvel uh, deal. I like Captain America, but not the one we're getting over there right now. But Nightwing, great. Dick Grayson slash Nightwing are my favorite characters. Favorite run... Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to think that that run of, you know, for a bit, the Batman and Robin of Tomasi Gleason. Now that we're getting kind of, you know, shades of that again, I'm actually starting to like that. Uh, one of the bigger ones. I do like Just that Grant Morrison you know, Batman, Batman can as well. Batman down a little bit. Yeah, really. But what's your favorite run, Eric? My favorite run. The food run when Jess goes to the Taco Bell? I'm, I'm is, not sure is that about your my favorite run? run? I'm telling you, I'd have to actually sit down and put a lot more thought you into this whole Chuck thing. You like the Chuck Dixon Nightwing. Yeah, I, that I, was one of your favorites, I, I'm right? Telling you, I like Chuck Dixon's Batman and back in the Nightfall, day as well. Nightfall, too, yeah. Yeah, Nightfall, like, I can't say that's my really favorite like. thing. It's just, you know, that was the eyes of a child who liked reading Batman. And, like, no matter what I got, there was no critic back then. Everything I got was brilliant, you know, but, like. Now, so that was the 10 out of 10 Eric Shea? That Everything was you got, the 10 out of 10 Eric it was because that's why I kept collecting because everything I got was see brilliant. you never see you and never where's the ending see you and never jeepers creepers oh, jeepers creepers but yeah I I like a, a bunch of things because I mean, that's the whole of- thing too like Ron Mars's you know uh, Kyle Rayner Green Lantern run I liked a lot of that but there was a lot of crap as well so I don't know what I'd actually just have to sit down and think more about this to say what my favorite run mm-hmm. is of all time if you remember you can come back you can come back and tell Andy later you will not remember you don't Absolutely remember anything not. if Who I would have about? said <laughs> your favorite run you you barely remember shit eating lad or shit talking lad as well but he says love the show and that's awesome. from Andy and thank you, thank you and that's Andy. the end of the first section of mail and we're going to go off to some more books listening to the Ah, yes, Eric, we are back. We are back. You ready? You ready, ready for baby. this? Are you ready for this? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. This is Jack's list. Load up your pistols. Continuity. <laughs> K- uh, K- what? What? Wrong. 
people. Ah, uh, wrong turn. Coming to Spit town. it out, buddy. Spit it out. Cut that out, Eric. How are you doing? How are you doing, my <laughs> I, friend? I was doing better before the beginning of this section. <laughs> oh, it's off the rails already. We're here to talk three books. Three books in this section. All of a section. sudden, you come back, you start talking like you're a Martian from Mars Attacks. And that's right. Ah, ah, ah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Either that, or that sounds like that, or I sound like, you know, I'm Pac-Man or something. I don't know. Ah, what happened ah. to Pac-Man? I don't know. He had some problems, Pac-Man. You know how the Pac-Man's gets. He, he's got some issues going on, but we have three books he in this ghosts. section. He does eat ghosts and pellets and possibly some fruit, though the fruit seems to be dancing away Few from I don't understand That's why I don't eat vegetables. They're, they're always trying to get away from me, Eric. I'm not even going to make an inappropriate joke about that either. Uh, but we have three books in this section, one more than the first section of books. That means that there were two in that section, Eric. Thank for you. you. For you playing at home. You have 99 problems. Mathin is one. I, I will tell everybody that. But we're here to talk about three books. And I wish that I can say that I was loving all of these. I wish that oh, I could tell you that these three were some of my favorite. I wanted to be more positive this week. We talked about it at the very beginning of the episode. You remember way back then when we were talking about Rob Williams, right, Eric? Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to be more positive, but unfortunately, faking the funk is not in one Eric Shea's blood. He does Absolutely not play not. that game. He, what's he won't this have play. to do with you being more positive? Well, I can't do it, or you'll you'll call me on it. I mean, you'll, right. you'll play hopscotch. You'll, you'll do a little checkers, possibly. I don't what? know chess. That's more of the game of kings, and you're not quite the king, Eric. But in you this house, we play Transformers TCG, and that's it, Jim. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know what you're talking about. Do I have anything that the I have this? Do I have oh. nerd? Nerd. <laughs> I, I just imagine if I called you what I say to you at work. Oh my. People's people their head would explode. We're gonna start with what I uh I, I don't know. It's one of those things with going back to the idea that I wanted to be more positive. I did go into the Slack this week after we had the problems with Rob Williams that kind of were exasperated by a Tim Seeley who basically they were throwing shade at us saying that anytime you mention any negativity, it has to be us. It has to be weird science. So I thought, you know what? I've never really looked at my individual scores for books. Let me check out like what the flash would be. And I even had a quiz on the Slack. Hey, what do you think my average score would be of the flash? Now I'm not reviewing it right now. Uh, Dan is, but I did, I think 49 issues of the flash. And I think Simon got on. He's like, it has to be like a five, four. It's not, it's a seven, one. That's pretty positive. Now uh, we get on the podcast and have some fun with it. And we kind of point out, I'm starting to hate it is is the problem. I'm not, what I'm saying is I want to be positive. It's really frustrating me and it continues. You don't know how tough it is. It is. And who ordered the steak? Flash number 62, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Christian Doucet, Luis Guerrero, and Steve Wands. At the end of last issue, me and Eric were actually having fun with this book. The problem is this Force quest should be giving us more. After leaving Flares and the Strength Force behind with little story progression and and even littler explanation, we now get Psyche and the Sage Force. Will we learn more about this Force power or will we again be something different than we've already seen? Let's discuss. I saw some people are calling him Psyche. So there you go, Eric. I don't know. We're going Psyche. Who's calling him Psyche? Uh, 
I heard a podcast called him Psyche. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not throwing shade in another podcast. I'm making it up, Eric. <laughs> Nobody said it. I, I bet you there are people, though, so take them. I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, you, you start out here where we were uh, having some fun. We we were going to have fun here with the right, uh, and villain infiltrating Zandia with Psyche and the Iris West. Well, okay, this could be some fun right here. Yeah, and we didn't really know too much about Psyche and what he was up to. Has a we silly find helmet. out here – we find out here that he, in fact, is working for Argus. The problem is, and I'll even say it, I'll spoil it for the end deal, uh, we don't know that. I mean, this no, is no, where we've not. been waiting for info. <laughs> yeah, So, but even so, maybe he is in a weird way, and it's not, nope. and he is. But the, the problem is, is right away you should know that he's full of crap because he basically tells the story about how he's always been homeless, but yet when he thinks back at the story, he, he's in a bed, in a house. So it, it, it even the art to story very odd progression but my biggest problem is we had that the sage force was more of this stuff that was more involved with empathy when we first started it seemed to be mind control when we first started it when it first arrived in the flash war at the very end when we had zoom it looked like it was mind control it went from that to be empathy to gremlins we went through a nuclear explosion we're back now to reading minds. So it's not even, you know, mind control. Now it's just reading minds. We did have that a little of last like, issue I, anyway. I just but- want to know this metamorphosis that goes down when one is imbued with the sage force. Because like we saw with Heat Wave when he first was, became the avatar for a second, it seems that when Psyche first got the uh, sage force hit him, he was on fire. It was a whole yeah. spontaneous come I'm like, what does the Sage Force have to do with fire and well, all this other stuff? Well, you say that. You say that. But what the thing seems to be is like, hey, by the way, I was having nightmares, images of my past haunting me. He catches on fire. And then the next panel is basically a catch up from what we've had up until this point that did involve Heat Wave. I'm like, was he dreaming about them? I know that at that point That's he's what in I was their wondering. minds. But why is he seeing this? Now, this is a... A weird sort of deal that maybe Joshua Williamson was being a little too clever here, where he's telling the story why, in fact, he is reading the minds of both Iris and Barry, and that's what he's really after. He's after the scene of what they've been doing and all that. That's kind of a clever way, but it's not a good progression. And then he just keeps, I mean, he is full out into the story. Like you have him there bandaged up and he's like, so what I think that. In order to read minds, you got to be a Vern victim. And and here's the deal. This is where I really think you want to, I'll give you my little thoughts of Joshua Williamson. I'm in Joshua Williamson's head. I might be using the Sage Force, Eric. What he did is he thought in his mind, he read their mind. He did see heat wave with that, you know, with the the heat deal and everybody on fire. So he used that into his background story, which he also, because at the end, he even does say, oh, you know, just like you lost your mother. That's why I said I did. He's just trying to use all the info. That actually is a good point where he is using all the info because even the whole thing where we had Argus show up to take away Cauldron in the last issue. So we have the Argus connection. Everything that's been on the top of Flash's mind pretty much recently. It's not a good progression, though, of the story. It's not really well laid out, but I think that's what he's doing. It'd be funny. He's like, you know, I was a young kid in there and there was a guy with the flamethrower and people were laughing at me. Then there was the gorilla man. <laughs> like, you're, you're not really doing it well here. But I think that's what it's supposed to be. He's reading their minds to try to get the and, – and the weird thing is – He's a con man. He's a con man, and and the way that I think Joshua Williamson would go is he's also using empathy against Barry 
in a way, but it's that's not the Sage Force the way he's using it. He's trying to get Barry to, can, you know, right. hey, you, you look, want to talk you, about you what can, the Sage can, Force can and cannot do. It all goes out the window in my mind when it, somehow the Sage Force turns Barry back into his other costume out of nowhere at the end of the story. I know. I know. How does that well, happen? that was making. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you have all this where he does say Argus hired him to go, and he's in Zandia to look in, read the minds and of these villains. Roulette's casino. And yeah, get into Roulette's the mind casino. Of Roulette and, and see what and she's up to. Get for the Argus. ideas, and it's it's a weird deal too. I know that Barry can't really like Secret the Argus angle is okay, man. but why isn't Barry saying like why Roulette? Like, what are they after with roulette? Because roulette, to me, if you're after her for secrets and things like that, you're pretty much just after money. That doesn't seem like an Argus thing. I mean, if anything, Argus, in my mind, they'd be going and, and you know, doing an autopsy on a psych to, to figure out what the hell's going on. That seems more like an Argus thing, but they're going to go with it. He's going to team up with them. And you get the continuation of Barry... You know, trusting everyone, Naive even though Barry. Iris says, and it's so funny too. Iris ends up sounding like a, a broken record. She's like, "You," but the she's problem the voice is, of reason. she's right every time. So, are you a broken record if you're also right all the time? Yeah, I guess you're the right broken record. You can't, you can't trust him. And this again, I don't think it's spelled out enough that he has. Kind of read his, you know, Barry's thoughts in his right. mind saying, you know, you felt the same with Flairza. I mean, you know, this all, I just think the progression of it is not well laid out in the page. Uh, but they go in. He's you very do. just out there looking for that connection for some no, reason. He, like, he, oh, remember when we met Flairza? He's desperate for we friends. We had that connection. He really is. And yeah. I had the same connection with Psyche here. So we got to, exactly. you don't have to trust him. You could have had that connection with Heatwave. Then you're going to trust Heatwave? No, he could have the, the connection with anybody. He just, he wants it. And he's going to force that issue. But- yeah. You, you end up, yeah. You end up going, and they do go to this casino. But it, the progression from last issue to this very odd. It, it seems like we we miss something. Uh, but you also go back to uh, Central City with Cold and Burns, and it ends up. I don't know. That's very like. You know what? Hey, I never even thought them. about that connection. Commander Cold and Bur- Cold and Burns. Yeah, it's I Cold and Burns. Him. I said I it last. I said that. last week. It sounds like the worst freaking like <laughs> you know. It, it, it's the odd couple, Cold and Burns. Uh, so they're there and they're chasing down this idea of the that future gun tech, Sage Force gun, the whatever. Sage Force gun. And even Cold almost slips. He's almost like Batman now. He's almost slipping and saying that he's from the future to Burns. He just wants to get back to his date. He's like, I, I just want to get back to that date, baby. But uh, you, you go through that pretty quick. But then you go back and there's Barry. And the whole thing of this issue is basically, listen, there's this dampener behind roulette. Yeah, she's being guarded by the Royal Flush guy. It's a lot of fan service. But if we can knock down that dampener, I'll be able to read her mind. I'll be able to go to Argus. We'll do all this good. Hey, we'll be great. We just got to get past that, the Royal Flush gang to get yeah, to this and dampener. I just and wish it at off. one point where Barry would say like a plan, like not a plan of roulette. I'm talking a plan of what they're going to do because he is on a force quest. He is there to find out more about the these forces. Why not before this say, okay, well, after this, you know, I know you work for Argus, but there's any way you can come with me? Uh, can we go back to Central City? Can you write down a, a little description of your force? You know, something like that, because what ends up happening at the end, it ends up him just leaving, just like f- with Fuerza, and it's almost like no fuss, no muss, I'll get going. 
we never learn anything. I, I thought this Force Quest was going to be one of those where you keep adding people. By the end, it's like the Partridge family. Uh, you know, Ruben's riding the, the, the goddamn bus and you're going around. They're singing songs and stuff and, and entertaining the masses. But you always just end up with them there. You do a little thing. So it ends up being a, you know, uh, you, here we're going to, you know, the, the villain of the day or the force of the issue. A and scavenger hunt on. like I'm talking it's about. Just, yeah, it's just, that's what I was, I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> it's the scavenger, <laughs> it's a scavenger hunt. And that's not what a force, this is major stuff. And that's where I think that Joshua Williamson doing this, he, he wants to give us something big. He wants to redefine the Flash, the Speed right. Force, all these forces. Put his mark but, yet, on it. but yet he's not doing enough he wants in the to, story this bitch. to expand it. It never feels expanded by the end of each issue. It feels like, you don't really oh, get well, anything. Even the whole we're thing moving we on the, here. The backstory of Psych turns out to be bullshit. He's just a thief, and now we're getting away from this whole thing. because, And even the idea where we have Psych, he gives us a whole thing. Now, if he did work for Argus, that would be one thing, but we find out by the end he doesn't. But where did he get this helmet to focus his sage I force powers? I, yeah, that, how? I, I don't know. Which he should and have just there, got. I mean, Royal Flush Gang's fun. I mean, yeah, the, the best thing about it is, do you know what their biggest – you know a lot about the Royal Flush Gang enough, right? You know what their biggest power? They have this mind control that anytime you fight them, you have to use card puns. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> the minute that they show up, you uh, looks like you've been dealt the wrong hand. Hey, uh, looks like I got an ace up the sleeve. Yeah, every time they show hey up, guys, the book ever just watched Full House? fully to those. Oh, my goodness gracious. No, I got comments. I got DJ. I got the. It's a full house. Yeah, hey, Ted. Just, hey, you see what my bad. favorite snack is? <laughs> Chips. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, he, no, but you have this. No, no. And yeah, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Chips. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, you ended up too late. You, you, you epic fail. Uh, oh. You're there and you have. You have Psych, and he's like, I'm going to cause a distraction. The distraction is just, hey, everybody, it's Flash over here. And everybody freaks out. The Royal Flush gang freaks out. They all attack. And it's it's a very padded deal. It's a big fight. They, they go, you know, a lot of puns. Hey, you, you better not gamble with this fight. Oh, man, looks like you should have folded, Flash. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and then you end up where Psych goes behind roulette. Reads her mind, but reads her mind just to get info. We find out basically all he is is a blackmail artist. He gets this info and then uses it to blackmail the villains to pay him. A blackmail uh, artist. Yes, a blackmail. You, you've never seen these. I mean, really, the thing is, no, I'd no, like I'm thinking, to say, is that is that like Michael Jackson? It's like a con artist. No, a blackmail artist. Artiste. Oh, oh. Geez, that that sounds a little racial. There, Why? you son of a bitch. But yeah, you're going there, and I was thinking more of Ice Cube. But uh, you go, and at Ice the tea. end, it ends up just being the idea that you know it's it's blackmail, and and yeah. Iris is like, I was right. You don't He's a work piece for of shit. What is you wrong with you, Barry? Stop then, trusting people. Yeah, so then you end up with psych like, ah, you know, I used you. I played you like a fiddle. I'm a blackmail artist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they're about to kind of like go at it. And then they get Shimona. attacked. They get attacked by Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ben. Now you're breaking me Part of Gemini. And, uh, you know, Gemini with their soul-sucking powers, they're going to suck out and the speed force. even this whole thing where, like, the whole idea is that Gemini knew that, you know, Flash was going to go hey, for the Sage Force. Hit <laughs> they knew that it was in Zandia, so the whole thing yeah. is they got a hold of Psych beforehand. It's so, like, pretty much sell out the Flash when it gets there because we want to suck on a sweet, sweet speed force. But this whole backstory, you know, back in the 40s, we found this, this advanced technology warehouse just like a bed. Like, why is all this technology a and what it was going on here that it's just like <laughs> these life-sucking gauntlets that you're like using to become immortal like why are they just here it is like such a yeah, lame backstory it's just, just there it's for and no they're reason. Um, they they want to be immortal they are older uh they Chimera. end up there <laughs> they end up there and basically just start like oh man you know and we well, the minute we got a taste of you flash we knew we we needed more and uh and then, even the uh, idea that it's still it's like the whole like, right, what do you do just, that at that point where you have – it's the 1940s when they find this whole thing and they have been sucking off a few people yeah. at the sun to like to remain. But they it have hasn't been, been sucking enough. off a oh, lot yeah, of people, throughout I think. Throughout the 40s on. But the whole idea is that this stuff uh, absorbs the energy that created the multiverse. The forces, as yeah. they call it, are the things that created the multiverse. What were they really fitting on that allowed themselves to stay young when they just realized, oh, my God, the Flash, he's been around for a while. But for some reason, we just heard about him, and now we've got to suck him off, too. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they also figure that because then you have Psych, then he's like, hey, you know, you Dracula wannabes. Uh, you know, hey, this is great. This is cool. Like, no, no, no. We're sucking you off, too. Because he's like, man, I can yeah. pay you. We can get some money. No, no, no. Yeah, we're we're gonna suck you off too. I, I don't and they're gonna suck off his deal. Like psych, he has the ability to read minds. <laughs> How does he not know this is coming? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, this is the thing: is things always end up not really adding up. No. I mean, mathing is a problem with a lot of people, and it's really a problem with this book. By the end, a lot of things don't match up, especially when we keep jumping around with what the forces really do and what they are, and we we keep doing Gremlins. that. And yeah, there there is an issue. That I'm glad you brought that up. The issue of having the power to read minds really does end up being a MacGuffin that you have to pull back at points because then you'll know everything so yeah they sh- he should have known this and from the get-go i'm telling you as soon as they contact him it seems like they've been in zandia waiting and stuff like that like even before they said it's not our time yet we gotta wait I'm like he he obviously met them in person why didn't he realize betrayal was uh, inevitable going forward i don't yeah, understand yeah. he wasn't he wasn't reading minds then i guess but what didn't would you give helmet. this i would no. give this issue a six out of ten because i really did enjoy the art and i, I was like I said it's a bit forced. I do enjoy having backstories to people like Gemini and stuff like that. Getting more to know West. Like I actually thought it was kind of clever because you actually upped my score a little bit because I didn't even take into account everything that we had for Sykes' backstory was stuff that we dealt with recently, even with the Argus connection and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? That it might have been able to play a little bit better, but I do appreciate what Joshua Williamson did with that, even though having Sykes powers not really work when they're supposed to bother me. And the idea that, you know, mental powers, he could make the Flash's suit appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, what'd you give? What was the score? Six out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go six out of 10 as well. Uh, I'm going to be along with you. Uh, I like the art. And like I said, some of the stuff I like, some of the things that we're getting here, I do like. It's just, it's frustrating that it seems like we should be getting more. And it Agreed. seems like we should be getting more and things of keep changing one and weird. story. Yeah, the, the change really throws me off. And Barry but just being move. a dumbass throughout yeah, everything. He, is. He, just, he just wants to give that identity to every. He might as well just go on national television. We have and a worldwide. connection. Yeah, connection. I the hee-hee. love connection. Hee-hee. 
Yeah, now we're going to go off now to the next book. And what is that? Oh, I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought we we're doing the other book first. But the next book that we're dealing with is Red Hood Outlaw number 30, How written by Scott you. Liddell, <laughs> with art by Pete Woods, Rex Locus, and Troy Petiri. Red Hood's going down Mexico way so they can finally find the head of Underlife and sever it. On the way, little hints and clues to things we've been seeing before begin to take shape as our hero goes face to face with his with his thought-to-be-dead father and the man in the background of everything that happened in this series so far, solitary. Yeah, there's not a lot going on here. No. Uh, this is a very quick issue. You told me when we talk about the books during the week and kind of get ready for the podcast, and we're trying to figure out how long it'll take. Like, hey, we'll do this section, that section. You were like, yeah, there's not much to talk about no. Red Hood. And then I, eh, not much to talk about in Catwoman. And not much to talk about in Hawkman. <laughs> Hawkman. We went down the line, but this was one of those. I just don't understand. It seemed like we were going to continue the team up of Batwoman and Red Hood, but yeah, also add Renee Montoya that they said were going down. I mean, why even have that leaving? Why not just have Jason head they off to Mexico by himself? They said, we're going to go to Mexico. And Renee's like, I'm glad I had a week off. I, it didn't seem like they were saying, okay, we're going to drive. I, why would she waste her whole vacation just driving and then turning around? It seemed like at the end they said, all right, we're heading down Mexico, Mexico way, and go. And it seems like what Jason had, like, just imagine Batwoman. She's there, and they had the Mondays. They, all you had to do was have Batwoman say, hey, me and Renee are going to go off. We had another little hint that these Mondays were off somewhere else. We'll the take Mondays. care of that. You go to Mexico. And they didn't have that. So basically, Batwoman and Renee Montoya, even through coming there at the end, saw some really bad shit go down and then just like, oh, eh, well, I got Batwoman things to do and left. It feels really off. And it feels like we missed an issue because he just shows up. He's not even show him getting dropped off. He's just walking. <laughs> He's walking down the street and hopping fences and, and kicking asses and taking names. That's what Jason no, does. And basically through this whole thing, you get a background of almost everything that he's done in the past bunch of issues, except that Batwoman was supposed to be driving him to Mexico. He does say at one point only brings up Batwoman when, you know, uh, Deathwing shows up, uh, you know, and, and says, wingman. is it Deathwing Wingman? When Wingman shows up and he's like, yeah, you know, Batwoman came to take me back to Gotham. No, no, that's not how that ended. And uh, no, you're not going like Yeah, well, she just, that's what he thought. That's what he thought was going on when she showed up. And now she's just gone out of nothing. Something went wrong where she just disappeared and she's no she longer. She is spending time her with her Montoya. girlfriend. She does not want yeah, to hang out with off. Jason Todd. Well, I wouldn't want to spend my week vacation just driving Jason Todd down Mexico way. I don't need that. <laughs> he has weird things to do. But it just seemed weird. Like it was one of those things like, hey, by the way. Batwoman can't continue on in this book. So just so she's not there, but he's in Mexico. He's chasing the deal. And the whole I, I going have, with I want to have a progression of this whole Solomon Grundy clone kind of, you know, biomechanical aspect. Like we got the Mondays, we got the improvement ones, we got the Tuesdays, and then we got the happy days. <laughs> you got the happy days. Sit on it, Poxy. <laughs> that's what they yell. That's their, that's their superhero move. But yeah, he goes. And even the thing where he jumps a fence, yep. he's like, not the Ritz, but it'll do. I'm thinking that what he's doing is saying he's going to stay at this house. But somehow then he's fixing up this truck. I don't understand what he's doing. Uh, why is this truck and house just there? He's fixing the truck and then he drives off. I don't understand. Then to go get gas. He fixed it. I guess it's one of those things down that way. If you fix it, it's yours. I don't know. Isn't that how most things work? No, that's not like how most. If I, most over, if I come if, in. 
If I go to your house right now and I fix you and Tanya's marriage, all of a sudden me and her are married. Please. If that's the case, get over here now. Clyde, what are you waiting for? And believe me, you ain't fixing it as quick as Jason Todd fixed that truck. There's a lot of shit. I got a couple paddles to spare. I was just going to say I was going to fix your glasses. Now I got myself some glasses. But I fix your red wagon. Yeah. Is there any way you can fix at least two of these kids? You can fix them (laughs) as well. I don't want to fix that. No, you don't want that. You can fix my dog that ate my two pairs of shoes. You can fix fix my shoes. Don't don't get the ones. Don't take the Nikes. They'll make you vomit. Logan can't even have them in the house. I walk in, he starts choking, and then throws them outside on the porch, and then they get even more destroyed. But you have there where (laughs) all of a sudden the freaking neighborhood animals go start tearing your shoes apart. No, no, the animals come up and they run. I said, you know, you have our house. elements. You end up having to wipe your feet when you leave the house, Eric. (laughs) Not when you enter. Uh, You have Jason Todd going. (laughs) He's going down and he gets some gas. This one old lady's like, I haven't haven't had a a customer in three days. (laughs) He gets some gas and then just says, thanks, ma'am. I'm heading down to the prison. And she's like, oh, get the hell away from me. No one with a soul goes there. Lucky for me, I don't have one, old lady. Lady. Lucky for me, I don't have one, lady. But yeah, you get a little deal. They go in and you see right away that there is a cool tie-in, though. I do, again, I don't think that it's as well spelled out with a I. lot I, of these the thing things. Is because that was such a weird thing we had before with the, like, the Artemis issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, where it was just a flashback of her working for Lex Luthor, where she broke and got like, a bunch of people out of prison. And you know he, she yeah. was supposed to kill this guy. You know, And the whole wraparound kind of thing, like he sees the – the, like the mistress's axe marks in one of these doors in the prison. Like, oh my God, Artifice has been there. I wonder if her and Bizarro are the alive. The mistress. Yeah. So the whole yeah, idea yeah. though is like it's a whole big tie around for Red Hood and the Outlaws where the man who, you know, that Artemis saved that night who she was supposed to kill, that was like, you know, Willis Todd. That was Jason yeah. Todd's father yeah. and has moved on from that experimentations at this prison to become solitary and is still using this as a base of operations for whatever underlife really is outside yeah. of, you know, helping criminals and making Mondays. Yeah, yeah, making Mondays, Tuesdays, and as you said, happy, happy days. days. Where's Laverne and Shirley? Uh, you, you have They're it, and I, I think that even the art is a little obviously like an X. The mistress. Also, while this is going on, you do see a little bat, you know, thing watching them. It's like a remote control bat deal. And he's like, someone just joined the party. <laughs> He'll show himself soon. It, it, it looks like a, a something that Batman would have. Why isn't he as concerned? You see it right behind him. Why isn't he concerned with that? But he it doesn't, doesn't look enough like a bat. He's a badass. He's like, I don't know what that is. Somebody say, uh, he'll show himself soon. Uh, but then when you have the art, you do have art. It, actually, I wonder if people were confused, like, holy shit, what the hell happened? Because it does look like all of a sudden Artemis is there with guys shooting at her and he's just standing there. Uh, but you do then go, and it's nice to see Artemis and Bizarro. Sure is. I like when they show Badass it, so Bizarro eventually with a we'll tank go. top and a beard. No, no, Bizarro. It, what is that, Zangief? What, what, is going, like what is going on with this Bizarro? The worst Bizarro I've ever seen in my life. It, it is horrible. I've seen worse. No, you have not. It's bad. Uh, they're in another reality, and they're just—it's just so we remember that they're there. But when we go back, you have there uh, was an Wingman. artist on Red Hood of the Outlaws before. When we were like, you know, uh, Dexter Story would have to take a break. We're like, I think it was one of the first fill-in artists we had. I hated that Pizarro so much. This is not that bad in my mind. I don't know. It's bad. It's bad. Zangief Pizarro is uh, not too bad in my mind. Well, no, it's it's crazy. Doesn't Zangief when he fights? He he ends up where Wingman knocks him down, no, no. and we have this whole don't thing be like he's like. 
uh, wingman, what you you here to take me back to Gotham like the Batwoman's too? And he's like, no, not really. Uh, you know, we're just gonna kind of fight and get together, and you know, I want to see what's going on. Which is, it's very odd for this whole thing because Jason Todd's like, what are you doing putting on one of my old personas? When the idea, like, I don't know why Jason Todd wouldn't know that Wingman was actually a thing before he put on the yeah, persona for yeah, Batman. It's a little odd. It's a little odd. And now uh, Wingman does say, legitimately, I I want to take you back to Gotham, but not why you think. I'm not here. The Batman's not doing things right. Why won't you back over here? Batman's not doing things right, so I want to change it. So yes, I'm such a weird idea that Wingman, who we've never seen before, we have no idea who this Wingman is. If it's the original Wingman, which doesn't make sense because he should be dead, but. Going back, like, you know, this wingman comes out of nowhere just for the idea that Gotham's not being protected the way it should be. So I'm going to grab Jason Todd, of all people, to come and do it right away. We don't really know you, wingman. You're just some dude in a wingman costume. Yeah. Well, while this is going on, all of a sudden, bricks start forming, throwing, going, uh, knocks out. Wingman ends up breaking Jason out of this chair he's tied to, ends up making an arrow. Uh, and yeah, if I didn't know, you had told me ahead of time, you yeah. had spoiled what it is. So I didn't know as we were going, uh, but it's pretty cool. If you were reading some Teen Titans and things, one of the best things of a horrible book through the whole New 52 was the character Bunker. And Love that's kind that's what it leads to where a dog comes. It's kind of a little force with this dog uh, leads down to where it looks like there's a lot of the Mondays were being formed. Uh, you end up seeing Bunker in one of these and then it just leads to seeing that uh, Solitary's there. Which is uh, odd because the whole thing too, I don't know what Solitary's up to because it seems like we have taken, you know, stuff from Solomon Grundy in order to make things. And I don't know if Solitary gave himself the ability to move bricks along the lines because they were brick constructs that Bunker could make before. Yeah. And those bricks going in form because you even see some bricks floating in the liquid in the tube that Bunker's in suspended animation. Yeah, and, I'm telling like, you, by the end of that run, the, his powers started changing around. Oh, it started around. evolving, yeah. Yeah, they started changing around. So but I don't I think know if this is somehow Bunker that did this or Solitary has taken Bunker's powers now or yeah. the idea that he I can move know. bricks like this because all of a sudden bricks started flying and yeah. when I first read this I thought like oh I didn't know Solitary could do that and I never even put the idea of these but it may bricks, be that usually, he's grabbing his powers yeah because like before when you when the Bunker would make you know the construct bricks they were bright purple so you would yeah. know it's a you know Bunker brick construct these are just regular bricks so I thought it was just you know using the bricks around as telekinesis or whatnot Yep. Yeah. So we'll see in Solitary's there. Also, he does seem at one point, Jason Todd's like, bingo, I found all the things. You get a little flashback to Roy, even when he's like, you know what, Roy looks like I found all this stuff and going, but it's more than that. You end up seeing that it's Solitary by the end, which is his father, all that sort of craziness going on. I wish there would have been some kind of, I know he's got like, I don't even understand how this dude's head works with the three different faces. Like they look like weird little like uh, astral projection faces coming off the side. I don't know what it's supposed to really look like i can't grasp it but when jason todd in my mind should look at this and have some kind of realization daddy <laughs> daddy he starts mommy he's a little confused but yeah the weird thing about it, like what's this dog because you think the dog lives down there yeah. you think that solitary is a like a dog down point. mexico way yeah but why does the dog react this bad to solitary which would be the guy the who probably is around him all the time hey then you know that's but it seems like the dog would probably know solitary maybe that's supposed to be a little hint that he's not really the guy who's bad here i Either. Maybe he just showed up. I, I Look, he's got what? bunker in a tube. This guy's up to no good. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 6.3 out of 10. I enjoyed the art for the most part. Like I said, 
Pete Woods is still an art style that I wish it was still Dexter's story, but I enjoy what he gives us here, even, you know, Zangy Fizarro. And, yeah. you know, this is a bit of a slower issue than I would have liked for all the stuff that we have to uncover, you know, digging deep back into this whole thing that, you know, Scott Liddell has been dealing with, like, you know, setting up with like piece by piece. And, it's getting a little bit convoluted because like Solitary is the guy who put, you know, Artemis Bazaar together. This whole thing has been set yeah. up since the beginning of Rebirth. And now it just kind of feels a little bit weak. So I really hope that he ties everything around really well. And you start seeing pieces here, but having Wingman show up also feels out of the blue, even though <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we saw him seated throughout, but yeah, it doesn't seated. really make sense. No, just mind. for him to show up and get knocked out by bricks. Yeah. It doesn't seem like enough. But a six point three out of ten. I still enjoy this series. It's just going a little bit slower than I would like at this point. Yeah, I'm gonna time. go six. You're a little more positive than me. I'm gonna go six just because I, I had an issue where they never explained what happened with Batman woman that's they were heading off and then the thing to be a team and you just don't get it not even an explanation like you know what batwoman got called back here a batwoman went to check on this it's just the way we go i'm gonna fix up a car maybe a marriage get on with that go and so i was taken aback by that but yeah six though i'm still in yeah. uh, and i like the art but it's just yeah like you said some of the things kind of just get thrown at you with little to no explanation so we'll have to see but we're going to go to the last book of the section which is Wonder a Woman, number 62, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Zermonico, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Pat Bruce. G. Willow Wilson ends her first story since coming on to Wonder Woman. While we have seen some pretty big things happen, <laughs> Ares breaking out of his prison and Themyscira being the biggest, in my opinion, this political tinge story hasn't gotten me excited to say the least. It's not the actual politics involved, but the lack of details surrounding them. And because of that, it also feels very vague and generic. I am also looking. Uh, I am also looking to see if G. Willow has a better grip on our main character God, uh, here. So. And sadly, I'm seeing a writer struggling to get the voice of her. I'll just talk about in the next issue for like you know, beginning of the next change here. Let's discuss. Let's discuss, Eric, because yeah, they're, they're, it's off. It's a little off here uh, throughout this whole bunch of issues. And I like G. Willow Wilson. I always end up, you know, apologizing for not liking See, these I, Wonder I, Woman issues. I don't know anything I'm really done. about G. Willow Wilson. You got me excited for when she was announced to come on this title. Just from what we're getting, I hope it's the case that, you know, you need those first six issues as a writer to really grasp the character. And she figure said out on what Twitter she's forward. having troubles. She said yeah. on Twitter that she's having troubles grasping the idea. Now, also, I think that she had something where she was in the hospital for a little as well while this was going on and things like that so maybe she's just you know trying to get this done and then we can move on but this is the thing i i have been apologizing in every issue that she's Never done apologize up to, to here well i'm not gonna yeah why am i gonna apologize to you i've been with you 211 plus episodes i mean right now i think that we've done probably eight thousand recordings together the apologies for you are done my friend never, this ever is just them. on here i'm done i'm leading to now she's eric shea to me oh, apologies no. are over she has had enough time from now on now i'll even give her this issue i'm gonna be a little you know lenient on here but from now on you're on you know you better be on point yeah really uh because you had set up a political story which again i'm not a political guy but this is nonsense just generic politics to the point where we now find out a little bit more in the last issue of the arc that i didn't even know i thought that this was the idea of a government being uh, you know fighters. overthrown possibly yeah. by freedom fighters who is the freedom fighter which is the terrorist you know that sort of deal we even joked about it now it's neighboring countries and now yeah, and the thing I, is, I would talk- guess 
you had the political angle in the background the whole time, and like I was never a fan of it. But when you finally get to the crux of the story and the political angle, you spend maybe two pages where they sit down and say, "How about this? Okay, how about this? Yeah. Okay, treaty uh, side. The, best the is, end. You know what it ends up being? It ends up being that a poor Wonder Woman ends up being the best friend. Like this is you. You're Wonder Woman. You're my best Me friend. and Tanya are getting in a fight. Uh, you end up taking my side, and then by the end, me and Tanya decide to get together. Nobody's talking to you again because they're like, oh, well, we figured this right. out. You weren't nice. You went with him. You know, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, That's what it ends up being. Me. At fuck the end, you. it gets up being that they're like, hey, Wonder Woman's like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. No, no, no Wonder Woman, you get the fuck out of here. Like, we don't want you here. What? I I was helping you. No, no, no. We don't want your help. Get the fuck out. And that's how it ends. That's how it ends with Wonder Woman because all of a sudden, these two sides are goddamn best friends. And Wonder (laughs) Woman's the one. Oh, you interloper. No, no, no. I I saved your ass. It did not take much for this whole treaty to get signed. I'm telling you, this whole thing really just because we're at the last issue of the arc for how quick things had to resolve. Like, really? This is all it took, and now I didn't like we said before. Didn't even know it was a for like a, a neighboring country yeah. that like you know. Now we're gonna read like even the idea like well, I guess all the killing is uh, a little bit much for just redrawing the maps of line borders. I'm like, no, that's pretty much. No, no, you know, no. re- re- I'm telling you, you country. know what it ends up being, and I don't even know if you do. You know the song uh, by Sting uh, about the Russians. I hope the Russians love their children too. It's a Cold War type song about how if they could, if everybody could just realize that they love our. We all love our kids. So if you love your Except kids and we Jim do, Warner. let's let's go. But this is the thing. That's what it ends up being. Won't they end up like, you know what? For three weeks. Yeah, now you're making jokes. I'm not in the mood for jokes right <laughs> oh, now. No? The whole thing oh. is, is just that's how it ends. Uh, hey, you like your kids, right? Yeah, I do. Well, let's get a land together and, you know, get the fuck out of town. That's it. I don't know what else to talk about in this issue except for the over the top. I'm supposed to be justice. You have the lasso. Oh, you don't understand. The lasso isn't a sword, you <laughs> moron. Now we can joke here. Uh, I was trying to make a point with Sting. Oh, and Sting. when I talk Sting, the rest are joking, buddy. Sting is very tantric sex. The wrestler, and, right? And, uh, no, not Sting the wrestler. Because oh. I was <laughs> no. a real big fan when he came I out hate, like the crow. I hated Sting. I, I, I didn't, didn't understand his too. concept. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. But yeah, you, you have all this deal where, it, you know, you go back and forth. Oh, I'm Aries. I'm going to do this. No, no. don't. It, it just It's just over and over. And we saw it before. I love, too, at the one point where Aries then gets an epiphany. Is this what they call justice while he's looking at the whole no. city's on fire i didn't realize oh really you, you didn't realize but yeah they have this peace treaty aphrodite it looks like aphrodite is going to go off with wonder woman from here we'll kind of go and that's good. But what, happened, now. what happened to the griffin what happened to the centaur oh, the, what happened what to these to things the boy that was leading them yeah the boy they're all dead uh, that's the deal they're, they're the russians didn't love their Tell children you, I, I, I was, they're I was dead. Just sitting here like every issue like tim robbins and mr griffin it's the boy Where's yeah the boy what happened? But yeah, pretty much it's forced to get a treaty signed in a day, if not an hour, 10 minutes, and then say, Tell all right, ten the minutes part of the lucky. treaty is, I love it too. It's just like part of the treaty. It's the best treaty ever. We're going to have peace as long as these gods leave. 
that basically that's what it was. If and the these, thing is that they might have said they were going to this place before, and the whole idea they that this did. tree they is were going to meet place, there. But, but this whole still. thing is like when you see like you know, Ares standing in the way that we have to fight Ares, so they're like you know the leader of this country can get past him to go sit down at a table inside this little you know I don't even know what the hell they're called an archipelago. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> but but I don't even know what that word is. An but Acropolis, I, maybe I it's know. kind of an Acropolis. But the, this little pillar kind of thing, this area there. I'm like. That's all it was. So he was just steadying the way. How come nobody was was the other side already in there to say, "Hey, what's that god doing there? He's messing up our whole thing." Like, what was yeah. that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing that was funny is they were heading there, yeah. and that was seemed to be the trap of Ares. Ares is like, "Ha! You came here, you fools! I'll get you." They end up fighting, and then all of a sudden, there was a meeting there. They're just out in the open. It's just, it's not. And Steve Trevor has nothing to do. Get a shirt on that fellow, or maybe not, Derek. Uh, but yeah, by the end, it's basically uh, Ares sitting there saying, "Like, oh, you know what, war." Huh, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing, Ares. Let's go. And then they leave Air the big thing Aphrodite does whisper something in the Ares ear that ends up making him change the deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you, that's this maybe You have a baby dick. But, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, I, I'll meet you at 3 a.m. All right, I'm in. Uh, yeah, there's there's not much to that. They go off. But yeah, and then they go from there. Everybody's happy. Wonder Woman, get the hell out. They go back, uh, you know, air. And the other thing is they're there. And you have that weird thing like, hey, uh, d- hey, Wonder Woman, do we part as enemies? Well, we're not friends. That's for sure. Bitch. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, really. Here I am trying He's to like, make nice. all right, then. Well, I know your limits, but you don't know mine. All right, let's All fight right. later because We're we always jerks. end up fighting. Then you go back to see Etta, who's in the hospital. I'm like, I whatever, whatever. And then they end with, you want Wonder Woman to be able to find, like, are we going to be able to find my home and all this? Like, she even the goes, whole thing is like, this what is, is the a, worst. What is, what is a, even I'm going back to Aries, they're like, what is a god of war in a world where war is never ending? I don't know, pretty big god as far as I'm concerned. What yeah, are you talking yeah. about here, Aries? Yeah, I, and you kind of leave this without any idea of what G. Well Wilson thinks Ares is or isn't or whatnot. It's just, he was just there because Ares is a big Wonder Woman villain. Wonder Woman goes to a cliff and says, all right, mother, all the gods of earth and sea and the sky, if my people still live and if my homeland is still safe, give me a sign. And the sign is the sun. <laughs> there, oh they, you I said it. She, she to just set it up to be on. The sun comes up every day, Wonder Woman. Don't, this is not a sign, <laughs> goddammit. They're all dead. <laughs> I'm telling you, I used to do stupid shit like this when I was a kid. Like, not a sign, but I'm like, if I'm supposed to do this, this will happen. And then if it didn't, I'd be like, okay, if it happens now. Well, you, but basically, lines, like, it was like, right, if the sun if, rises uh, tomorrow, I have to go kill Eric. It's, it's, well, there it's we go. 12.53. If 12.54 happens, yeah. I got to go do this thing. If the clock strikes 12.54 next, I'm going to have to go and get a double whopper. Well, God, oh, well. you, might, you want me hey, not to be hungry. Good for it's you. It's not on my diet, but hey, the clock said so. I know, they always say that we're slaves to the, the clock. The clock swore right twice a day. <laughs> Apparently, it's right now. <laughs> and right now, indeed. Uh, but yeah, I was disappointed with this first so arc. I. Here's the thing, though. By the end of this, I will tell you that I'm not infuriated by it. It's kind of laughable the way that this kind of ended and things like that. But it's the problem is, is since Greg Rucka left, We've been waiting for a really good story. 
it's not that this is the worst story. It no, just continues forgettable stories, though. This was another forgettable and arc. Even that and whole I'm thing sick is, of it. It's, it's a forgettable arc, and it's a big thing where it gets, you know, Themyscira kind of back on the table to a degree. You know, we, we have to work towards it. Oh, we have it, to wait. We, yeah, we're we definitely get Ares that. back on the board, yeah. which is a huge thing for Wonder Woman, but. There's nothing to this because it wanted to like, you know, no. instead of talking about the interesting things and actually explain what's going on, we have to have this whole political agenda to the story, which went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it went nowhere. And this is where a lot of times people uh, like Brian Michael Bendis, like, oh, man, you know, he's trying too hard to show us that he knows the character. But I would have liked G. Willow to have done that a little more. Show us that you have the voice. She does not have the voice of this character at all. Even just the dialogue that Wonder Woman has at points in this is is kind of it's very clunky. It's very, you know, not over the top, not, you know, not like uh, when Tom King had her in that demon realm and she was talking. Talking like she was some Czechoslovakia or something, but it's very generic and it's very like she's from an just, archipelago. There, yeah, well, yeah, really, or Necropolis. <laughs> Who knows? Or Necropolis. We we don't know. We're not smart guys. But, I don't know words. But it just ends up where like. There's this weird accent that she thinks she has, but overall, it just doesn't sound like Wonder Woman. It doesn't have the feel of Wonder Woman. And Steve Trevor's a little off, too. Um, but hopefully she's got that down. And when we go forward, we'll get more, you know, some Wonder Woman that we recognize a little more. But I'm going to give this probably a 5.5 to a 6. I'll go 6. I like the art oh, a look lot. look at you being but, positive. Zermonico yeah. is good on this book. I do enjoy I don't want to get yelled at anymore. I'm sick of getting yelled at. Uh, 7, 5, 8. You, you keep going. It's like my buddy Herb would say to me. He's like, uh, Herb, you owe me $50. $40? How did I owe you $30? That's how I, I'm going the reverse with scores. <laughs> That's what I was doing like, I'll give this, I'll, I'll, this I'll give this a 7. <laughs> I'll give this a 7, you know, because a 7, 5 is a pretty positive positive score and i gave it an eight there you go but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go six i think that this whole arc to me is a six uh what would you give it well i learned in this that from aries that we all have roles to play and since you gotta go i'm gonna be positive (laughs) with a six out of ten i'm gonna go 5.9 out of ten because i know my Uh, role i'm the negative one the thing is though i could go right there with you with the 5.5 to the six i could go anywhere in between that whole thing so that's i'm gonna have to give it a 5.9 to stay on the positive side because i do like zermonico's art it's just the story was ridiculous from the battle of aries to the talk about the battle of aries and what the lasso is and how it's a weapon and not a you know how it's not a sword the political angle fell flat but i I do look forward to what we're getting here because she's doing interesting things by getting these characters back on the board and opening up the table a little bit for what we can do with Wonder Woman. And I do appreciate that. It's just it did not hit as well as it could have here. Plus, she wanted the sign and the sun rose. That's all you need. Isn't that what we need every day? You need to see that the sun rises so we realize, aren't we then human? Eric, isn't that part of being human, the sun rising, isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus did? Is that another sun that rose, Eric? Is that indeed life? I don't know what you're talking about anymore. (laughs) I I just still keep thinking about the archipelago. (laughs) I'm just trying to be as ridiculous. But that is it for that section of books. And we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. Such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim And I've got a 
jam. Gonna hear me with Jim. All right, we're back with the mail, mail section number two, and we're going to start with Luis. As they say in the gaming world. Yes. Hello, Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop. Boop, boop. Oh, my goodness. I got a little flimmy there. I hope everyone had a great week. I don't have much to say this week, but one thing. So I donated a few books back in Christmas, a few runs I didn't care for anymore. So I'm at my comic shop talking to one of the employees, and we are talking about the Batman who laughs. He tells me his first appearance in the book is going for about $600. Wow. Dollars. Ducats. So I was like, great, I'll sell metal. That book was trash anyway. And he said, no, 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 (laughs) no. His first appearance was in Teen Titans 15 or 16. I don't remember. He said it's actually Teen Titans 12 and there's a little discrepancy on that because I believe it came out the same day as the other appearance. So it was in that Teen Titans crossover deal where they do see the Batman alas, but he says that that we're in the Riddler's Labyrinth. I don't remember. I jumped for joy because I had the old Teen Titans before this new run. Once I got home, I realized that was one of the books I gave away. So now I had to break into the hospital, Mission Impossible style, with none of the skills. I grabbed someone. It's like one of those old sitcoms when you leave something on a message machine and then you have to get it off. So I I break into the hospital. Yeah, yeah. He said some more books and went, that's on so many other shows as well. To drop them off at the hospital, I believe there was an episode of Friends, exactly the same thing as well. And it's always like you're, you're going to get fired from a job or you tell somebody off. Or I normally drop them off at front. I asked, can I just drop them off myself? I want to see all the kids' faces when I drop them off. Lady said no. And that's that. I couldn't get to it, so I hope they enjoyed my Teen Titans. But with <laughs> kids these days, they probably Googled a each book and sold them by now. And I did look. I, it didn't seem to be going as high as that. But, uh, you know, I even looked at the Batman Damn number one. That's not going as high as it was either. Oh, so, you missed Louise, Luis, you're out. You are out. I was talking about selling that the other day. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to sell coffee stains uh, all with all it. coffee stains, rip pages. You know, that's pretty good. Brandon is next, but thanks, Luis. Brandon's heathen. next. Says, sup, fellas? What, what, sup, why did you call Luis a heathen? Not that him, was very obviously. Nice. Well, after a glimpse into the thoughts of you fellas, I early access material on Patreon. It is officially official. I can now throw the We Hate Bendis party. Yeah, he's already heard that that <laughs> section already. I've been waiting to plan and DJ at for some time now. Welcome to the club. He has now beaten you down to the level I've resided at since Miles Morales' Spider-Man title abandoned the ultimate moniker. Since where... Uh, ha- since we're having a party, you know, it says since we're having a party, Obviously. food and drinks will be absolutely necessary. And since I'm the planner, this will be a Buffalo style party. Aww. So here is what everybody is responsible for. Brandon is going to be the Spotify playlist and <laughs> denim vest for everyone. You <laughs> okay. can choose between Buffalo Bills or Buffalo Sabres. That's what you do. You agree, Eric, that the Buffalo Sabres are a team in the NHL? You, you are aware of yes, them, right? I am aware of the Sabres. How about the the uh, coyotes? I, I told I stop sprung making that, stuff up I sprung on me. All right? that surprise on you this week. I'm like, you hey, the Penguins the stars, are playing the coyotes. The coyotes. Like, That's not a team. You can make up whatever you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to believe it. How about the the uh, the? Uh, I was going. I I blew it. I was going to make up a name. <laughs> See if you thought it was. I have to. I'm in charge of bringing food because I have no idea what alcohol is. It's true. Is what you don't let your tops. 
It's true. I, I'm no drinker, Eric. I'm no. I'm more of a thinker, is what I am. <laughs> I ain't no drinker. I'm more of a thinker. <laughs> I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. <laughs> I don't do that. I ain't drinking that there devil's devil's liquid. Wait. My kids, yeah, I just happened. heard. I, I just, I just yelled that, and as I'm yelling it, I heard Logan yell. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're bringing beer. <laughs> Reggie's bringing the liquor. Chris is bringing beer. Jeremy's bringing beer Makes from sense. England, but it must be cold. Simon has to bring beer. John Wayne has to bring beer. Dancing Mike, you know he'll bring beer, and that should cover all the bases. Oh, you know There's he's everything. bringing that back. Yeah, really? Oh, my. So now that the party is planned and out of the way, I get a flat tire this week, which was not awesome and comparable to the experience of reading Tom King's comics lately. Oh, singer. I felt less bad. You've been buffaloed. I felt less bad when the tire guy told me I was about two months overdue for tires. I wish he did say that. Yo, man, you're overdue for tires. Uh, So that made it sting less. It's so funny because we read on the weekend edition of the Marvel podcast. We read email. And I said it's, it's amazing that the emails on the Marvel podcast have so little grammar and punctuation problems. Then I realized oh, this is Brandon's yeah. on the show. He's not mailing in. Oh, yes. The things you tell yourself to justify spending hundreds of dollars. Tires did end up helping out today when I had to drive through a foot of snow on the way home. So in the long run, I guess it did work out unlike Tom King on Batman. <laughs> books well this little thing called the weird science marvel comics podcast and website eric you might have heard of it I prevents have. me from being 100 percent up to date on dc books prior to email time however i was able to get to the batman who laughs at All the right. risk of dancing mike not wanting to come to the party we are now throwing i really like this book so far probably the title i currently look forward to the most it just kind of made me want scott snyder to test out those muscles he's been working on fight tom king for the right to the batman title which he work. would have to be favored to win since tom king's already oh and one losing to his dog not that long ago <laughs> and the, pa- the the pavement was his enemy <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw a picture that uh, Scott Snyder tweeted of him working out. He's been working out for the new year. Yeah, it's looking pretty big. I've been working it's just out. Cool. It hasn't yeah. been working out. Yeah, no, it's working out all right. It's just call, cool to see Batman with a few tricks left up his sleeve. And even if they're totally working yet, during or doing his best to fight back against the odds instead of being the helpless bastard without a clue, just running around punching people like a moron, announcing he's the world's greatest detective to anyone who will listen. I know New 52 Batman can tend to be a take it or leave it uh, thing, but I'd I'll like that it. over most everything we're getting right now from DC. I, fellas, that's Aight, Brandy. That's a quick Brandon. I. Brandy, there you go. I wish I still had that up with this deal. Jason. Jason. Oh. But yeah, that is it for mail section number two. We're going to go off to talk a couple books with Reggie. Doesn't care to fight with sauce. You know you just sound free with yogurt. Ladies and germs, bring it back. Billy's coming back to your house tonight, knocking on your door in his socks, his slippers, his robe, and a bottle of Carvassier. I'm feeling good tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Bundle up. I heard you two are going to bring back the Macarena to the podcast. Oh, I can just see it now. You two just talking books, shaking those hips. Bring it back. 
And then like, I heard your fat ass wanted to bring back warheads. Pucker up, baby. It's gonna be a trip. And Jim. Ooh, I heard you're gonna bring back frosted tips. Oh, I can just picture you now on the ones and twos. Looking like Lance Bass. I love y'all. All right, and here we are with Reggie. And Reggie, I don't want to get yelled at. As I just told you, I'm done getting yelled at, even though you got yelled at a lot. But we'll talk about that Listen when we talk up, about Bert, the second book. What, what? Yes, well, that's what happens. And I'll tell you, I, I don't mind. I get sad when people yell at me. Uh, but I have to uh, agree, you know, we come on here, I yell and scream. So I, I set myself up for that. But, hey, I, I'm here, I'm near, and I'm dear to Reggie's heart. Yes, so here we go. Uh, We have two books with you tonight, and they are books that, you know, I haven't been the biggest fan of both, but you really, really like the first one, and what is that, Red Jay? It is Justice League Dark Number 7, written by James Tiny in the fourth, art by Alvarez Martinez Bueno, Raul Fernandez, and Brad Anderson. Step right up, you don't have to wait. Tiny and is serving up some Reggie bait. He keeps it creepy and makes his point patterned after old EC horror joints. Man Bat has some grizzly yarns to spin about the other kind and how they're breaking in. In fact, this book has you in fear the other kind ain't coming. They're here! They're here! I, I was going to jump in with one of the lines, and I couldn't get there. Uh, yes, here we are. We have something that really, if James Tynan, did he respond to your tweet to him? I, I'm wondering if no. that, no, 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 no. Yeah, he know, hates I, I us. Don't get, I don't get responses from James This Tynan, is where, well, here's I the thing. This book anyway. Yeah, well, here's <laughs> the thing, is you ended up getting shade thrown at you by Rob Williams. We'll talk about during the Suicide Squad, probably. I would venture to say that will come I up. I have a feeling. But I feel yeah. bad because this book is definitely a red book james tynan is as they say singing your tune here and uh he just basically shoves you aside because of the weird science name i think and you are very very overly positive in my mind but you're positive with this book <laughs> i don't know why i said overly and then realized i was throwing shade but you better, you better um, really add positivity so kid. here, here know, we go on. because this is an ec comics looking deal it's an anthology yeah. type joint this is reggie's jam i think it looks fantastic and yeah i I, i'm still not on board this is not and here's the thing and i before i defer to you to tell us what happened i don't think that this was made to have people jump on this is not one of those issues in my mind to get like hey if you haven't liked the last bunch of issues here you go you're gonna love this i think that he is playing up to his crowd he's playing up to and most people love this book so you go with Mm. this and because even if me and eric love Frankenstein. We love sure the do. Agent of Shade. Oh, and, yeah. and I don't mind Andrew Bennett, I Vampire. I actually enjoyed that series enough. I only read like the first six issues, the, uh, mm. the Falcoff <laughs> book, but uh, that's not an Eric book. But even with yeah. that, it didn't get me like when you said, Oh, Frankenstein's in here. I look, there he is. And it is the Agent of Shade. So I mean, this is, but it didn't do enough, I think, to get other people who don't know who these characters are, never really cared about their books, yeah. another thing to get on. Well, but they, I do, he didn't do he, they didn't do any of the awesome things that, you know, Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade do, like ride no, around in the little no, they're just kind of or, there, you know, do yeah. all the crazy shit. Yeah, so you, it, you, you, you get, get a mention 
of some things, but really yeah. not all of it. You don't have what's his name in the uh, in his little schoolgirl outfit father and stuff time. like that. Yeah, Father yes. Time. They mention him at the I end. And uh, but even with that, though, if you're into this book, and it's there's a pacing with this book and series. You know, that's something that I have said over and over that it's not my thing as well. It's a very slow pace book. It's a very deliberate book, and I think that continues with this. In a way that, you know, really tickles your fancy. But tell us what happens. Yeah, I mean, just to say that this truly was an, an issue written for me with a lot of my favorite oh, characters. Yeah. It definitely was uh, the fan service. Like you say, those characters that, that show up, uh, like I Vampire and whatever, if you don't know who they are, you don't really get a lot of frame of reference. But I guess you just have to get the idea this is like the paranormal set of DC. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I, I wonder, I just wonder, I, I wouldn't tell someone to pick this issue up as the first. Just no, that's what I'm saying. But I wonder but it if goes, you could just kind of like follow it along. I have no maybe. idea. Maybe. You know? I think that what this does, though, that does it well is that, you know, Mr. Positive over here, is that it does show you that it continues showing you that he has a very big toy box to play with. He has a very yeah. big, like pretty much, we, we've been wanting a dark book, or people are fans that have been wanting it because we haven't had a lot of these characters, and mm. he's actually showing you that, that hey, that I know they're out there, I know what they did. To me, that's almost like he's, this is almost like a back, not a backdoor pilot, but one of those like, hey, by the way, I know the, you know, Agents of Shade. I know yeah, yeah. Andrew Bennett. I, I realize they're still around and I'm going to use them. So I, I, there I, 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 I go. admit I got a little excited about the prospect of just them being in this universe. You know, well, Frank Gutsan and the Agents of Shade. Not, not that they didn't do anything, but I was like, oh boy, and yeah. I, we can see more of these by, guys by later. The, but yeah. again, by, well, by the end me, of this, yeah, well, by the end of this, you know? I actually, while I don't think that this is, you know, what I'm looking for in this this particular book, I don't know that I wouldn't like an anthology book where we even had like the DC Presents before, where we might have some, uh, you know, a three issue, that. six issues. Yeah, I would love to see another Frankenstein Agent of Shade deal going, and even I Vampire in a dark sort of setting where even if it was like it'd be funny if there was a spinoff where it is just Man Bat, like, huh, what did I write down? today and, yeah, and, you have, and he's you know and, and it does make me laugh because in this he is like the horror host here with, yeah, with that. I, I actually like that so oh, and, and reggie such a fright. listen oh, to this reggie you haven't even begun talking and i'm kind of my my score might be going up because now oh. that i'm thinking about it in a different way but I even like the idea where if it was the horror host aspect it's a horror host you haven't really seen before either because he is paranoid and afraid of the stuff he's talking about yeah, so that's a yeah. real cool aspect to man bat being the narrator of all the things going down with the other kind here yeah. and he's just terrified of what he's talking yeah, about funny. and he well, doesn't even remember in, him in the end he's the victim in a yeah, way you know? yeah. that they kind of flip it around so i mean so like I, I think this is like the most brilliantly set out thing but i thought it was it was pretty well done and like i tell you i thought it was a good way to get a lot of information out in one issue instead of over a dragged out Arc. But anyway, so what it is is Man Bat is he actually addresses the reader directly. We we show up and he says that he's been compelled to be writing these stories, typing them out. And uh, sometimes he doesn't even remember typing them. He wakes up the next day and there's a whole brand new story there. And uh, it's two tales of members of the other kind, kind of uh, 
making their way into our world. And if you remember the other kind, those are the people that want to take magic back. Like the upside uh, down man. And it's weird exactly. too, because we had that from the get go, just like dark, the upside down man, the idea that this is where magic, like, you know, they're here to take it all back for what we had, but it almost feels like, you know, since we, you know, were introduced to that and then moved away from it immediately to deal with that Hecate and the witching hour story. It's like, yeah. it feels like the same exact story right now for what they were trying to do. Like take magic back. She was trying to take all the magic back for her Hecate. Seems like the other kinds doing that as well. So I'm like, are, are these going to be playing into one another? Because even with the other kind and Hecate being trapped in Olympus at the end of that witching hour thing, like, but you know, the, uh, the upside down man, he shows up here. I'm like, what happened there? Is she free as well? I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe they're working together. Yeah, maybe something happened there and you'll find out that Hecate is, is all part of this Mishagas too. I, I'm yeah. not sure, but, uh, I mean, I think that witching hour was kind of like, obviously that was inserted into the proceedings somewhat right. to pause, uh, the Wonder Woman story. It was but, so weird for right away, though, for how it came out with Just League Dark. Yeah. It was like, all right, let's start the story that's out. What, that's like, what turned me off to that. the book. It, it threw yeah. me off. Uh, we, 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 had, we had a lot of those, though. We had yeah. the same thing with Aquaman. Took took its little like pause to do the drowning so that they could uh, get, get yeah, ready for Yeah, it seemed like they were getting we, ready we, for we, new things. We've had a bunch of those in a row, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's all weird placeholder events yep. that uh, threw, the, threw things out of whack. So, But we, uh, we'll find out. I'm not saying Hecate, mate. Might figure into this, but I definitely think this is essentially uh, pretend the witching hour. You know, this essentially leaves off from where the witching hour started. You know, like we put we put a pin in that. Now back to the regular other kind story. Right. So uh, it's about this guy who uh, he's going to this uh, secret club. It's a uh, morning the, star. Yeah. The, the story star. is called the soup. Yeah. I mean, right away, right there, you should have known. Like, come on, dude. And of course, it is owned by uh, the Satan, the Lucifer, the the. What is his full name? Child of the Morning Star? Is he just well, the it, morning? It's weird, too, because the thing is, like, I always assume that the Lucifer that we had in the Sandman universe, the stuff that Neil Gaiman would write out and stuff like that, that was actually still the Lucifer of this world. But we even saw this Lucifer that is presented in this issue here in the Etrigan miniseries yeah. where he was locked up by the, right. the the usurper of hell. So this is the same characters. I'm guessing that, like, you know, the Lucifer from Sandman. As much as I wanted him to be a part of this, you know, universe, I guess he's not in this delusion well, we have. I, I don't, I don't know what kind of conversation they're having between the Salmon universe and the DC the editorial. Yeah, right. In the Salmon universe, that Lucifer is like out. He's uh, he's just sort of in a in a limbo world. So it, right. it would make sense for this story that he isn't in charge. He's 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 not in. He's actually not in just charge. Just him calling himself the first of the fall, and I'm like, all right, you're Lucifer. I got you. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good enough. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we pretty much get the idea. And Zatanna is there to convince him that, uh, things, things are getting bad. The other kind is coming. Uh, you better, better watch your back. He's like, I, you know, you know hell, think- hell has to team up with heaven, the silver city, because we have to have all hands on deck for this problem because all magic is threatened. And even that, it really does feel like the witching hour aspect of that all the magic is going to be destroyed yeah. because of like the idea that, you know, hell right now we find out when this, this one other kind shows up, the soup, as he's called, we find out that he's already ransacked through hell. Like possibly all the demons are dead already. And even Lucifer by the end of this little short story. I mean, you know, there's definitely, there, there is a, uh, connection, you know, that, that Hecate and also the other kind want to br- take magic back in a way. But f- to me, it's two separate things. The other kind want to take magic away right. from our plane, whereas like Hecate wanted to just have it and wield it, you know, and, and basically chain transport the whole power planet. back. Uh, so it's, it's, it's similar, but a little bit different. But like I say, she very well could be behind the whole thing. You might find out that it's Hecate is going to uh, peel off the mask, and it's really 
the Joker, one of the three Jokers. Would you like that? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like, like, I don't like, don't like that. that. No, no you like the way that ended. Okay, the fourth so anyway, Joker. So, uh, the other kind that shows up in this story is obviously called the soup. It's sort of like a uh, what the hell's his name? Kimo, right? But it's like a miniature version. Looks like, like Glob a, from over yeah. at uh, over in uh, Marvel as well. I it, think it, it looks like the off. mutagen man from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, I, I, looks I, like I love everything. the fact that like. When you look at his body, all the organs are there and the bones, but they're just all over they're the place. They're all over, like, willy-nilly. His jaw bone is just like <laughs> there's a spine all curled around. It's like, how does it even work? Uh, he even you know, like he he shows well. himself by bursting a woman's head in his hand just to show his power. And Satana's like, oh man, oh shit, we got to take care of business. And Lucifer's like, no, no, you go away, little girl. I got this. I'm Lucifer. Uh, it ain't no thing, but it is a thing. Instead, the soup creates a massive uh, soup deluge, I guess. Plasm, and, uh, it's deluge. like the shining when the elevator doors yeah, open. Yeah, that's what it looks it like. Actually, yeah, but that, like acid or, or, you know, just disgusting stuff. Some side of goop, uh, and that, that was it, that uh, Lucifer is taken care of, apparently, at least. Nolan. And in my mind, all of hell as well, which is, it, it's a that's gigantic deal like right there. Hell first, I know, so... So I'm telling you, all the all the, the rest of these other kind that we see in these stories, they ain't shit compared to the soup because you know no. all the like the the conjoined us is he scares a vampire. That's about it. Freaking the soup destroyed hell. You're right. Yeah, and, and to me, this is a huge opening move. Like this is taking a big repository of magic and whatever that kind of stuff, death, off the table for any kind of future thing. So that's why I think he's like did hell first when he uh, finishes off. So he got it, no Calvary, Lucifer. Exactly. I mean, think about all the people in there. Etrigan and uh, God. Well, Etrigan was up in the Silver City, so I'm guessing he's uh, okay. He's still going to come out. Anyway, there's there's a whole lot of demons they could have called upon that I think now will be waylaid because uh, of this. And that ends that one story. And uh, there's there's Man Bat sipping his brandy and just like what a what a story that was. Then we go over to the next one. This one's called the Conjoined. And here this is Andrew Gross. Bennett, I Vampire is. Uh, Doing, doing his thing. He's looking to get his blood on. He's going to uh, go after that Mary Queen of Blood. He found his way to the cemetery here looking for, you know, more vampires to slay, but he found the other kind instead. Yep, and then it got creepy. I mean, that, this is where we see Swamp Thing and uh, Bobo the Chimp show up to tell Andrew Bennett, like, dude, things are uh, bad. Look out. Look, watch out who you're biting. Things are scary. And this tells me that, like, I mean, I, I don't really understand. So this this would happen that this implies that Swamp Thing situation is taken care of by now. You know, so whatever that situation was with the Doctor Fate, right, is good, right? That's I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing is with this, this being reports that you know that, Man Bat is think. reading. This is happening in the past, and I don't even know because even the idea where Andrew Bennett goes down wondering what this this power is that he feels before he's scared like a little bitch to run out, but he sees it conjoined. The whole idea though, this is a report that Man Bat is reading that it's already happened. What happened to Swamp Thing and Bobo? I mean, you know, I. When did this, I guess that's the question is, did this happen before, uh, most recent events or did this happen more, re- more recently after, you know, Dr. Fate snatched up, uh, Phantom Stranger and, uh, Swamp Thing? And did he grab Constantine too? I can't remember. I think he just I'm, grabbed Constantine and Phantom Stranger. I think Swamp Thing was left okay. Oh, okay. Then, then I had maybe added backwards. So that, that's, that's not that crazy a thing that Swamp Thing could be. Cause we don't see, for example, Constantine in this issue. I think that was. Right. A little bit telling, possibly, that maybe he is not okay or something like that. Anyway, Andrew Bennett goes into the uh, mausoleum. There is a freaky, like, multi-conjoined... Uh, it's gross. 
multiples, you know what I mean? It seems like everybody that's gone down there has now duplicated, become a gross writhing mass. So spooky. It's like, it's like for some reason, it seems like, you know, we have Bobo and Swamp Thing. If they would have gone down before Andrew Bennett, he just would have slapped them together. There you go. Now you're conjoined too, baby. Now that would have been a, quite a buddy movie, wouldn't it, right there, right? Bobo and Swamp Thing. The they Swamp gotta get, Thing with two heads. They got to get along? What? Hello? That's like the jokes <laughs> would just come pouring out of there. Uh, Andrew Bennett flees, which I think was pretty also telling like that. You're scared of a vampire who like makes this whole thing on being spooky. And I got to say, like, even though I'm not generally afraid of things like conjoined twins, or I know you are. Why Eric, not? You, uh, this is pretty freaky. This is a Don't pretty freaky fucking eyes? thing. Uh, no, nah, but you know, I'm, I'm all right with that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, the last one is probably my favorite. like amputees. Anything with the less or more, I'm not a fan of. You don't like a scarred person. I, to, to me, it, may, it makes no. me think they look pretty rugged. You know what I mean? I like that. You know what I mean? I like someone with a messed up kind of somebody looks like they uh, lost an eye or oh, somebody that, that had a patch of skin. Maybe if they had to have a skin graft oh. to cover half their face, I like that. Uh, it kind of tells a story. You don't think that's, that's what that that's is? a story I don't want to hear. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in our last story, The Offspring, this is probably my favorite one. I think this was probably the the creepiest in a way. And of course, oh, these yeah, are definitely. just my favorite characters. This, uh, the creature commandos and the agents of shade. This whole milieu is just right in my wheelhouse and I got very excited to see them. There's a submarine that is trapped in the ice in the Antarctic and, uh, Frankenstein and the agents of shade have been sent to go check it out because, uh, obviously the government knows there's some spooky, ooky stuff going on in there. And uh, that's what that's spooky what spooky. the Adams family's down there now. Ooh, they were just like, you know, that came lurch. Anyway, uh, so they they go down there and they they find the uh, the freaky guy is like, uh, uh, there's like these leeches. I don't know what to call them. The Mon- little pygmy zombies. Little monster zombie killers that like have eaten into people's bodies and what, what it really seems out. like to me are they're like little tiny upside down men and this is the way they procreate by freaking almost like a hey like a chest burster from the, the alien series where they they just fill up your body and then they hatch out and they find a new body to go into there's definitely a few this also sort of reminded me of um geez i can't remember it's uh it's not chud am i thinking of trolls no, there's there's some baby version of a monster that these things reminded me of, but it is kind of like a few things they like they live gremlins. Um, no, not they live. No, it couldn't have been. They it's live. alive. It's what I was thinking of, but uh, munchies. It could have been. I could have even. No, it, it, I don't think it was ghoulies. I was just thinking that, but uh, they they do look like little chuds. They look like a few different things. Home you know, alone. Home there alone. Probably home alone. Yeah, they look like little Macaulay. A bunch cult. of little Marvin Harrys running around. <laughs> Meatballs three. Is, is uh, that what you were thinking of, Meatballs Three? Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman with the angel. Up. I mean, I mean, right, right here is an example of what you're Jim's an angel. About. Like, Wonder you. Woman. Wonder Woman shows up basically just to be like, "Hey, shit's real dangerous here," and then goes away. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't really it's, do anything. It's funny because I swear to that it seems like the agents of Shade are like, "Yo, they." This was their report, and because you know, Just League Dark is a Just League sponsored kind of offshoot, and they're dealing with all the magical stuff. It's like. They kind of force themselves into every situation, even whether it's their case or not. Like, this is the Agents of Shade stuff going on as far as – and Wonder Woman has to show up. Yep, just League Dark here. Now you can proceed with whatever you want to do. This is Get like the, X, the 
X Files is on a case, then the fucking ghost hunters show up from from fucking paranormal activity. You know, they're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna put down some fucking night cameras, bro, and we're gonna get some dubs and ghosts and shit. And then uh, Mulder's like, well, you know, this is sort of a, uh, you know, this is a case we're doing. Oh, no problem, bro. We're going to turn on the spirit box and get totally aggro with the demons, bro. And uh, it can be annoying. I can understand that. But they take it very professionally. Frankenstein actually absorbs, allows all of the uh, monsters to feast on his brain and body. And that's the worst uh, thing is, I actually thought it was a good idea with him letting all the little monsters, like, come at him so Wonder Woman could get away, until you turn the page and you see what they're doing to him. It is horrifying how they burrowed him through... Oh my god, it's so gross. <laughs> and his muscle, I love it. And it was, it really made me uh, happy to see, so... Be gone, milady. <laughs> He's gone, but of course we can remake, uh, and, and they, they blow up the nuclear submarine to destroy everything in there. Is, is the, I just want to know uh, how his head survived. Huh? I want to know how his head survived. He set off the nuclear freaking submarine here and a nuclear explosion. I'm like, how did the head survive for them to be able to reattach to something later on? I think in the Creature Commandos, they showed that they could rebuild him from like nothing. They just had to get other material. He's a low post. Uh, so basically, like, the, but they don't even need that. But I, I don't know what the current status is. We'll, we'll hopefully, hopefully, we'll find out because I really would like to see more of those the characters in here. Uh, and then in the very end, it is the Rip or Et Pier. It's is, the Rip. It's, it's the, the Rip. None of this backwards story. bullshit. Uh, it's about Zatanna and uh, Sargon. Zatara. Or, oh, sorry, that's right, Zatara, Zatanna's daddy. Uh, and Sargon the Sorcerer, they're in, I guess, the land of evil magic. I, like, and, how long uh, have they been surviving what seems to be the other kind's dimension? I'm telling you, Zatar's been gone for a long time, and, like, the old thing was, like, you know, he was in hell and stuff like that. Now it seems to be the other kind's world, the upside-down world, whatever you want to call it, but... Like, yeah. There's some crazy shit going on here. Like, how long has it been? I, I mean, I'm hoping there's a time differential where, you know, after years happen in our world, seconds happen in that world, because shit's gone bad. No, I think I think it's just been nonstop shitty life, just constantly just running and ducking from tendrils plunging at you constantly for decades. Sargon, dude, that's what like I think it's a bad happening. shape. You know, it's 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 a bad time, but look, they stay. They look pretty young. Uh, so in order to get rid of that, uh, he tells Sargon, "Take off your ruby. Let me chuck that thing at him." And Sargon's like, "All right, well, I'm done now." He turns into sand, chucks it at the rip. And uh, th- that's when we go back to the regular world. Manbat is like, wait a second, this isn't. I don't even know what the hell story this is. Why is this here? What the hell's going on? Why is there ruby on my desk? Everything's spooky. And then behind him is the upside down man, just sort of regarding I, him. Like, I, I, I the thing is, you say he's regarding. For some reason, I look at this whole thing and I think he's looking at me and telling me to shh. Like I'm not you, supposed to tell Manbat. You could take it that way. He's like that. Or maybe he's kissing his finger like, mm, I'm going to take care of the man bot, yes, you know, doing a little bit of Colonel Clink like that. But uh, <laughs> And then man, man bad leaves, and it's like the upside down man is in your fucking study, son. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're you done already. Other kind is, is here. Such They're a weird thing, though, where Manbat walks out and doesn't understand. He has the ruby of life now that Zatara threw out of the rip into, like, you know, where he was at. Like, how is this ruby of life going to be the message to Zatanna of how to come through the other side of this okay? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see what happens. Uh, so in there, though, you basically got four stories for the price of one, folks. Um, and they're pretty decent. I actually really, didn't expect and, much out of it because of uh, the story. Like, I've heard people talk about it, before, like, before I read it tonight. But 
I actually had a way yeah. better time with it than I thought I would, even though I find it odd that the other kind is all over the place. Like you, you were telling me before, the idea of storytelling is the thing that's like allowing these things to come in the world. Even I even take it as the thing in Freddy Krueger, the mythology of that, where if people are afraid of him, he has the power to come out and right. keep going and stuff like that. So it's along those lines, but like, I just really had, like, I feel like I missed something because, you know, the upside down man was locked away last we saw, and that we weren't doing with that, dealing with it anymore. So now he's just out and about, and it bothers me. They locked him up in a right side up prison. That was the problem. Oops. Oh. You know, he just walked right out through the through the bars. It was it was like a cubicle. The, the, there was nothing on top. They didn't really think about it. Um, but obviously, as Jim revealed in the beginning, even though it's supposed to be a surprise, Jim, I love this book. This was really surprise. fucking Reggie. Top to top to bottom. Uh, I mean, I, I almost couldn't when I saw that it was becoming an EC thing, and that every story was titled, and they had the intros and the outros. Uh, I was just absolutely thrilled. I love, I love seeing a lot of these guys. I don't give a shit about Andrew Bennett personally. But do I. That's fine. I wasn't mad, mad to see him. Uh, don't really care about Zatara or Sargon either, but again, wasn't I mad do. to see them. I was really glad to see Agents of Shade, and I wouldn't mind seeing all Me of too. them if, if they are, exist. Uh, like a Sargon is dust and who knows, Andrew Bennett is uh, a scared okay. vampire. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them back. As far as new readers, maybe it's not accessible to new readers. Sorry. Like, they give yep. you a small little narration at the beginning of, what, like, you know, what Andrew Bennett's all about. But I don't know if new readers will be able to hold on to that. I'm like, all right, I get this. This is a vampire hunt vampire. I like yeah. this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but it seemed to be enough to get the one story over, at least that you understood what was happening. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I couldn't be happier with what I read. And I ended up giving this a 9 out of 10. Oh, nice. Uh, what about you, Eric? Why don't you tell us what you gave for the book? Oh, okay. Well, I gave this book a 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art in this whole thing. And the anthology uh, idea, the style, worked more for me than I actually thought it would going in. It's just like I said, I wish I knew more about the stories because, like I said, we left Bobo and Swamp Thing with the conjoined. I'm like, are those guys okay? Because we just kind of go away from that. And this is, like I said, a report that Man Bat's reading. Like, what happened with that? So, like, that whole idea where we move away from our heroes at that point it really kind of threw me off. But overall, I enjoyed this story. So, 7 out of 10. All right. All right. You, Jim? I'm not rating it. I, I, <laughs> no, bear, no, I, I don't care. I really don't care about this what book. About I'm not going to. 1 out of 10. There you go. Oh, I did. Good. I wasn't even. I was listening to you guys paging through and realized it's just not for me. I'm not going to rate it anymore. We'll, we'll get on. You guys can talk about it and people can, you know, yell at you guys or love whatever because I'm not involved. Uh, we're going to go on to the next book, which is what, Reggie? Oh, Suicide Squad number 50, written by Rob Williams, art by German Peralta, Bent, Brent Schoonover, and Will Conrad, and Gabe El Tayeb. It's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. Time to put the comics books in rhyme. You had your say, so I'll take my turn. This was a finale you did not earn. On the last issue, swing for the fence and don't dredge stuff done 40 issues hence. Rick Flagg sacrifice to make us cry, but I felt more when Cosmonaut died. And that's the truth, the whole series flakes. I never once felt like there were any stakes. Yes, and you got a lot of shade for this. Uh, but hey, that, that's what happens. You end up getting yelled at because what Rob Williams said is that you didn't like any of his issues, which is yep. complete and utter bullshit, uh, which I did to show him. You ended up reviewing 50 issues of this book. This book has yeah. become complete and utter Actually, garbage. I believe, I believe and it an annual and stuff. 52 yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a rebirth. And a rebirth yeah. issue. Yeah, and uh, that's, you know, you put your work in. Uh, uh-huh. But 
it's just not been good. And and it's 50-some issues. We're going to end up with this run that's one of the longest runs on this book. And I think sure. that this is what Rebirth is going to give us a lot of down the line, is you end up with these runs that are going to be looked at as definitive runs. Can you look at this as a definitive oh, run? I mean, really, if you sit there, think of all the stories, all the I great stories. I can't even remember half of the things that happened. No, you know? and, and that's <laughs> the problem is it wraps around to this finale where Red you way. go back to this with, you know, to it's just nonsense it, it really yeah. wasn't good it's not good now it wasn't good then and, and you have nothing you have nothing to, to even grab a hold of in this entire run that you would say oh well it had this or it developed this or did that the, you know what it did it made the brain bombs mean nothing it made the team with no stakes at all it, it was just bad there were and some it, good issues though yeah and we like some stories when you showed me the uh, roundup I looked at it and also Jeremy reminded me that all of us early on, we were much more conciliatory for what this yeah. book could be. It had a lot oh, of problems. Yeah. It had that Jim Lee thing where he, yeah, yeah. yeah he, forced, he couldn't forced do those anything. Backups, the backups. The first, yeah. You know, and then immediately got dragged into that justice league crossover. That really wasn't very good. And then there was something else right after that too. I can't even remember that, that uh, Rob Williams didn't write an issue or two for some reason. Uh, so it had a lot yeah. of problems early on and we were very, like this still could be good. This had a lot of concepts that we liked, but it just never did anything. I mean, it for for the most part, most of the characters never even really got fucking used. No, you know what I mean? Like, no, well, they we killed off Enchantress just because she was never used. Was, the ideal, the whole thing, she got sent to hell. Exactly, she got sent to hell. Oh no, the character that was never used throughout the series is dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. well. With that katana was kind of in the background. You had Croc that was always just upset at Enchant. You didn't do anything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, Deadshot. we said Deadshot to me is the, is one of the main. To me, Deadshot yeah. is like always, is almost always on the Suicide Squad. He didn't yeah. do anything. It hardly in the beginning there was a whole thing with his daughter. Other than that, I don't think I think he just showed up to shoot buttons. Yeah, yeah. Since then, just to shoot buttons that are far away. That's that, all. Yeah, and and then also you had the idea that it was trying to get this Amanda Waller deal, Amanda Waller and a family, but that always ended up you know going Being two steps worst. forward, one step back. Yeah. You you never got a full grip on it. You'd leave it. You'd come back. You'd do all these things, and Harley was just Harley. It really there was nothing, and, and then. then like, Let's have a relationship with Harley and Rick Flagg. Yeah, and then, and then let's, let's stop, stop that immediately that. and do nothing let's with it. Let's have Zod at the beginning, I mean, which was cool. I think they were cool. together for fucking half an issue. Yeah, you had Zod <laughs> at the beginning, which was cool that they had, but then he had to go. And it just this book I mean, never I mean, just, did just, anything. Just to show how fucked up it really is, in order to make this moment, you know, there's a big moment here or in this little arc where Rick Flagg has to decide whether or not to pop Amanda Waller's brain bomb. And that's supposed to be a big moment because the two of them are staring down each other. But in order to make that, to force that moment, they had to bring Rick Flagg back to the team. Yeah, he had yeah. left the team. So, so in in story, that situation taking care of itself. But just to force this finale, they essentially you know, force well, him back on the team. It's as, not as only a, that, but they introduced the bad guys of this this last final arc, final issues kind of stuff, where it's the guys that Rick Flagg thought he had gotten killed. Yeah, that he, yeah. Who are now, yeah. you know, freaking, you know, Tungusta virus, yeah, freaking monsters virus now. Guys. But the whole idea that, you know, they're torturing one of the freaking, uh, the, um, Annihilation Brigade in the yeah. past to find out where this whole thing is. It seems that they want to prove that the Suicide Squad is real, but I don't understand why they know the Suicide Squad is a thing yeah. or Rick Flagg's involved in it because after he supposedly got these guys killed, he went he was to freaking, in you know, Guantanamo prison. Bay. Yeah. He was in Guantanamo exactly. Bay and actually was put in there with pretty much throw away the key and not have anybody 
everybody know that when Amanda Waller went to him, the whole thing was nobody and knows I, anything of where you are. You're going to be stuck here forever. You I don't da, 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 know why now, they would even yeah. know that Amanda Waller was the one who actually put out the call to have them go and after this whole thing either. just because the last couple issues that was revealed just for this ending. And and here's the thing. We said again. Or how Rob they survived. Was, Rob Williams had a lot of problems with, you know, the, the art at the beginning. Jim Lee couldn't keep up yet. These backups. I also think that if he was somebody who would actually talk to us, not be a complete and utter jerk off, uh, he might even tell us as well that he was kind of stuck with this team. Maybe he didn't want this team. Maybe he right. did. You know, you have Harley. That you can't kill these people. So from the beginning till now, basically there were no stakes. So he has yeah. that. And then he made the brain bombs because you can't blow up their heads. You made them be tasers, which was nonsense. But by the end oh. of this, I also think that he may have been like thinking he was going to continue on. They're like, no, no, you're going to end. So you have to tie it up. So he's trying his best to tie it up by using almost like the way I like the jokes, the stand up routine where you go with the joke you told at the beginning, you kind of wrap around at the end. He is trying to wrap things up. Just we didn't care about this stuff when we well, first that was, saw it. That yeah. was fifty issues ago. I, I know. don't even remember it half the stuff land. he's talking about. And and yeah. please don't sit there and and throw shade at us about the idea. Well, well, it must be good. <laughs> it's fifty issues. It can't. That is actually this fifty issues of this Suicide Squad pretty much shows me what's wrong with DC Comics right now. That they just let this garbage go on. It wasn't selling great. It's not a good book. The, the most excitement that we got out of this series was when somebody leaked on Bleeding Cool that Azarello was going to take over the book. That was when all of a sudden there was excitement about it. I don't know. This I was, liked that shot in Batman. This was yeah. That was one that was story, one. and we liked the story uh, about that, the guy who got one. killed. That the yeah, guy, yeah, that a, regular a guy, guy who was like sacrificed that's not and like, 50, you know, 50 issues. He, he didn't even write that yeah, one. That you, was a yeah, issue yeah. But that was part of the series that was good. Other than that, th- there's been nothing. It just Red Wave? Please. Oh, we we like Cosmonaut. To me, Red Wave was the worst. Yeah. And it just kept going. Well, that's but the that's part of about the Tungusta virus we have here because it's so similar to what the, we got with the virus of the red wave being taken over your body. It's very similar to this. So that's why I even talked about last issue with you guys where I really think it's the red wave stuff. But no, it's the Tungusta virus. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I, it wasn't until now. Apparently, I don't remember that being a, a problem when they first met the Annihilation Brigade. But no. No. apparently, you know, they say that they cracked his containment suit and that's why it leaks out. But I'm like, why does a nuclear body turn into a Weird virus yeah, that man. turns. I, I like, I like, you know, twenty foot tall Amanda Waller, but why? <laughs> I don't why know. Why did that happen? Jaws in her like, stomach. You like that? That's your, yeah, your thing, that. is like, it? Spitting fire. Yeah. But I mean, like, why did that happen to it, the Marines? It, I don't. It looks, it looks like Colossus if he was in John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, he does. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. But really, I, I don't even want to talk that much about this. Uh, basically, everything wraps up, and and away we go. It, it, anything else you want to say about it, Reggie? Hello, hello, Reginald. I think. Um, <laughs> Cosmonet Dot. Were you, were you just sitting there? Thinking, that's how long it took you to even think about what that you. Was too bad. Cosmonaut. Cosmonaut at the beginning, we liked him at the beginning, and even he became too overused in well, the series. He's still doing the same yeah. thing he did in the beginning. Yep, same he's thing. Peanut. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and the art in this issue is okay. I uh, like it. Yeah, it's okay. I just this whole thing. And it wasn't very good. I yeah. think you gave six point six for the so entire far. series. I think that that was well, a very good thing. Uh, what'd you give this, Reggie? Uh, I gave this one a three out of ten. I was very disappointed. I felt like it was a pretty slappy, shoddy 
uh, finale. A lot of the things were not warranted, and uh, yeah, it was just too bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't want to talk about that. Well, luckily, we don't have to. It's canceled. It's done. And yeah, that's when you start trash talking. You know, when the, your book's canceled. That, that's smart. Uh, but <laughs> also, what the deal is, I'm telling you right now, whether or not you know he would appreciate it or not, I don't want to ever talk about one of this guy's books ever again. You know, just the, just the stupidity of him getting on and yelling at you because you, t- the nerve of you. <laughs> To review all of his issues and actually tell what you mean. Sorry you didn't give out 10 out of 10s like they were goddamn Skittles, <laughs> you jerk. I just, it, it really upset me. And it, it was, it, it was more than it was you. You got caught in a crossfire. And I sat there and I thought, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look up Reggie's score because I know that it's not that bad. It has become bad because this book has become bad. And we did like the Batman crossover deal that we had. So there was a little blip up there. But other than that, why why do you think that you would like this book? Why do you think you would give this a 10 out of 10? Even Does he think this is a perfect comic himself? Go to hell. Go to hell. And, you know, go, and, go and write your own damn things, please. DC, just get rid of him. I, I don't want to deal with this guy ever again. And it was a guy that we liked up until yeah. the series and up until that tweet. I really liked him. I actually suggested a book of his to you to read that you read and really enjoyed, That's The Royals. Right. And I'll still say that you should read that. But Eric liked his Martian Manhunter, DC sure Wild I hell. liked it too, yeah. You that was go, good. Go, go. The ending, I remember, was a little bit Pound great, Sand. But- uh, just we're, we're just guys who talk about comics. Please hey, get off your high horse and and just write your comics and don't worry about us then. So go to hell. What did you give it, uh, Eric? What'd you give it? I'm gonna ask you first. I'm oh, giving okay. it a fuck you five. How about that? Fuck you there five. Is. There you go. What are you giving it? I'm giving it a five point five out of ten because while I thought this ending was a bit forced with the background of you know the uh, the the other soldiers under Rick Flag's command, it doesn't really pan out in the end. And the thing is, it's I like Deadshot in this story. It doesn't have a lot to do. Just the whole idea of well, fuck this, I'm out because it just it makes me laugh about Walton, just his whole characteristic kind of thing. I thought he was done really well here. It's just for some reason, this whole thing with Katana and her soul taker sword acting so completely oh, yeah. out of care. Their souls coming out of it. They're getting sucked. To the thing. They're going to get taken over. Like all of a sudden, the, the, the Tungusta virus wants to consume souls. I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck this thing is. But I usually like to give a little bit leeway on the you know final issue because usually it does have to wrap up a lot of stuff. So I am giving it a 5.5 out of 10 for what we got here. All right. Well, there we go. I was there worried about go. that Wawa they opened inside the soul taker sword. You know, there's way whole development. <laughs> I'm not worried. About about that, I think they have the gobblers year round, and that one. Uh, <laughs> Don't get the brisket sandwich. I got that Friday. It's so dis- I couldn't even see the brisket between the bun. Really, you got that? You got a brisket sandwich? I was gonna I get. I awful. saw the sign with the chicken parm uh, one, and I was gonna get that. But hey, there you go. I'm going in the soul taker sword, and here we go. We uh, luckily we still have some Suicide Squad action to talk about when we get that black, black files. <laughs> oh my! Uh, but we're gonna go off now to some mail a mail by reggie i believe and then we'll be back with what uh book are you and chris talking about it is the house of whispers number five yeah nice yeah so we'll be doing that also with the orlando zone in that as well so we'll go off to reggie's mail and then come back with some more books yo it's mail call
right, we're back with mail and more Rege. Rege has a mail this week, and he says, Why? Dearest Jim and Eric, some time ago I said there's a reason most comic book writers never do get to publish that great novel. It's because they are mm. hacks. I oh. think I was unclear over in explaining how truly creatively and morally bereft this insipid creatures are. Allow me to elucidate, Eric. Some comic book writers, not all, but some are submoronic dilettantes that need to elevate the importance of their medium and the intensive labor involved in order to keep hitching their wagons to the far more talented people drawing the pictures for these little prepubescent fantasies. Weaned solely on the works of cretinous comic writers that came before them. Oh, here he goes. Some of today's crop of cape scribes are reliving their parents' divorces or having been threatened by some bully or the awkward discovery of their sexuality and farting out as an argument between psycho pirate and rip hunter a topic over racial ghouls butthole or something we pay for the privilege of allowing some mentally stunted idiot to pass freudian slips on carefully rendered four color pages and worst of all they have the nerve to call them youngian Youngian, Eric, consider Jungian? this. Youngian, consider this. Comic book writers, Jungayan, I think he wrote. <laughs> consider this. Comic book writers are a breed so socially inept and useless they had to create an industry to support their own ineptitude. Let that sink in for a moment there. Buddy boy, if they weren't writing comic books, some of their ilk would be peddling drugs to school children in the best case scenario. This is why people hate us. Because, let's be clear about it, this is a bunch of people that clearly hate children and people in general. Their own childhoods were fraught with anxiety. And now they want to create paranoid boxes so abhorrent and scary to even the savviest of grade schoolers. They develop obsessive compulsive disorders just reading them. And there are people that call Call of Duty 10 hours a day. Plate call it. What are we talking about? My kids now? They're down. They're still playing. That's what they're back on. It's now Black Ops 2 or whatever it is now that they're on. The Fortnite has been ditched, and Logan just sits there and talks trash to everybody. Just trash. You should hear this trash. (laughs) They consider superhero comics too violent and corny. They are, of course, 100% right. The very idea of superpowered beings flying through the air to fight another superpowered being is so laughably meaningless that justifying the existence of comic books is like claiming claw or cockfighting as a proper sport. Oh, my. Mm. And this is from where some comic book writers have gotten their sense of morality. From other high school creative writing award recipients and emotionally retarded alcoholic recluses. And uh, I I actually... I actually think that uh, on an aside of what Reggie's saying, that's actually why I think that it's like almost like how they say a comic going, you know, a non-dirty comic uh, that's tough. And, you know, you, you uh, that's what, some all ages books. I think that a comedian? that's kind of the deal. Yeah. A comedian who goes blue. That's the lazy man's comedy, Eric. And that's how I think some of these books, they end up making them overly dark or in your face with this nonsense. And because it's the easy way out. That's cheap thrills. That's cheap emotions. So I like all ages comics a lot of times, Eric. That's why some of my favorite characters and stuff are, you know, not the shocking, you know, over the top, you know, crazy. It's this just is why the children. Some, yeah. This is why some writers are so publicly appreciative of their art team's efforts. If they didn't keep polishing their knobs, they might figure out that they could make more money illustrating for practically any other industry, and they wouldn't be expected to work around the clock either. No writer would ever challenge the fact that artists make far more than they. The work simply takes longer and uses more supplies, for instance. But when you consider the odorous clap track, these poor souls are made to draw. One has to wonder if they're not experiencing some Endless. kind of Stockholm syndrome and 
have been brainwashed by comics cult-like atmosphere. Atmosphere! <laughs> just yell stuff. I, I don't know what we're talking about So anymore. when you argue with some of these mongoloids on the internet, <laughs> now know that you are conversing with the dregs of humanity. I, I argue with Reggie sometimes, so what is that? I, you know, both of us. People who have sexual proclivities so disgusting and offensive, you wouldn't even say them during your podcast. I People like have to wear protective helmets in public. I'm a catcher and a pitcher. People who don't leave the house for weeks because they've forgotten how to operate a doorknob. I wish that was me. In short. Oh, now he's talking about me. In short, Eric, see? I turned it around to make it a joke about me. There you go. Eric. That's 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 not the lazy man's comedy. People have read too many comics. They are in less of a position to demean either of you than Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn never demeans us. He gets upset. And basically, if I said that to him, he would basically say, I wouldn't do that because Eric's the one that's demean. Right? I am very demean. <laughs> Why is he so demean to me? He has, he has he his, him so he much. has his uh his uh job interview on Tuesday. Well now I'm I'm all confused because we were trying to confuse him and then it confused me. But I think it's Tuesday, Tuesday at right? 145. Tuesday at 145. At times it was Monday at 445, 245. He ain't getting that job. There's no way well, the he's getting that was job. On Thursday, I was convincing it's him to, it was tomorrow at 245. Yeah. No, it's tomorrow at 145, because for some reason he thought it was Monday on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, I know. And then you got mad at me because you thought you were so clever. Problem is, he ain't driving. His mom knows when the appointment is. So when he calls her up and like, Does she? where are you? Yeah. Yeah, she's the one who's driving him. I, I've not met his mother, but she drives. She has a job. I mean, I think that but she's- But he had to relay the information to her. No, no. She already called him. She was the one who called him to tell him that there was the interview. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. that's he told me that eventually. Eventually, I got- down to the the bottom of the story there that it was that his mom called and said hey listen your dad said that the interview there you think hey, you're just going to make up some kind of like office backdrop yeah, for the house yeah, i and think pull so <laughs> it's just going to be they're going to drive around the block three times then pull in into the garage where they're going to set up a desk and have a mask and, <laughs> and, and in my mind Turn, it's a richard nixon so to see you here. mask oh what are you doing here i like the jobs you're hired. And then he just ends up going. That's every time he goes over there for the weekends, which is like a visitation. It's very it odd, his life. Very, very odd. But I think, now listen to this. Do you think that possibly his parents are trying to finagle him into this new job because then they can make up the lie that he has to then again give him his paycheck because he has recently taken his paycheck from them. They used to get the paycheck. They cash it, it, give the money. Yeah, but I don't, I bet you that they'll tell him that they do not have, you know, direct deposit and things like that. And then one of the stipulations will be if you get the job, you know, it's through us. I I bet you, I bet it's a way to to screw him. If they do that, I'm sure the job will tell him, though. They won't lie to him for their parents' sake. No, that's the thing. That Well, how would they tell him? He would never ask. They would just hand him a check. They'd say that we need the check. Or they would just give the check to them. He'd never ask. He doesn't ask at our work. They just, that's how well, it was. Well, that's the case. This place is never going to hire him. Well, I'm telling you, he, he wouldn't know any different. They would just say, oh, I have your check. They give it to me. We all get paid. You know, hey, Brian, you don't understand that I'm your father and I end up getting everybody's check. And there you go. I think it's. Who is I this think Brian you talk about? I you want to talk about, about Wrong Turn. Yeah, yeah. Love Reggie. 
There you go. Love Reggie. But yeah, he he's not getting that job. There's no way he's getting this job, but we'll see. For more we than a week. See. Yeah, we'll see. I, I said the over-unders three days, and I think yep. that's rock solid. He'll be back on Wednesday uh, of the first week that he would work there. So, But that's it. That's it for that mail, Eric. That is it. We're going to go off to some books, including The Orlando Zone, Eric. Ooh. Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have a shh, whispery title for you. It's uh, <laughs> House of Whispers number five by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters, Dominique Domo Stanton and Aneke, and John Rauch on colors. So uh, if you remember the way we left off last issue, Shakpana has made it into Habibi and Lumi's house, uh, where I think they were getting ready for school, and he's menacing them something fierce. Remember, he took over that guy's body on the street yeah. without asking him. Uh, Shakpana wants that book back. Uh, that's the one that's spreading Kotard's delusion everywhere, making everyone think they're dead. Uh, he has more efficient uses for it, I guess. I don't know. He's going to spread extra pestilence. When the sure. girls when the girls are near <laughs> Shakpana... Or the guy Shakpan is possessing. You can see they get a little bit sick, right, Chris? Uh, the yeah. Black veins kind of grow along their extremities and their faces get a little sallow. So mm-hmm. it's like just being around him makes you a little bit uh, sick. But uh, I think once he touches you, you're done is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Habibi distracts Shakpana by squirting glass cleaner in his face. Uh, they grab the book, take off, though Lumi notes that her dad is still in the shower. Habibi says this thing doesn't want dad and they hot foot it out of there. And outside, the sisters talk about who they're going to call. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Are they going to call Ghostbusters? Well, if they're available, maybe. Uh, frankly, they could probably use them in this situation. You know, no job too big, no job too small. Right? <laughs> you know, no, no Loa. <laughs> no newer, no Loa too big to... Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... But Habibi has figured out that this creepy guy trying to grab the book is connected with whatever made her older sister, Latoya, come down with Kotar's delusion. She's a smart little girl. Yes. Now, speaking of LaToya, she's walking into the apartment now. Uh, she's talking on her cell phone with her father, explaining that she doesn't know where her younger sisters currently are. Got Miss Turtle there with Toya, looking to see uh, her girlfriend, Maggie. And uh, when they get inside the apartment, Maggie is there, and she is pissed off. She knows that LaToya has been passing along Cotard's delusion. Remember, she was touching people and all that stuff. Uh, they take a look at the nightly news, and it's uh, it's caused a little bit of problem out there. Uh, problem problem being, people think they're dead, and uh, when they're not, has caused some to actually commit suicide to rectify those feelings. Uh, folks are also behaving more recklessly, assuming that, really, there's no point anymore. Uh, some are uh, actually carrying out bloody vendettas in the wake of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worse yet, each person with Cotard's delusion passes it on by touch. So, you gotta figure that problem is growing exponentially as, as they touch more and more people, and they touch more and more people, and they touch more there and more people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you tell two friends, and you tell two friends. Uh, now, Maggie blames Latoya, but Miss Turtle explains that Chuck Pana is the one to blame. It's his plague book that fell out of the dreaming, or, or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, she's the one 
touching people, right? She's the one saying she's got to take a little bit of responsibility. This? That's her. That's the whole thing, yeah. right? But uh, just then, Habibi and Lumi come rushing into the apartment, all excited. They explain what happened as best they can, and then just as suddenly, their father just shows up behind them, naked, wearing only a towel. He grabs the book from Lumi without asking, and that's when it's revealed revealed that Shakpana possessed their father without even asking him. Which also is also without even asking. Something. Yeah, he's a very rude fella. Uh, in the dreaming, uh, we switch over there. Just Madame Dantor and Uncle Monday hanging out, and Dantor regrets sending Shakpana up above. Uh, she knows he's up to no good. Uh, regarding all the wayward souls gathering around that rift, Uncle Monday surmises things must be getting really bad up there. Though they're probably heralding something even worse that will come through the rift. So, thank you for that exposition, Uncle Monday. Uh, we know <laughs> to expect something now. Madam <laughs> Madam Dantor looks for other members of the Dreaming to help them out. She finds a scene where, and is this a fairy tale? I don't know, Chris. It's some fat monk playing cards with puss in boots. Am I right? I don't know. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's I don't know if like, that has I, any kind of uh, like, relevance. Yeah, it's even, it's even like the Disney puss, puss in boots too. Like you know, he's got like little <laughs> boots and a swashbuckle yep. and everything. Um, these the, the these members of the Dreamings don't trust her. They think she's the cause of the Dreamings' problems, and they actually mention the whole Judge Gallows thing that's going on in. The comic book, The Dreaming. So there's yeah. there's the connection there, and that's it explains why they might be paranoid because things are going crazy in the dreaming in people, right now. Yeah. yeah. So they they figure the new the new people brought it. Uh, Puss in Boots draws his sword on Dantor, and she leaves. But another personality is struggling to emerge. I mean, another as Ruli, maybe I don't know. I don't even know what that means, right? Chris, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I remember Shakpata saying that she she was full of as Rulis, but I thought a lot as Rulis. I thought as Ruli was a name. I don't. I don't. What do I know about anything? I feel. I really feel <laughs> like I'm at such a deficit with this book. Uh, For sure. As Dantor stumbles around, an old man with one arm as a goose's wing finds her, and uh, he knows who she is—a shapeshifter who probably brought that trouble to the realm, just like the other Puss in Boots thought. But Dantor knows who he is as well. Yeah, she tells his story uh, that he was one of uh, six princes that were turned into geese by a wicked stepmother. Uh, their sister set about weaving six shirts that would restore the princes back to humanity before some coronation thingy or, or whatever. Something like uh, Yeah, the point of it is uh, the last one shirt went unfinished, and so he still has one goose wing. Uh, and in telling the story, Azruli Dantor changes once again to yet another Azruli. This time she is Azruli Red Eye. Uh, this is a taller, sterner-looking woman with an ornate crown and, uh, as you might imagine, red eyes. Good name, good name. Yeah, yeah, it says right what it is on the tin. Uh, Now, Uncle Monday says he'll go through Lucien's library and get a book that will tell them how to get out of the dreaming. All right. So, uh, Shaq Parna, back in, you know, third dimension, his soul within the girl's towel-wearing dad chases them around the uh, apartment. Miss Turtle steps in between them, and she gets touched by uh, Shakpana. This makes her human skin start shedding and causes a big explosion. Out on the street, Madame Azruli's Napoleon costume-wearing husband, who actually is a ghost that's possessed a willing uh, adherent. Participant, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's out there looking for clues, and seeing the set for a zombie movie, somehow he surmises that Shakpana is at the bottom of this. That's like a very Batman 66 thing, right? Like <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I, I see a zombie movie. Therefore that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> and, but he can also smell Shakpana too. It seems that sort of is another clue. Uh, Napoleon guy does some massive leaps to find Shakpana. He just kind of jumps <laughs> like, like 20 feet in the air. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on his way, a gigantic turtle soars overhead in the other direction. 
and a naked man runs along chasing it. This is Shakpane in the girl's dad's body. So uh, Napoleon Husband thinks that's a pretty unique thing to see, and I, I agree. For sure. Uh, the giant turtle is Miss Turtle, now free of her human form, and she's got Latoya, Maggie, Habibi, and Lumi in her mouth. She uh, flies through the air, getting bigger and bigger, splashing into the water, which causes a great wake. Shakpana runs right to the edge of the dock, cursing Miss Turtle all the way. And that's when Napoleon Man gets a clue as to what's happening here, uh, which was good for him, I guess. Because uh, I don't know, but that's cool. Uh, he heads over to Shakpana to talk to him and to keep this giant wave caused by Miss Turtle crashing on shore. Which wasn't clear at first, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. I think that's what it was, yeah. Uh, but Shakpana is able to touch Napoleon and send his soul to the Dreaming. Or rather, really send the soul of the person willingly possessed by Napoleon, dude. Mm. So now he's the only soul in the body, and now he can't leave that body or it will be dead, I guess is the idea. Shakpana uh, mm. <laughs> leaves in ghost form while the wave crashes down on that Napoleon fella. He somehow takes the brunt of it, and uh, he's okay. Just wet, a little bit dazed, a little bit stunned and surprised, and he's suddenly drawn into the rift that literally and hilariously turns his body into a corkscrew spiral. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. He's like a like a sentient pasta. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> now, meanwhile, Shakpana is causing trouble all around the world. In Nigeria, San Paulo, San Fernando, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, there's a great pestilence claiming many victims uh, who fall into the streets. It's uh, just that old Shakpana magic. Yeah, right? hey, all right. <laughs> now, in the dreaming, the gathered souls begin humming, as if they weren't creepy enough already. Now they're humming. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Monday says, uh, wait a minute, he says he'll go to Lucian's library and get the, <laughs> get the dreaming for dummies book that he mentioned earlier, right? Yeah, well, uh, hop to it, buddy. I, uh, what are you waiting for? <laughs> library closes at five. You know, you better. Have... Really, guys, I'm going to go get it. You know, I'm going to go get it, it. it. Dude, I'm going. <laughs> it's like, Hello. <laughs> Uh, so now off the coast of Louisiana, Miss Turtle swims underwater until she comes to an archipelago where she she beaches and takes her place as an island. That's what she mentioned she was. I think that was last issue, right? She said she was an so. island, so here yeah. she is an island. Uh, she's also a giant scary turtle with huge pointy fangs, but she's still cool. Don't worry, she's, mm. she's, uh, she's cool with these guys. Miss Turtle explains that she failed the mission uh, that Madame Ezruli uh, or Dantor or Red Eye, whatever you like, <laughs> sent her on. Uh, and they're like, Madam Who now? What are you, what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Habibi produces some pages from the Shakpana book of Dreamed Up Diseases, says she tore them out because she knew the book was bad. And then through the rift and into the dreaming falls Napoleon husband. And the caption says Lord Shakpana is, is there too, but we don't see him. Yeah, they didn't feel like drawing him in. There it is. Or they they just they they forgot that he was also. <laughs> it's like whoops. It was like whoa. It's like I'm right behind him. You know. Uh, yeah. So that was a lot of stuff, huh, Chris? A lot of really cool stuff. A lot but, of uh, things in this book. Yeah, a lot cool of cool things, things. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what the hell is going on. No. It's, no, it's a bit of a mess. It feels so steeped in this lore and legend, and and this is where I think finally where I can say you can't read this uh, without knowing you, you won't get a you won't get the proper appreciation you for know, it without knowing the Israeli lore from mythology or whatever it is i mean i don't know that you will if you do know it but <laughs> i know that true. you won't if you true. don't you know what i mean like because i'm at a point i'm like what in the hell is that you know yeah okay as changes forms and uh, what does that mean like that's that's my thing like and every time the stakes lower 
That's what you know. What you're very right about that. Like, yeah, there's less there's less happening in the dreaming now than there was two issues ago or last issue. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. almost like they they seem fine. I don't see what the problem is here. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, hanging out. What, are, what are they? What are they? What are they? You know, just just chill out. What are you worried about? Uh, yeah, the stakes really do have gotten lower and lower, and like the meaning of things have become less and less. Um, like I I, I like the idea of a hopping napoleon i love that sure i love a giant flying turtle mm-hmm. uh i even like you know the possessing people right out of the shower and making them run around in towels but those are just <laughs> like scenes cool scenes that i like in a book that i couldn't tell you why they're connected or what they have to do with each other at all yeah. uh so you know I, I to me best case scenario would be if this I mean, I you know I, I've been wrong before, but I, this series would end next. Not not because it's it's bad, but hopefully they could just put a bow on it. And here's a full story. And then if you want to read it, do a little wiki read. Right? Yeah, on, you, uh, you, you'll need yeah you'll need a you'll need a uh, a, a sidearm <laughs> to get through this. You're right. It might it might be it might be good going in with knowledge of that. You know what I mean? I I just don't know. I we don't know anything because like this is really red eye. If we had any context for what this is in right. the mythology, it might have been like, oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, but. Now like, it's just like okay, she changed again. Like, and, yeah, and, and it, she'll it, change to something. It's like we'll have this big problem come, and then oh well, there just happens to be an Ezruli for that, you know, and and then she'll fix it. <laughs> who does nothing? Though. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? If, yeah, if, if Ezruli red eye, if we knew she shot lasers out of her red eyes, I'd be like, oh, awesome! I can't wait to see her shoot lasers <laughs> out of her. You know, but for all I know, she she got like a little bit taller. And she, yeah. got, and she got red eyes, and her clothes changed, and that seems to be all that happens. She gets she's a little meaner too. It's like. That's yeah, she's it. a little bit more stern. That's yeah. all, really. She's a little, little, little crueler. So, uh, you know, it's I, I, I can't come out of this book fit saying that I hated it, but this is definitely, I tell you, if we weren't reviewing it, I definitely would be done with this book uh, oh, by, yeah. by now, if not the issue before. Um, yeah, it's it's got to it's gotta have a real strong finish for me mm-hmm. not to tank this uh, score later. But for this issue, I gave it a 6 out of 10 because it was functionally there. It's just confusing. It is, yeah. It's quite confusing. It's uh, I think I've been using this uh, criticism for a lot of the Sandman universe books, but they just feel like a collection of vignettes that we don't know where they're attached or if they're attached. Yeah. It's just a lot of cool imagery, a lot of cool uh, little little nudges, but uh, heads or tails, I, I haven't the foggiest idea. What we're, what we're, I don't know what the stakes are, if they're even, if they're even something that's going to be fixed or even needs to be fixed, or if this is just the evolution of what the story is going to become. I. I just don't know. I think six is a very fair score for this because it is, it isn't something I hate, but it is below average. I yeah, think. yeah. You know, probably on a meaner day, I could probably go down another half point. But sure, six, six will do. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, sometimes I say like, eh, you know, if you're reading along, you want to stay on. I don't think that's true necessarily, but. Uh, <laughs> it's know? like yeah, you would. There's so little, so there's so little cohesion where it's like. You could get as much out of this picking it up blind almost. I think so, yeah. I think you could just grab an issue cool off the stuff. shelf. You yeah. Know? I'll tell you, if you if if you wanted to see a uh flying turtle, this is the one to get. That's, this is the this book is your for issue. you. So yeah. 
If you only um, read one Flying Turtle comic this month, <laughs> make it this one. Make sure it's this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's really all we got for that. Next week we got a book coming up, though, huh, Chris? We do. It is Lucifer number four, or maybe we can call it Lucifer. Mm, that's what I want to call it. Right. Sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of vignettes strung together, we got a uh, Lucifer oh, coming out. So we'll be talking about that next week. But I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, coming else for him? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamy. See ya. Welcome to another edition of The Orlando Zone. Yes, it's The Orlando Zone again, and uh, it's good to be back. Um, Last week should have been a bumper edition of The Orlando Zone. We should have had Martian Manhunter issue two and the finale of The Unexpected, uh, which was, of course, issue number eight. Uh, sadly, I was laid low by the flu, and uh, my wife tells me that I was the most ill she has ever seen me in our 25 plus years of marriage. So it must have been pretty bad. Uh, certainly, I, I can't remember. Uh, being quite so discombobulated, as a good word, uh, by whatever it was. Uh, so I was completely out of action, really, over the last, uh, or have been completely out of action over the last few days. Uh, and uh, really, I was just saying to Jim uh, earlier on today that this is uh, probably the the first time I feel, I've felt able, really, to get up in, in front of the microphone and and waffle, <laughs> waffle on for you all. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so we're going to look at Electric Warriors issue three today. Uh, I might say just a few things about uh, the unexpected issue eight uh, at the end of this section. Uh, but for now, we'll we'll focus on Electric Warriors issue number three, uh, which is of course written by the one, the only, the inimitable, the 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 one who needs no introduction really, as uh, Steve. Orlando, he's uh, he's pretty amazing. Artist by Travel Foreman, uh, colors are by Hi-Fi. At least I think they are. The um, the review copy that I got didn't have any didn't have any credits. Um, I would say actually that the coloring is not quite as stunning as it has been in the previous two issues. I'm wondering actually whether whether Hi-Fi, as it were. Uh, are actually uh, responsible for the colours this issue or not. Uh, but without any kind of credits page to go on, I'm, I'm going to say that they are. So we're going to stick with that for now. Uh, if anybody has actually got the the uh, the hard copy of the, of the issue and can let me know whether it is hi-fi or not that would be that would be lovely thank you very much for that uh, letters are by Travis Lanham it's published of course by DC Comics and the cover price is $3.99 
Uh, this is issue three of a six-issue miniseries. Um, and uh, here we go. A state of post-flu weakness. Lightheaded, enervated, lacking appetite, gullible, might actually be the ideal condition in which to read a Steve Orlando comic. Too feeble to rant and rail against the excesses of the script, one tends to just let the story flow on, absently noting its inconsistencies and heavy-handedness, while not being able to summon up even the smallest shred of indignation about how silly it all is. And so it has been with Electric Warriors 3. Last month's cliffhanger is about to be resolved, and a couple of significant mysteries are about to be revealed. The mysteries themselves, that is, any explanation of them is some way off yet. Buckle up, pilgrims, it's going to be a ludicrous and curiously chewy ride. Yes, well, I'll get to the chewy bit in a moment. Um, okay, so we've got a nice cover. It features uh, the ironically named Serene. Serene is our Kundian uh, warrior woman. Uh, she has various uh, sort of, uh, what do they call these things? Uh, the modifications, I suppose, uh, on her face. She's got sort of little kind of metal things implanted in her face and she basically looks kind of badass on the front um so if you remember at the end of last issue for those of you who are interested in the, in such things kana who is uh one of the earth electric warriors uh is about to fight uh ian who is the other uh kana is an octopus woman uh octopus girl i suppose i should probably say and um her name is deep dweller and uh ian uh has sonic powers and his name is Warcry. Uh, and because ian lost his first bout in the uh in the battlegrounds the there has been a, a shortage of food back on earth and uh human beings back on earth have decided to take over some of the grain stores of their animal man um, sort of compatriots, as it were. Um, and that's caused a, a conflict between the two um, sort of sides on Earth. So you've got sort of animal men and you've got um, human beings. Uh, what's interesting is, is, is that the animal men are kind of united despite their, their kind of species difference. Uh, and they're united in their kind of uh, antipathy towards human beings, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting, actually. I, 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 I kind of wish that um, Orlando would kind of explore some of this in a little bit more detail, but he, he's not really interested in that at the moment, uh, as we will see as we go on. So we start off with uh, kind of a, a very quick uh, sort of preamble to this fight, where. Um, Firestorm, I mean, it still, it still bugs me that, that he's here. I, I, I really don't understand how or why, uh, he, he's gotten involved in, in this, uh, in a, in a time in future history where surely he must be long dead by now. But anyway, um, he, Firestorm is, is speaking to, uh, the Guild Dishpan, um, about the forthcoming bout between, Ian and Canna, and um, 
uh, there's some sort of typically Orlando-esque dialogue. I feel I feel like I've given Orlando a little bit of a of an easy pass on his dialogue in in recent editions of the Orlando Zone. And and let's just dive in a little bit here. The Gildish Pans say, never in the history of the Great Compromise has a planet challenged itself. Okay. Are you not fascinated, Lord Preceptor? That's what they call Firestorm. This historic trial could be just what's needed to restart interest in the Compromise. Um, okay. And then Firestorm says, entertaining the masses is your problem. My Gildishpan council, mine is lives saved. Lives these sentients are too foolish to save themselves. Um, okay. I, this is kind of typical Orlando. It, it, it's sort of, it's okay, but it, it, it's kind of, there's something slightly off about it. And it's in, it's in sort of the vocabulary choices. Um, like the use of the word sentience. Too foolish to save themselves. Need, uh, interest need, no, sorry, what is it? Uh, could this historic trial could be just what's needed to restart interest in the compromise? Is restart the right word? Reignite, maybe? Uh, I, I don't know. You see that restart every so often he's a little bit clumsy. And I think that this is, this is a classic example of that. That, that sort of there's a, Look, I, and I hate this really in a way because, okay, yes, I'm an English teacher. That doesn't mean anything really in relation to, to publishing. Um, it, it just means that I'm a little, little bit kind of sensitive to, to, to language. Um, if somebody had kind of come to me as if a student had come to me with, with this dialogue, I'd have kind of said, yeah, that's kind of interesting, but maybe you want to, to change some of the vocabulary and restart is probably a word that I would pick out and say you might you want a better kind of more interesting word to use there and I think that that's kind of the issue with with some of Orlando's with with kind of like the base level of Orlando's writing I I, I think as I say in the review I think you know Orlando's ideas are kind of fascinating and, and really quite interesting and there's a I, I do kind of there is a reason I do the Orlando Zone. It's, it's not because I like torturing myself with terrible dialogue, but it, but but there are kind of interesting things going on with Orlando's work. Um, but as I said, the dialogue is just a little bit on the uh, on the banal side here, I think. But anyway, um, Firestone says my mind created this compromise, this piece. Now that's interesting. So again, it, it's sort of like this is something that that Orlando's hinted at before. Sort of what the relationship between Firestorm and the Gildishpan actually is, and the fact of the matter is, we don't we don't really know. And just between you and me, we're not going to find out this issue either. So there we go. You see, there's another thing. You know, based on the smallest of daily wars, it's like oh, just. I know what you're trying to say. It's just a little bit off. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we got some nice travel form and artwork of uh, Kana lashing out at uh, Ian. And basically, Ian blows her head off with his uh, sonic powers. The, the thing about this this fight is it's over really quickly. I mean, bearing in mind... That last issue we had, um, we had a fight with Ian and the Saturnian, the, the warrior from Saturn. Um, and 
there's a whole big thing. There's a whole kind of toing and froing in that fight where it looks at one point like Ian's won, then it turns out that the Saturnian has kind of sucker punched him, and it, it, it's it's quite involved, you know, from a tactical point of view. And and Canna's fight as well, actually, last issue was was quite involved too. And now it's just kind of over very very quickly. It's over within within three pages of the comic starting, and within two pages. Of, of we had two pages of the fight and by the by the bottom of that second page it's over it's done and that seems very quick to me uh particularly bearing in mind the build-up that we had at the end of last issue I, this is going to read very oddly in trade that when uh when you get to sort of like you know this big build-up of you know uh, people are fighting on earth over food and you two are going to have to fight now and it's a big kind of dramatic cliffhanger at the end of uh of issue two and then suddenly it's like oh no no we're just going to blow canna's head off which is a bit uh a bit unsatisfying really maybe it's because steve orlando knows that canna isn't really dead you see that's the thing uh but will i'm getting ahead of myself uh at the same time there is a fight taking place between inceptor who is from the vrang is it vrang coalition i think i can't remember uh he's a vrang anyway which is a sort of a mildly telepathic race if memory serves me correctly um and he's fighting a warrior from bismol called supermore which is a bit on the money anybody who who knows anything about uh legion of superheroes lore uh will know that bismol is the home planet of matter eater lad now what's really so okay i'm going to kind of do a little bit of a of a uh, a diversion down memory lane just for a minute uh, the one of the very first uh, in fact i'm gonna say it's the second dc comic i ever bought uh, it was an issue of superboy and the legion of superiors it was issue 251 and it was an issue in which uh in issue 250 brainiac 5 has had gone completely bonkers and he had used uh the miracle machine uh, which makes an appearance in final crisis which incidentally i i have just read and i don't want to talk about <laughs> i really don't if anybody wants to talk to me about final crisis do it on slack uh, i i'm very interested to see what you make of it because i really don't have a clue but any anyway the miracle machine in uh superboy and the legion of superiors issue 250 was uh was used by the insane brainiac 5 uh to uh conjure up a sort of like the ultimate uh monster called omega um who basically uh carves a path through the legion of superheroes uh and uh, is intent on destroying the earth and um brainiac five eventually kind of comes to his senses and he brings in matter eater lad uh to eat the miracle machine uh which he does and the whole thing sends him completely mad okay so the whole idea of matter eater lad is that he he's he can eat anything because that's that's what people on bismol do apparently they can just they are literally <laughs> omnivorous they can eat whatever uh so supermore is is kind of right on the money really for <laughs> for somebody from bismol so there we go uh so the Vrang and supermore are fighting uh supermore wins and as he wins and and again this is this is a really kind of weird uh how, how can i say this it's you you've got a character from bismol who is uh you know is which is a place renowned for you know for, it's the place where people eat things <laughs> renowned for having a massive appetite and just eating anything that they get their hands on um 
so so you you've got rank, the rank in scepter kind of fighting the, the the guy from bismol and he has a vision of people eating which is which is kind of there's a kind of a weird sort of kind of conceptual slippage almost um between kind of you know we've got a guy from bismol over here oh look now there's a vision of people eating what's what's really weird about this well, well, there are two things that are weird. Firstly, um, the vision itself is really, really disturbing. It, it, on, on the table um, are two fallen uh, electric warriors. And uh, there's one in the background who looks green and his innards are open and they're not green, they're red. Um, and the one in the foreground has wings and he's been partially dismembered and uh, he's in the process of being eaten as well. Um, and when whoever's point of view it, it, it's from, this vision, and I, I think it's meant to be sort of a member of the Gildishpan race, um, he's looking down the table. So he's like at the head of the table. He's looking down the table. And these two bodies are on. And around the table are other aliens from, from different races um, are all sort of tucking in to these these two dead warriors. And um, one of the aliens, who looks particularly repulsive, he's, he's got to be said, uh, Travel Foreman's done. And I remember Travel Foreman did uh, Animal Man, didn't he, in, in the New 52. My goodness. Uh, some of the kind of creature designs, uh, of, of people, of, of creatures from, uh, from the red and, and the rot and what have you. Truly horrific. And he's, he's kind of channeling some of that here, uh, with some of these alien, uh, designs. It's something quite sort of viscerally kind of repulsive about them. Um, and, um, one of them is holding up a lump of flesh, which looks, uh, sort of horribly glossy and human, actually. It is a really unpleasant-looking piece of meat, holding it up to the gill dishpan, saying, you know, saying, oh, thanks for this food, it's it's fantastic kind of thing. So what's interesting about this, I say what's interesting about it, is is the Vrang, right? Um, having seen this, the thing that he picks up on is not that the fact that 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 these aliens are eating fellow warriors right which is what you would think because you would think to yourself bloody hell they they they're eating uh they're eating what's his face from you know Rigel 9 or whatever it is uh, and but but he doesn't do that he he just goes lord preceptor because because the alien who's speaking to uh to the gildishpan says you know will your reclusive lord preceptor at last be joining us and and the rang kind of goes Sorry, what? Lord Preceptor? Who the hell's that? Completely ignoring the fact that there are two partially dismembered and partially consumed corpses on the table. This is one of the most bizarre sort of moments in, in, in the comic. It's, you know, it, it's ridiculous, really. It really is. And, and, um, this, you see, the thing is, is later on in the, in the, well, do you know what? Well, let's, let's get to that. The rest of the, of the issue is basically, um, Sort of two two main things happen. First of all, uh, Ian realizes that Kanna isn't dead, um, and Kanna has regrown her head uh, because apparently, uh, well, octopuses do actually have nine brains. By the way, I didn't know this, but apparently, they, there's something on the internet last year, I think, about how uh, scientists have now concluded that octopuses came from uh, from an uh, an outside biosphere. And I can believe that, you know, so there's something horribly kind of alien about octopuses. And apparently they do have, 
uh, a brain in each of their uh, their their arms and also a central brain. Um, so when uh, Ian uh, blows off uh, Kana's head. Uh, he hasn't actually killed her outright. Um, she has the ability to regenerate. And she has brains in her arms. So there we go. I, I don't understand it. Don't worry about it. I don't think you're meant to. Just just go with it. Um, so Ian finds out that Kana's alive. That's one thing that happens. Uh, Orthus, who we were introduced to last uh, last month, as kind of like uh, the experienced warrior, who's kind of like the leader of the resistance, if you like, um, he gets killed by Serene in battle. Um, and Serene's kind of very unrepentant about this. And everybody kind of just kind of accepts it, actually. But anyway. Um, and then what they do is they decide to, uh, to follow up on, uh, Inceptor's vision. And, and again, it's the Lord Preceptor thing, not, not the, uh, not the uh not the cannibalist cannibalism thing that 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 gets their attention it's like oh we've got to find out who this lord preceptor is you see if it was me i'd be like uh, can we not just kind of have a look into the whole kind of eating people thing I, that, that that's the thing that really really kind of is freaking me out lord preceptor i i don't really care about about the lord preceptor and who he might be i i i, I just want to stop aliens from eating us can, can we can we do that please you know but anyway the maybe that's just me i i don't know um anyway um they decide to investigate and at the end ian actually uh eavesdrops on them having this this feast and it's then that he that he says oh my god we're 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 just cattle to them um and and it's meant to be this kind of like big revelation but if the rang if inceptor had just turned around and 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 said oh yeah and by the way uh, they're they're eating people <laughs> i just saw saw the eating people it's really gross um you know that what that that would have kind of rendered that whole well to be honest with you the, the, the whole the whole um the whole cliffhanger ending is is kind of com, com, it's a completely bizarre effect because we as readers have seen this it's one of the most striking visual images in the whole comic to have have these these two guys laid out being eaten by by a bunch of weird looking aliens and so, so, to, so to have that as as the the ending is like, oh my god, people are being eaten. It's like, yeah, we know, we know. Why don't you know? Because the guy who's just seen it along with us, right, is is standing right next to you and has had plenty of opportunity during the course of this issue to tell you what's going on. And for some bizarre reason, he hasn't done so. And, and it's just very weird. It's a very, very, very strange ending. That said. Um, it moves along pretty nicely. There are no massive. Well, that's a massive problem right there. But but apart from that, there's there's nothing else really that is that is particularly offensive. Um, it's it, it's just it's a typical Orlando comic. I, I I gave it a six out of ten. Arguably, that might be a little bit on the high side. But the art is really nice, and and Orlando has got some interesting ideas here. I I think the one thing that that does. Uh, that disappoints me a little bit is that we've now lost really all interest in what's going on in earth on earth um and the notion of kind of what this place is being set up for 
is uh, has been kind of put to one side now, which is a shame because I because I think that there's there's a lot that Orlando could have done with with sort of the nitty gritty of kind of intergalactic politics and the way this place works. I mean that could have been. There's still mileage in that. It feels like to me, at any rate. But instead, we're we're, we're we've now got a, a more kind of straightforward um, kind of you know dis- different people from different races teaming up to fight against the the kind of shadowy oppressive hierarchy in in charge of this place, uh, who apparently are also into cannibalism. Um, so that th- that is kind of really. I, to me, that's less interesting than than what we had over the first the first two issues. But you know, it's uh, it's still one of the more interesting books on on the market. It's uh, like I said, six out of ten at the moment. I did say I, I wanted to talk very quickly about the unexpected issue eight. Um, the end of the series. Do you know what? I, I kind of. I kind of liked it, and, and I think, but there's a, there's a part of me that recognizes that actually that re, that reaction has been manipulated out of me, uh, and 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 in that sense, I'm kind of <laughs> kind of reticent to like it at the same time. And let me explain why. At the end of uh, the unexpected, uh, essentially, what happens is is uh, you've got this opposition between Alden Quench, uh, who represents the fires of destruction on, in the World Forge, and Neon, who represents uh, the fires of creation. So you've got this opposition that really has only been set up over the last couple of issues. And uh, during the course of issue eight, Neon rejects that opposition. This is an opposition that he's only really just articulated properly. Although, retro, you know, the dialogue makes it clear that kind of ref, from a retrospective point of view, that it's always been in place between him and Quench, that this is, this is the heart of their, um, of, of their rivalry, the heart of their, uh, their sort of antagonism. Um, but, it's not made especially clear until about issue six, I think. But anyway, um, so instead he kind of rejects that opposition and, and he, he embraces the kind of transformative aspect of his power and, uh, teams up with Quench, um, to, to stop Mandrak. And the way he does that is he transforms Mandrak's hunger so that instead of being hungry for the positive multiverse, um, uh, he's actually hungry for, for dark matter and he's hungry for negative matter. And so rather than kind of threatening the multiverse that we know, he, he, he feeds on, on dead and decaying worlds in, in the dark multiverse below. That's the idea. It's anyway, which I suppose is, is kind of, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all um but, but it, it, is, it is as an idea it's kind of reasonably neat i suppose um and then you get this uh this kind of series of coders that um at the end were sort of you see quench walking off into the distance having been forgiven by neon and what have you you've got neon uh rebuilding firebrand's hospital and kind of re-emerging into the light as this kind of public figure again uh and you've got firebrand uh you know devoting herself to kind of fighting injustice and and what have you and she uh, the final image, actually, of the of the book is of her kind of uh, speeding off uh, to answer some kind of uh, emergency uh, emergency call. Um, 
and there's something genuinely warming about that. Um, it, it, it does leave you with a kind of a feel good kind of moment. And, and I said in my review on the site that I think Orlando is, is a rare creature, um, at DC at the moment in the sense that he has a very old fashioned, uh, view of, of heroism. Uh, and he sees heroism as being more than just sort of winning the day, uh, but actually, you know, sort of transforming people and saving people in, in a kind of, in a more kind of metaphysical sense than, than just, um, than just sort of physically. I kind of like that. I, I, I think the problem here is, is that because of the, um, because of the kind of truncated uh, nature of the series, an awful lot has had to be kind of crammed into the last few issues, and I think some of the some of the conceptual stuff that I think Orlando was probably planning on on working out in a little bit more of a gradual and perhaps a more organic way uh, has had to be kind of condensed, and uh, and and in a sense that's a shame. Although at the same time. It's also a relief um, because at the end of the day, you know, despite what I would have to say is a very strong ending, um, the the series has kind of, to me, it, it represents a, a series of missed opportunities, really. And, and, and it's meandered its way through the DC universe. Um, it, it's, it's striven for a kind of... Um, kinetic and, and very kind of fast-paced storytelling which at the same time bizarrely relies on uh lots of lengthy exposition which bogs it down uh, and I, it just seems to me uh, Orlando doesn't do flashbacks he doesn't do um he doesn't do kind of internal monologue especially uh, it, it, it's like he just he would rather explain things by having characters talk about them. And then that's a perfectly valid way of, of relaying information to a reader. But, but when it happens every single issue over and over again, um, and it happens in that, with that same kind of, uh, sort of melodramatic pitch to the, to the dialogue, um, that's, that's not very satisfactory. And, and it, it seems to me that somebody needs to come along and say, Hey, look, you could have, we could probably do with actually seeing Neon undergo that transformation. We could actually maybe maybe see his origin in a little bit more detail. Um, you see, he does he does a little bit of that with with Firebrand, but even then, we never really get once she's established as a character in issue one, he, he, he loses interest in her, um, in terms of her as a character, as a function of the plot and as a, as a kind of a, a way of providing, you know, of injecting some kind of conflict into the, into the ongoing narrative. She's okay. But as, but as a character, uh, he's, he's not really all that fussed about her. And, and I, I think, you know, like I said, just a, a, a series of missed opportunities with the unexpected, which is a shame. I, I was just talking to uh, to the legendary manship on the site, uh, and we both kind of said that we would we would actually quite like to see these characters handled by somebody else. So do Neon and Firebrand, because I think they have considerable potential. I think Neon does particularly. I mean, he could be a, a profoundly 
sort of significant character uh, for the DC universe. But there has to be something uh, a little bit more solid going on in terms of characterization, a, a, a bigger hook, really, uh, to grab the reader and, and make that character interesting. But anyway, that's enough for me. I think I've probably waffled, waffled on long enough. Uh, thank you for your patience and for your indulgence. Uh, the next time I see you, I guess it will be The Martian Manhunter. It'll be issue three. Um, so that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you have uh, a great week this week. And I hope your comics are magical and wonderful and uh, deliver that sense of uh, of wonder and joy that we all got into comics for. At least I did anyway. And I'm, I am assuming that you got into it, uh, into comics for, for something very similar. I hope your comics uh, deliver that in spades for you. Um, it, all, it only remains for me to say thank you very much to Jim and Eric uh, for continuing to do the fantastic work that they do. Please do support uh, Weird Science on the on their Patreon. Um, they put out so many uh, amazing uh, podcasts, and uh, they're they're all good. They really, really are. Uh, they're very much worthy of your support. So please do pop along to the Patreon. Uh, and give them what support you can. Uh, in the meantime, have a fantastic week. You take care. Bye-bye. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. Jason. But if they tried to read it, We'd hear an epic fail. Freddy Cougar. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim. Jeepers Creepers. A hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. He's a Draxalus. All right, we're back, Eric, with some oh. more mail, and here we go. He's a Draxulus, and we have here John Wayne. Howdy, oh. Kilgrum. Kilgrum, howdy to Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Double Aaron, Trevor, Ruben, Andrew, Belfast, Hussein, Simon, Mark Yeager, Swanee, Dancing Mike, Tony, John, Jack, Leonard, and every single stinking bastard in the Pilgrims up to get fresh to cruise. I love you guys, but I have to (laughs) say, uh, I have a lot to say, and I ain't beating around the bush this week. Take a trip back with me a year ago when the news first broke that Bendis was taking over both Action Comics and Superman. Everyone in the GFC knows how much I enjoyed both of those books with Jurgens and Tomasi, but I was uh, cautiously optimistic. Jim, you and I talked for months about what Bendis was going to do. We got excited at some stuff, pissed off at other stuff, like when he said he was expecting an apology from people like us. Yet, there was a lot of anticipation for his start but over in the corner of the gfc laughing were brandon and double a ron if you have a sound clip of either of them laughing jim now would be the time if not <laughs> eric shay's laughter will suffice uh, eric can you give me a <laughs> uh, what what is your favorite give me one of your favorite laughs eric no, let no, me hear continue one, on one with your, the mail of john one of your favorite and one of your favorite laughs do you like this laugh <laughs> There's a Reggie. <laughs> I think he's crying. You didn't expect that, did you? 
<laughs> I have to give them credit because we are 19 issues into Bendis' run on the books, and it has gone exactly how they predicted. They warned me that he'd lure me in with big, intriguing ideas. He'd do something big to change the status quo of the super fam to get me and others to keep buying the books. And then he'd never deliver with worthy answers. He'd go big, but never get around to dealing with most of what he presented, even though it's not like he went Jeff Johns or Scott Snyder levels a big. Brandon specifically told me that after a solid start to a story, he'd uh, meander for four issues, not dealing with anything, giving you a ridiculous and sometimes infuriating dialogue along the way, and then wrap everything up by issue six in a super convoluted and forced manner. That's what I'm afraid of with Young Justice. Though, again, I I hate to say it, but... Tomasi had a lot of nonsense in his run. I sure know did. that we sit there and say, but boy, there there were a bunch Let me of tell things you about that America, I didn't like son. as much. Yeah, yeah, that that was the biggest one. But it, it just you the mean book Frankenstein is lot. still in love with his lady, yeah. his his girl. But yeah, but it still was better than this. It was. Let's examine Brandon's guide to Bendis by looking at what Bendis is giving us. One, Man of Steel checked all those boxes, as I liked issue one and issue six while losing my mind with lack of aggression in issues two to five. Rogo Czar, while a cool enough idea for a character, was never fleshed out. He was uh, the problem is he's still being fleshed out, uh, unfortunately. (laughs) He's incorporeal right now in the Phantom Zone. We'll see. He was a generic I kill people supervillain while being marketed as the biggest DC villain to be created in a long time. There was a site that I go to, and you do as well occasionally, that actually listed Rogo Czar as like the, the top four uh, DC villains of all time. I think that also <laughs> really? listed that, you know, the, one of the best characters created in the past 10 years was Roundhouse. Yeah, Roundhouse. Which we like Roundhouse. Yeah, it's jumping yeah. the gun. Yeah. The fires were one, and it was. The fires were, was, were one of like the two most pointless subplots at that point. <laughs> I've ever read the fires, Eric, you know, the fires, particularly in the Superman book. And obviously he's giving us one additional panel of what happened to the super fam each week drove me nuts. Does this check out with Brandon's guide to Bendis? Ding sound. Ding sound. Yes, it does. Ding sound. Yes, I, I might have to do a, uh, have a certain song about uh, Brian Michael Bendis after this. Who am I? Two, Action Comics is probably the best of his work with the Superbooks, but does he break out of the mold Brandon laid out? Issue one set the tone for having us back at the Daily Planet, which I enjoyed, but he also reaffirmed Trish Q, who I hate, as Trish a supporting Q, character moving good. forward, and generally showed me that there wouldn't be a ton of action in Action but Comics. Let's go outside we went. I think that's Melody a Moore. joke. Yeah, really. Who are we? She's she's on fire, Eric. She lit. As we, I'll, I'll do a jelly drill with this correspondence. Ooh, she, she she's the baddie. As he went from issues one, to, I don't know why I made jelly drill sound like wrong turn. Easy. Uh, as he went from issues two to five, we got more of that nonsense—a super slowly developed plot with the fires and the red clouds, silent mafia, and showing us he doesn't have a clue about who Lois Lane really is. From abandoning her son in I space hear from for Trisha the stranger, she's canoodling with Lex Luthor. I did see that she was canoodling. I also saw that uh, Trisha Q thinks that Commandi's back, and also is uh, concerned with Greg Rucka. Right? Writing a I, Lois I am Lane more concerned book. with Jimmy Olsen possibly banging Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, to not reaching out to her husband, that was just a, a thing. There's not going to be anything from that. When she got home to writing a tell-all about life with Superman or whatever the fuck it was, and then in issue six, we got the scene where Clark confronted Red Cloud and said, don't mistake my silence for weakness, which was a genuinely great, great moment. Issue one was solid. Two to five were fucking That's the thing is, you say that, like, you know, don't, don't think that, you know, my silence for weakness or something like that. I'm like, I see that, like, every other day on Facebook as somebody posting that as their big post of the day kind of thing. I'm like, yeah. shut up. 
Yeah, really. Shut up. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, shut, shut your mouth. Uh, Fourth way Mom. with a couple of good scenes. Hey, baby, does this check out with Brandon's Guide to Bendis? Ding sound again, sadly. Yes, Eric. I'm supposed to ding sound. I'm not supposed to read the sound effects. I don't know if you realize that. Not Number doing three, the cue finally. Right. Finally, in Superman, which has been the worst of the two ongoing super books, I, I jump back and forth. It's like me and my ladies. Number one had some good moments. A flashback with John and Clark feeling lonely without his family, plus a weird scene where Martian Manhunter basically suggested Clark take over the world. That actually intrigued me. Then he meandered through bring, being in the Phantom Zone, though I'll give it to uh, moments with Jack Sir and flashbacks with John were pretty good. And then none of it ended by up mattering anyways, because just as Superman was going to team up with Zod to take down Rogo Zod, they all got sucked out all forced to get to the cliffhanger bendis wanted boy this sounds like uh something that you were saying earlier when we were talking about action comics does this check out with brandon's guide to bendis or superman ding sound yes yeah, superman whichever one we're that that's the thing i don't think either of them have an identity they they go in i never know which one it was action comics superman whatever one each week it's just the super whatever books one's and keep dealing going. with the daily planet i know it's action yeah i'm telling you i i don't even think that that's Totally the case, and I just don't even care. The John stuff this week is what it is, which is more nonsense. Uh, but as we start a new arc, I'm intrigued by having John back as a 17 year old, just as Brandon's Guide to Bendis indicates the start of a new arc would. To both Brandon and Double A runs credit, it's not like they enjoy uh, being right about the guy, uh, but they were. And I'm almost eighty dollars in the hole for the story that has gone nowhere. <laughs> now I, I don't think we're going to find out much about John for the next six issues. I tease with dropping both books a couple months ago but i toughed it out because superman is my guy despite all my trepidation i was rooting for bendis because i want superman's books to do well but it's clear to me that bendis knows absolutely nothing about superman or his family beyond superman flies around and saves people well that that it gets worse like we were talking earlier where he just throws out names of kryptonite he just throws out the daxamites oh con he just he doesn't know what he's saying he just throws it out there to make he's like that guy who's you know you're at a party and you're talking to about something and the guy just wants to be involved so bad the boss that he son? just starts talking and I'm saying in general for everybody the boss and son? has no idea well yeah he, he actually seems to get enough in it. Brian Michael Bendis doesn't even do that much research the boss's son at least reads like somebody's comment on Twitter and then says something. Lois is a bad mama who likes her sexy time so I can no longer buy his books. Very sad day for me, though. I guess I'll save $8 a month. Small consolation for not getting to enjoy my favorite character. But to end on a happier note, it's time for Jim's new favorite minigame, Pick'em Pilgrims with John Wayne. Yep, you knew it was coming. Time to pick your dream creative teams, Eric. Last week, I pointedly refused to give this. Jim anything by Tom Taylor or Donnie Cates. This week, I'm feeling nicer for Eric. America's sweetheart wanted Jeff Johnson, Jason Faubach, and we'll get exactly what he wants because we all poop poop on him too often. But Jim, you'll have you to do? suffer for choosing to doom us all to the <laughs> entire line of DC books by Bendis. No, you can't say no to all that, Jim. Eric's list. Uh, I guess we're supposed to pick which one you want. JSA by Jeff Johnson, Jason Faubach. Superman by Jeff Johnson, Jason Faubach. Please. Jeff Johnson should. That's Superman in New 52. Complete and utter. He's too close to Richard Donner. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Every time he gets on a Superman book, it's Richard Donner fest. Wonder Woman by Jeff Johnson, Jason Faubach, or or Firestorm. 
by Jeff Johns and Jason Faba. Oh my do you god, want? that fires! I'd actually like to see him do firestorm, especially from what we saw in you know the Doomsday Clock last last issue. I was about to say last month, but I don't even know if that's accurate. So the last so issue. So what you're telling me is you want seven issues? Because no, that no, what I wanted the JSA because yeah, that is that, a, firestorm would get that, canceled. Like you know, I can't see the JSA is going to get everybody who's not even a gigantic comic book fan to start reading all out of nowhere kind of thing. You know, like casual fans, I don't think is going to propel the JSA like up to Le- a ninety thousand. It's like the Legion like, of Superheroes. Exactly. Exactly. I know that Jeremy said that uh, DC should always have a Legion of Superheroes book, and that may be the case. It I think so. Sell. It go sell. <laughs> the Superman books aren't selling now, and even if it is Bendis, you, you should steal. But the JSA is always one people have been begging. Well, again, people are begging for that. They were begging for Shazam, and that only cracked the top 10 at number 10 on sales for December. So we'll see how that goes. Everybody was clamoring for it. Maybe they waited too long. My list is Aquaman by Tom Taylor and Javier Fernandez. Nope. Ugh. Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Riley Rossmo. Nope. Ugh. Number three, Aquaman by Donny Cates and Riley Rossmo. Nope. Nightwing Ugh. by Donny Cates and Javi Fernandez. I don't want any of them. I hate both of the all those arts. So I'm You're not, not playing a game. Right, I Jim. get to make up the rules. No, I like to pick. I'll make up the rules. Well, first off, I'll go Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Riley Rossmo because I already saw that Javi Fernandez can't draw that crap uh, worth a, a poop. <laughs> so I'll give <laughs> Riley Rossmo a poop. chance. I'm telling you, Riley Rossmo will end up uh, looking like Invader Zim. <laughs> You'll have Nightwing. Hey there, with a neck that's going all around. Now, if you tell me Riley Rossimo and Tom Taylor on Plastic Man, that, that'd be the one book that Riley Rossimo wouldn't draw somebody with a big fucking neck. Still look terrible. I like those artists. I, I, we heard another podcast that's a pretty popular podcast. Like, I'll read anything with Javier Fernandez on it. It's so wonderful. It's, it's fantastic. I, 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 I don't like it. Really? And, you know, while also messing up half of the things that they were talking about, I said to you, like, what what are they doing? And really, I'm mailing this thing. Where's the stamps? I'm not even going to read half these books. I'm telling you, uh, we're going to go off to some other books at the end of the... I'm not reading them. I'm just going to look at the cover and make up shit because that seems to make you more popular, right? Can't wait to so. hear your answers. Now, we actually read these things and actually talk about it. I'm getting fucking shots from all directions. I, I end up where I thought I was in war with my comrades here. They're shooting me in the back, Eric. Can't wait to hear your answers this time, especially Jim's. Much love to you, Pilgrims. Thank especially you. Jim's. You know what I'm saying, right? No, I have in no idea back, what you're talking about. I got so upset. I was so sad. Tell people how sad I was. I was you're usually pretty sad, the, though. I was, I was down in the dumps, though. Really bad down in the dumps. Uh, but much love to you, Pilgrims. Thank you for listening to my sad spiel about Superman. I'll talk to you both in the Slack this week. Best, John Wayne. And that's the Boosh. end of that bit of mail. And we're going to go to finish up the podcast. Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. That's not appropriate. All right, we're back with the last section of books. Eric, we don't have a lot to go uh, till the end. 
till the end. I see <laughs> no the light at the end of, of the tunnel. Oh, I don't mean books now. I mean life. Oh, life in general. That makes sense, too. There's not much left on this rocket ship we call life. And uh, life, eh? Earth? Hey, no life. I'm on the rocket ship uh, life uh, that I'm going on, though. I I think that I bought a one-way ticket, Eric. (laughs) Doesn't even even make sense. Hit the Freddy Krueger Uh, sound effect or something. Jesus. What's that? You want that? Freddy Krueger. You want the Freddy Krueger? He's a jack. He's the the wrong turns make sense. (laughs) Hey, you all hit by the hasters. Hasters. So what you want, really, what you're telling me is that you wouldn't mind right now hearing a joke from wrong term. Would that that pick up your spirit attack? A joke from wrong term. You like jokes? Do Do you also like the Tin Man? Is that what you like? He's this right. is a joke. Get out of your car. If you see a monkey on a tree jacking off, walk away. That's the joke. Does, Does this, this rhyme? rhyme? Just a go, bunch right. of one-trick ponies that, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. Now I don't have to think about these snacks <laughs> that we got an overabundance of down there. You know, in case in case we have a state of emergency, it's also a state of yeah. snacking, it seems, in this house. But we're going to go. When you have a say- snack attack, that is a state of emergency in my well, mind. Well, I guess. Well, here's the deal. Nobody's having that attack now. It it ends up, you know, we have to have, because we're having bad weather coming up here in the PA side of the country here. And uh, so they, my kids and Tanya went out food shopping, which I usually do the food Mm. shopping every week by myself because nobody will go. And they ended up getting just snacks and these snacks that they got nonsense, you know, all these fancy store name brands and stuff. Did they 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 get my favorite snack, Chips? Yeah, they got chips. They they certainly did. Not the Aldi version, though, Eric, that I get. And I just I, – I, I really got angry because then it became the me saying, why did you just get snacks? And that turns into that I'm a bullshit uh, guy who doesn't get real groceries. You are the and bullshit then I said, guy. And then I said, why why isn't anybody else going <laughs> with me Why do they all talk like Tom shopping? King's Wonder Woman over there? Yeah, and then they said they don't go shopping with me because I tell them no. And I said, well, oh. you know, that that's kind of you know part of the reason. You're raising a bunch of boys who don't want to be told some, no. This sounds yeah, like a you don't want to do that. That doesn't sound there. like anything that we should be having nowadays. <laughs> uh, but hey, that's what happens. That's what happens in this house. Wait till we have the Jim has issues with his wife. I'm planning for a, a real fireworks of an episode <laughs> coming up there. And believe me, when, when the mic goes off here, I'm going to have a little impromptu version here uh, just for the family. Oh, but no. we'll see. Uh, what are we talking about first, Eric? Because we did have the Eric rings the bell. So that means you have to have at least one of these. It's You'll have a blurb with. Well, it doesn't, but it does mean one of the three is one of your books. What is that? Hawkman number eight, written by Robert Vendity with art by Brian Hitch, Andrew Curry, Andy Owens, Jeremiah Skipper, and Starkings and Comicraft. Did you ever wonder what the fate of Krypton was or if anyone ever survived that planet when it exploded? Did you ever want to find out about those things by Hawkman and the Kryptonian earlier version of himself? Well, boy, is this issue for you. No (laughs) weapon to fight off the death (laughs) rate for staying around and talking about things we already know. There's no limitations. There's no limitations to the amount of boredom I had. This is a series Guitar that is going to continue with it. And if if you remember, Eric, way back, I don't know if you'll remember way back when we talked no. about uh, Wonder Woman, way, way back in way the podcast, back. Uh, 
I kind of am starting to feel the same way with this series as I do with Wonder Woman. Well, this is the problem is it's starting to drag. It's starting to get to the point where I keep saying, and and this is where I talk. It's not just me like, oh, you know, I hate Robert Van Diddy or whatever. It's when you keep talking on a podcast and keep, again, like G. Will Wilson, I keep making excuses for. This book, I keep saying like, well, I really like the character and I really like what we had, but eh, we're not doing much now. And this is gonna. This is what continued the idea that we're just kind of treading water. We're not doing anything. And this is my problem with Van Diddy in general. Is I think that it's a he's a guy who does not care about the pacing of a series. I thought that that's with how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. You had a lot of time in that series where we went twelve issues where like well, not much has happened. And we had said before that this felt like a mini series. We really did, or a maxi series. Like if they would have pulled it around and said, hey, Hawkman's actually a 12-issue maxi, just trying to get his origin right or whatever. Yeah. Well, if that, if that's the case, we're doing a lot of... It, it isn't the case. It's now feeling like a Venditti series. It is. And you had told me on the way home from work, you says to me, you diz, I did. Uh, that Venditti and Abnett are starting to feel very alike in their books where you don't really get a lot of progression. I agree. And and that's the thing. We used to make the that's joke that you had the Dan Abnett you had the Dan Abnett seven. I came in and said to you, it's now the Dan Abnett Robert Venditti six, where you're just not getting a lot. I like the art in this, but like you said, for the most part, you get like uh, one little tidbit at the beginning, a little tidbit at the end, and a lot of talking about the destruction of Krypton. Just I, I even like the eyes. idea because we have, you know, Hawkman and his Ronian freaking microverse ship, or whatever the hell it is at this point. But we're at yeah. the, like the rubble of Krypton, what's left of the planet. And like, man, I, twice now I've gone back in time and met with earlier versions, but I was holding something. I wonder, well, I guess I just have to get closer to the rubble. Oh, good. It worked. Like, he doesn't even care anymore about it making sense in the long yeah. run for like yeah. a relic or something that will transform. Transport him back. And I was like, well, I'm a Krypton. There ain't nothing left. Well, let's just get fly the ship a little well, bit closer and, to the rubble, huh? Yeah. And and just think, we're there at the destruction of Krypton, which most people are going to be reading DC books know about anyway. But we oh, also yeah. had the booster shot, which we saw Should this it? then. And, and the we're, idea we're just now going that Rebel is the thing that cr- destroyed Krypton now. Yeah, now that really starts to make things a little wonky. But even without that, you just don't get that much here. You go there, you have the idea of these Deathbringers, uh, you know, and all that. You end up with, hey, let's hold hands. If we can only hold hands forever, you know, maybe you'd live. And the deal, oh, I was making this, you know, this big machine, this big weapon. The weapon. To try to bring down the, you know, the the enemy here. And he even says, well, it's so big. What, were you just going to hand it to me? And he's like, the side of Midway City. And uh, he's like, no, no, I was going to draw them here, but oh, woe is me. Krypton's My tagline for this issue was weapon of mass instructions. Ooh, <laughs> but he, <laughs> he even says like, hey, can you give me the schematics or whatever? Oh, it's not that easy. You nope. have a lot of things, but with that, you have these weird like fan service deals of, oh, you know what, uh, Carter? all uh we end up we end up having some kryptons that not everybody died uh you know superman who's of the house of l kal el kal el you mean oh boy (laughs) yeah yeah him and oh man you know i'm really fond of my student kara his cut oh she makes it too that's super thank goodness the l's huh we call her super alls yeah really the alls are all out and he's like oh man the sights i won't get to see oh i didn't even tell you about the dog 
Okay, let's move I'm on. The whole thing and by the way, keep writing. That's <laughs> basically keep writing. Right. Keep it's writing, a buddy. Thing, but the whole thing is like the whole idea that we're going to spend time in this because we're only here to go back in time to find a weapon to finally take down yeah. the Deathbringers to like you know give a retribution to like Carter Hall for all the bad things he did for yeah. his first life. Well, we did we saw it before in the previous issue, and now it's like well. Well, the Superman, he survived and, and Supergirl survived. I'm like, you're going to give me a lowdown on what happened with Krypton. And in case you don't, here's almost a full like, you know, spread page panel of, yeah. you know, here's some Superman villains and stuff went down with Krypton yeah. in case you don't yeah, know. I'm like, I mean, what? why? Oh, yeah. Well, what's going on? Like, why oh, do we have this? Oh, the weapon is too a big for you to carry. Deal. So guess and what? This is the where... power was in you all along, Carter. You will have to be the weapon. In. Really? Keep writing. Keep writing, Keep buddy. And and with this, you you will have a series really based on the idea that there's a mystery. You're basing it on this idea, and you stop for this. And we have stopped for a lot of this now. Uh, we're not getting a lot of progression where we are on, you know, issue eight. Is this that we have to keep treading water till 12 for the big next big deal where that's when the, you know, the, the thing comes to a head? And we're gonna, because we're not even, it's well, not even a scab. Now because we're just going to places and having them just nothing. And so the scavenger hunt's really coming up with a lot of dead ends and it ends up, it's starting to get to me where I thought the first four issues of this were great. The next two, okay, well, you know, the four were really good. This is a little, now two more. Now we're getting pretty much half of the series to me is doing nothing. And now we're at a tipping point. You know, the the scales of justice are going up and down here in my hand. I'm I'm moving my hands now, Eric. And not the one because it's under a blanket on my mouth and sweating. Uh, But it's getting to the point where I love this book to the point where I, didn't like as many others so it, it was half of my book of the year and i'm already ready to bail so we'll have to see how it goes i didn't like there's you know, not really... my book of the year that much this issue with red hood outlaw you know it's yeah, like they're, yeah, they're, they're so... on the same pace at this point where everybody just seems to be treading water and i don't understand yeah, because why. at the end it's basically the death the krypton gets destroyed and then we see the as death bringers are yep. heading to earth with a as few days to thrill yeah that's what you get there's nothing this is going to be a real short section it really is, uh, because what you get when you this. spend. I'm telling you, when you spend half the book just talking to a former self about things that the reader already knows, you know, you got a problem in your hands, and there's nothing yeah. going on in this book. But I ended up giving this a 5.8 out of 10. I think I was being very generous there when I reviewed this issue because. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Something happened. Oh my! Yeah, goodness. something. <laughs> it, was, it was on repeat. All right. Uh-huh. Well, what did you say? Is. What's that you say? Repeat. Uh, repeat. I I I, in the, I I don't know. I'm so lost. Now. My self esteem is plummeted. Did you, did you give it a score yet? Yeah, did I did. Five point eight uh, out of ten. Oh, um, five point eight. The thing is, oh, I can go my. down to a regular five. I don't want to give it a fuck you five because really? I really do enjoy Brian Hitch's like art, art in this. Yeah, I but like the, the art a lot. The pacing of the story is off, and it's just pretty much it's boring stuff to get to the point where like, all right, we're finally going to go to Earth in the next issue because that's where the Deathbringers are going. But I'm like, yeah. Well, I don't even have a fancy weapon to look forward to now, which I was hoping to see. Yeah, uh, like they, like I used to say at Gennardi's, I agree. 
is what I'd say when I went well, shopping at Gennardi's. Why? Because I'd get a little, I'd get into the character of Gennardi's, you know. What's shopping. the character of Gennardi's? I don't know. I, I just agree with you, but I'm going to go six because of the art. Oh, this really, This really felt a lot like Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm off right now, Eric. I'm, I'm sitting here talking, one hand on the mouse and another shaking my fist off in the a distance at my family. Uh, but yeah, I Shake like the boy. art a lot. And it's, it's one of those, again, yeah, uh, it, it kind of is a little bit infuriating that we're not going far enough. But Robert Menditti is good at what he does. And he, what he does is tread water. And it ends up, we said, by the end of the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, we weren't angry. He's the best at he what is at what read. he does. Yeah, what he no, does we, we were just shit. like, it's almost like you end up where you have 18 issues of one of his books and you're like, holy shit, when did the, where, where did we get this? I only remember two issues of story. But while I'm reading them, I don't get mad. This is now eight issues. I'm I'm starting to get a little bored, and that might be worse. That's kind of the whole concept of the FU five. But I'm going to sure give it a six, uh, just because of the art. And we did see that there is a weapon, though. You get it's, it's gone now. Midway it's scene, yeah, but he did see it, Eric. So it's gone. I, you know, it's gone, you know, yeah. he saw it. He, but he saw it. And he he's going to keep writing. That, that's always good advice. <laughs> uh, I would give to all the youngsters out there. Keep on writing. It's almost like That's to keep Nelson doing what you're doing. Me. And you know what happened? He's yeah, dead he now. Would. Nelson is our former boss who died, and uh, we never got him. Look he's what that just, gets you. He was he's like ninety five, and we really wanted him to just walk into the room with me and you and yell Eureka. That's what I needed because he he kind of <laughs> looked like Thomas Edison a little, and it would have been really great. But he never did that, Eric. So we didn't get that. But six out of ten for me, always Mister Positive over you. I do think this next one I'm going to be way more positive oh, than my, you. I actually you have set you up all week to tell you. That I know that you're not going to like this, but it's no. Catwoman number seven, written by Joel Jones, art by Fernando Blanco, Elena Casagrande, John Kalisan, Josh Reed. We start up the second arc of Catwoman, and while some, like Eric, may question the amount of story in this issue, I actually think it it's story? something that was good for the book. <laughs> Joel Jones lost a, her grip on their last arc. It, she completely lost track of all the characters, uh, yeah, some characters us. not being defined <laughs> as well as they should have, a poor pacing between action and character moments and it all came to roost in the finale that fizzled and felt rushed and unearned this issue gets things back to square one and with the penguin in villa hermosa with a few days to kill i already feel like i'm on more solid ground that being said things have to pick up next issue but i'm willing to give jones a second chance here because really this book ended that last thing i'm like really you ended up throwing things out in that last finale it was odd that it just we didn't even set up and the characters you didn't know by name and after six issues if you're gonna have a finale with characters that you like, think i don't even know what very important is no and and all that so i actually think and this is gonna go i know that you bailed on the marvel podcast like a son of a bitch eric mm-hmm, but over mm-hmm. at the marvel podcast we've been seeing a trend that a lot of the books now Marvel has those five-issue arcs a lot of times. And we've seen that the five issues of these Fresh Start books are not great. And you end up then once the next part starts up, you end up Fantastic Four happened like that. A lot of these books are having problems with their first arc. Their second arc is better. I actually think that this points towards maybe us getting a better second arc than the first overall because – 
I'm not confused of the people in there. There's no, yeah, Rayanna Creel is there for a second, but I don't have this bad cop who's also friends with the good cop that might also be bad and cosplaying Catwomen who are fighting because they're there to set up. To avenge the death of his partner who may also be working with Rayanna Creel. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. A whole fucking room full of Catwomen. Yeah, that's, yeah. You don't have that. So to me, I think that somebody said, and then this is Joel Jones. She does have the lady killer book and things, but she's no more for her art. Uh, So she's still, in my mind, you know, learning the concept of writing and getting her craft down. I do think that they said to her, listen, and and a lot of times I told you where we read a lot of these people, especially in those workshop books and things. A lot of times when a new writer jumps in, they get so excited and you end up getting yakety yak. You end up getting over explanation. You end up getting not a new writer. Well, no, but you you do get this a lot where you have a writer who's never done it and they don't get the concept of let the art kind of combine. Now, Joel Jones doing both art and and script, you didn't have that problem in my mind. What you had the problem was not enough explanation, but also we would have like one issue where you had the group of cat women in the room, right? They're all there. That issue was pretty much all action, like and nonsense action. Like we're like, whatever. So then the next issue, it was all character moments with Ray and Acryl. Then the next issue was getting the continuity back from before with Maggie. It, the pacing was way off. The we like the character moments, so we let it. Oh, that pass Ray and Acryl backstory was the best part of that and, first and, and no, the, I think the one where we saw Maggie and Selena's background, where even when they were well, little was, kids, that we got that real excited too. about that. So the but then the next issue would go and leave that behind, and there was a real problem. I hope that this is the start. Of I feel something like that was the same issue where, for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I think that it was different. But even so, I, I think that this might be the start of her reeling this back. And really, like they said, well, listen, you have Catwoman. She came from the Bat Wedding. You kind of even had that tying in. So she had that on, yeah. on top of all that stuff that she had to do. Now she gets to tell her own story. And it starts with her kind of saying, hey, listen. I know Selena. This is what I think Selena is. And it's a character deal where she's getting some jewelry and stuff. Yeah, there's not a lot of story with this, but it goes back to how she learned to be a thief. You, you get that thrown in there. Uh, and she, you know, the lessons that with Fortuna, who taught yeah. her that she had to, you know, you can't let people take advantage of you. You have to kind of put on a mean back face. At some, it, this is like the... You know, the nowadays kick-ass woman version of Pretty Woman. She walked into that shop and the guy's like, oh, you shouldn't be here doing this. And then instead of having Richard Gere show up and say, oh, by the way, I spent. No, you have Selena like, fuck off. You know, you fuck with me. Fuck you. And ends up getting these earrings and this ring and stuff like that by the end and walks. And I really like that. Now, that's half the issue. So we already have a problem where, yes, this isn't going to be a lot of story, but to me, it's a reset because then Penguin comes into town. Well, it he seems ends to me like the Penguin might have cab. been okay with that whole where we left him last time with the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman coming into the Batcave. Yeah, yeah, and like where yeah, yeah. So it seems like he might have turned out okay from that. Well, again, I don't think it ties in any sort of way. <laughs> the only thing you're going to get here is the, you know, the, he does have his little eye patch there because his of Jason Todd. Yeah, because I, I think that, and in, in fact, if you want to go there and we'll make that joke about that, 
I actually liked what she did having the penguin in because maybe that's even a hint of, listen, I don't care what Tom King's doing. Yeah, this book, you know, you may think I'm tied to the hip with the Batman of Tom King. I'm not. I'm going to tell my own story whether or not. And we have this all the time with different. I mean, we could we could complain about detective constantly. But you know what I'm saying? I actually think that maybe this is on purpose to have this penguin where you kind of separate him again, because the biggest thing that this book needs to do is get its own identity. But it is very quick. We're almost done because Penguin's there. He's talking to this guy. This guy's giving him the whole spiel. Hey, Villa Hermosa, it's great. Th- this guy I love is the, the weather. worst. This whole thing is, oh, I want to know who this yacker. guy is because the whole thing is, I'd expect that Penguin would have a driver wedding. This seems just to be an Uber and the worst kind of a, a yakety yak Uber who wants to tell yeah, you oh, all yakety, about his yeah. life story. But that's like, what Ubers do. The, you know, you got to keep is, talking. I relate with the Penguin here where you just want to shoot him in the back of the goddamn head. And he does. He, he says, you know, pull over. Hey, I can't pull over here. I said pull over. And then he just shoots his head off. And it's crazy, but it does set up some stakes of like, oh, this is the penguin that's going to kill people. We have seen it a lot lately, though. But the thing is, I really hate seeing the penguin bald. If if you're going to have him bald, at least let him wear the top hat the entire time. Because I hate looking at his bald head. It bothers me for some reason the way he's depicted recently. Yeah, I don't like that either. But, you know, he does have the top hat. He just puts it down there. He's a driver. He's a fancy driver. He doesn't when he's driving, he doesn't wear the hat. It's like, you know, he's still a guy that if, if he's walking down the street and a, uh, you know, a hearse Madame. goes by and it, he oh, takes okay. his hat off, he, he stops and he has respect. I thought like if a, if a lady walks by, he does no. a little twirl with his hat. No, no, him. he shoots them in the face. Uh, oh, we shit. do go back to elsewhere. And we see that Raina Creel is desperately uh, looking like, hee hee, Michael Jackson. She doesn't have a nose. <laughs> she's really having problems. And she wants artist. A, I love it, too. She's there in elsewhere, which she's in, you know, somewhere, probably in South America or Central America, that she's down there. She's demanding plastic surgery. I They're all speaking Spanish. So whatever the case may be, I do think they're going with this is like one of those. Nobody in the States is doing any sort of plastic surgery the way she looks you have to go to real back like not even back alley this seems like crazy stuff that you used to hear that would be the joke of going to down uh, you know in south america to get yeah. plastic surgery and uh, she don't have no nose i mean she's had she oh, is no not nose. one that you would call nosy eric is you wouldn't be able well, to that's say the thing that, is right? too because the whole idea where I, I think she's trying to get more of that drug that she had before. And the whole thing is where she would take a bit, you know, here and there, like she had a supply of it before. It seems like now she is like wherever she is, it's rel- like, you know, relegated to doses because she's like, oh, you just had the treatment like three weeks ago. You can't have it again so soon. So I think it's the whole idea. She is trying to get more of the stuff that she's used to, yeah, to keep that, her well, young. She's going to preserve because she's, she's about to die. I mean, she's, she's the mummy. <laughs> Hey, she's having problems. I mean, she's Freddy Cougar. Freddy Cougar. She's having problems, but you have that quick, and they're like, "We can't do it." Like, look at it. Look at how I look. You're gonna look like me. I'm old. You know, oh, there. You that's that's me every morning getting ready for work. I'm like, God damn it. And then they're like, "Hey, don't get your nose into things." I'm like, uh, "Get all away with this nose jokes." No nose, little fingers. See, yeah, you end up stop it, stop it, <laughs> little <laughs> fingers. I had the worst. I'm at work, and we had to move this thing, and I actually made the joke because I'm like, I can't do that. I got my little. Finger 
fingers. Uh, that's all you did all week. Hey, little fingers <laughs> yelling at me. I'm, like, I'm going to kill you. Uh, we then go back to Bill Hermosa and we see that Catwoman did end up keeping her promise that at the end they did have Maggie where she's like, I'm going to take you to my house and I'm going to give you a room. We're going to have stuffed crust pizza. And she I'm going to have, have the guy weird- who has the pawn shop believe it. He's going to hang out with you for some reason. Yep. Hang out with you. Well, she's going off. I mean, what is Maggie Look, doing? She's I'm not sitting trusting there in this guy chair. with my catatonic sister all by I don't himself. Know. Here's the deal. You say that she's obviously trusted her with her, you know, everything else. So I, I don't mind that. She's just there. But remember, that was I the big thing before. Maggie ended up him. smiling. And it, we didn't know if it was a sinister smile, whatever. But she goes out. And then the penguin starts with these ideas that he has to signal Selena to go. Well, it does seem like he could have just went and sent her a card because he ends up blowing up a Ferris wheel. She ends up chasing. And it, it's like a, you know, a cat and mouse chase, Eric, with all these hoods. But they, they're they just there to get beat up for her to end up in an aquarium where Penguin's I just, waiting. I just imagine all the shit the Penguin's been through recently in the comics, stuff like that. He goes to Villa Hermosa. He wants to get the Catwoman's attention, but he's just really just pissed off about everything. So it's like oh, happy so cab pissed. driver talking to Fuck you, shoot you Boom. in the head. Fucking sees a goddamn amusement park. All right, let's blow up that fucking Ferris wheel because all those happy <laughs> people like, You know what I off? hate? Ferris wheels. <laughs> he just blows it up. You know what else I hate? Thugs. Yeah, he has all these people. And we said that it might have been one of Fuck those you. where he said Fuck like you. to these Fuck guys, you. you go get Catwoman. And she just ends up beating them all up. But Home it leads to get him. Got. She gets and good. So that's true. She's, homegirl don't make the money. Home, yeah, you end up then at the end where Penguin's just waiting. Have a seat. Now, I'm guessing that... He has a deal. I don't. I know he blew a guy's head off. I actually think he is going to be the type of deal like, hey, the Creels were here. I knew about them. The power strike. You know, there's now a power vacuum. I want to come in here. Maybe you can help me. We'll see if she. Helps I don't know. Or the not. thing is, you talk about the idea of having its own identity. I don't know if this actually ties more into Batman with the whole idea of like, hey, look, we need you back in Gotham. Shit's going yeah, wrong. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I actually think that it has to do with the Creels not being in charge now. And there's a big underground that's, you know, not there. And, and maybe it's even like, I know you like one of those, like, I know you're still bad Catwoman. Maybe we can make a deal. You control this. I'll be back at Gotham. Or maybe he just wants to relocate. It's like shit's going wrong in Gotham. We'll see. Look, we'll see what's going, going wrong for me in Coney Island. Things went wrong for yeah, me in yeah, Gotham. Really, I'm going everywhere. Out west. I was in the Batcave. I got attacked. There's Thomas Wayne. I don't know if you know <laughs> I this. Was fed uh, fish blindfolded yeah, just by crazy old man. Shit. I, he ended up, uh, you know, through the this thing. I was, I was blindfolded, but they didn't do anything to keep my hands down. So, I, but I, I was honorable. I didn't do that, and uh, you know. But uh, by the end, up, I like the art me. a lot. I like the art a lot, and it's a very quick read. So I'll give it That's props the for that. Read. I got in and out quick. The old in and out, baby. I got oh, in boy. and out. I give it an eight eight, and I really like the art. Yeah, two artists. I think they did oh, a really did good job of keeping keeping the uh, art of the yeah. whole series going. So I thought that, and they're the two are. It's Fernando Blanco and uh, Elena Casagrande, who always are the fill-ins, but they were there together here. That's good. And it, it's funny too because they are the usual fill-ins, and you can tell because when they showed up, they also do their own inks you know separately do their right. own inks and you have one colorist a lot of time when you have two artists you have then it, it all hell breaks loose and you have all these other people so you still only add one colorist and the letterer. so that i think that that really worked out as well and if they have to have where joel jones gets behind or whatever and we're going to continue having these two back and forth with joel jones occasionally as well and i, like and I don't mind lot, so. i don't i, I do not think that this book and i think it works well with joel jones i saw some as well. people were saying yeah i think some 
some people were saying that they thought the art was off. I, I did not see that. And Me like I said, I'm giving it the benefit of now we're going to start a story. I'm down with the penguin. I know the penguin. So, you know, you set yeah. up. I'm interested to see what he says by the end. So hopefully this story dials it back and just goes because this is one of those books. This isn't action comics or super. This is a niche title, even though. You know, she is a bigger character now and it sells a lot, but it's still the side title. This would be one back in the New 52 when I was reading Catwoman. You weren't even reading it. You wouldn't be reading this book if we weren't talking about it on the podcast. So I'm I'm allowing it to kind of give me. No, you (laughs) probably not. Uh, Probably you'd be reading menus or something like that. Right. Right? Where's my sound effect? I don't don't Uh, read menus. I know what I want. You'd be reading menus and the menu boards and uh, you had to drive through. That's true. You always get the same deal. What would you give it? I'm giving it 5.5 out of 10. Oh, my. I'm telling you, I really do enjoy the art. I didn't realize it was a fill-in artist, and I think it works really well with what Joel Jones does. But uh, two. Two (laughs) fill-in artists. Oh, yes. Two fill-in. I thought you were going to say, you changed your score to a two, I thought. No, no. That's not how it's working, Chip. I actually had a a good time with this. It it went so fast. And there there was nothing really going on. Yes, we got the Penguin show up and Catwoman met the Penguin. Besides that, nothing happened really in this issue. And the 5.5 is really me giving the benefit of the doubt because I want to like this title. There are aspects where I've, like, parts of the series that I've really enjoyed. It's just I'm getting worried for what we're going to be going doing going forward because right now this last issue, this issue is not doing much for me right now. Well, last, uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't want this arc to all of a sudden go from, hey, we got done that. Now here's 17 other characters that we throw together and all. I think that this was a good restart from after that nonsense of the last issue. And you can, I mean, we had Adam. Oh, no, my baby. Oh, no. Baby, yeah. Hey, there. Hey, hey, cup. What are you doing? I thought you were bed. I thought you were bed. No, you were bed. Me too, boss. Me too. Yeah, all that nonsense. I don't need that crap. Uh, But we're going to go to the last issue of the night. What did you think of this one? We're going to continue the fun time. Supergirl number 26. Written by Mark and Draco. Yeah, I'm a little more positive on this than you. Uh, not this issue. I'm talking the overall series. Written yeah. by Mark and Draco. Art by Kevin McGuire, Sean Parsons, Scott Hanna, Wade Von Grau. Now we're talking. This is what happens when you get multiple artists. Scott Hanna, Wade Von Grau, Badger, FCL Placencia, Chris Sotomayor, Tom Napolitano. I mean, what is this? Earth, Wind, and Fire? Or is it Parliament no. Funkadelic, Eric? Uh, those, uh, I, you have so many people. It's Slipknot. Nobody wants that. Since coming back from the grave, <laughs> <laughs> this book has been in the shadow of Brian Michael Bendis because of the Throgozar storyline. Well, that seems to be behind us for now as Kara has found herself in the Vegas system. But unfortunately, she is a prisoner of Harry Holcomb. It feels like a cheap way to get some Omega Men magic in this book. But really, oh, magic. what type of magic is that? I mean, really, is this street magic, Aaron? Is I this didn't Chris even Angel? read all the Omega Men because I hated that series so much. I think I read the first cut two issues this and I read the final issue. This is a generic version of it anyway. It, it and just, just is such a weird deal. Even them showing up here and that Supergirl knows them and they seem to know Supergirl. I'm like, I don't remember yeah. that story arc. Then they go to the same – they hang out in the same places. They go Nobody to the, the Vegas system. together. Eh, the Vega, I don't know. Every every time I turn my head, we're there, it seems. Seriously. But, yeah, <laughs> Supergirl has been captured. She's there in the Citadel Grand Warship of H.H. Hokum, and it's the Citadel. She knows Harry Hokum from the Citadel deal as well. So you do have that little bit. Like, how does she even but, know Harry Hokum? 
Well, she was part of the Citadel when she went to school, and maybe they talked about him in the hallway. I, I don't know her. She was part of that. So it, just the thing is, it's not even that that gets me. First off, Supergirl spits on him, which seems very odd, and then he eats the spit. I'm out. I, I'm sitting there otter. now. Yeah, and what? What's that? Which part is hotter or otter? Otter. otter. Okay, fuck it. Which part's hotter? <laughs> Which part is hotter? Is her spitting on him? Him eating it is uh, mm, not bad, no, Daddy. No, no. <laughs> would you spit on me? You yeah, it's, gross it's very, fuck. It's I don't want to see you odd. anymore, Harry. Hogan. And then what you end up seeing is that's that how you, you know s- he's bad, Jim. Yeah, yeah, really. But with this, you end up then. Kara starts, you know, trash talking Splice. You and know, basically our spliced saying, up creature made up of all these different alien creatures, yeah. which I don't even remember aside from the Tamaranian. I think there's some yeah. Durlin in there. I don't even know oh, anymore. Yeah. I mean, this really, the do you thing. want – is there Durlin remember- in there? Do you I want some? <laughs> oh, God. Like, do you even remember last issue where we were just at no, the No, I, I can tell you now. No. I'm saying the, I, I really we don't the rubble of Krypton was Xander freaking, you know, just trying to figure out who, like, for some reason, we went to the rubble of Krypton, like we're Hawkman yeah. is right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. he didn't, like, see them. Like, oh, that's some shit going on over there. But Splice was just hanging out. Kara had kryptonite poisoning. And then they just kind of disappeared after a fight. I'm like, why was Splice there? Was it just the idea, like, man, I could really use some Kryptonian DNA. Hope somebody shows yeah, up. Yeah, it seemed. Well, they, they ended up getting her, and she's there. But it even seems that now they got Supergirl here, that Harry Holcomb's kind of like, ooh, this is a quite the coincidence. You know, I'm glad, we because now I can make... And, and to me, the only thing I can think of is they were doing American Dad at one point, because I actually thought that the DNA was the spit. Uh, but <laughs> he ended up eating that, so I don't yeah, know, the because they, they ended up DNA. Yeah, well, they end up with her, but she just seems to just be there. And and the whole deal is she realizes what the Tamaranian, oh, if I get her mad, she'll zap me. Which I, I can I use don't that, like that zap. Either. Yeah, I can use that zap to kind of power, but I'll keep they it down. About, I can, uh, they talked about that on. in the last issue kind of thing, yeah. using the Tamaranian solar blast that Splice had to charge herself up. And that's the whole yeah. thing, too, where, you know, get Splice mad. So she hits me or something. By my calculations from that blast, I have two yeah. hours of power. It's Shut too much. up. Yeah. And then she, she becomes, you know, she gets trapped in the meantime. Space she's a star freedom fighter now. Crypto. They, they're off. And yeah, she's a freedom fighter because she's then learning Cole. that she's learning that all the people that are trapped. Oh, my God. You're, you guys are, you know, innocents and we should do this while Harry Hokum is making Kryptonian, you know, babies out of the DNA of Supergirl to make an army. Uh, then all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom, the Omega Men show up. I'm like, really? Really? And yeah, Prime is show up and he's like, Supergirl? And she's like, the Omega Men? <laughs> like, how do you know each other this 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 well? Uh, you know, and you have all, you have, it's, it's the greatest hits. Brute, Tigor, Scraps, Kalista, Primus. The problem I have is... Omega Men, everybody, you know, and right now I even, uh, you know, pull out the curtain here. We are recording this live uh, in the Mixler and we have a bunch of people, uh, you know, listening. And a lot of the people would be like, hey, you know, I love the Omega Men. We hear it all the time in the Slack. People go on and on. They love the Omega Men. They love the Omega Men. That book sold shit. It didn't (laughs) sell. So when you show up with this and just think that you're going to go on the the laurels of the Omega Men, you are really counting on a lot of people knowing that book and knowing what these guys – because, yeah, you get the placards of who they are, but then they start playing around 
with the concepts from that series, the who died, who and didn't, didn't say, who's didn't, the wife, who's the husband. did some of these characters die in that series by the yeah, end of it? Yeah, well, they had by the deal when at the end, they even have some of them from before where they're like, oh, my God, I thought you guys were dead and now yeah, they're alive. Yeah, those guys I don't even recognize. Yeah, those are like the older deal. But no, I think that because we've recently seen scraps in this yes. book. So that in was the Green the Lantern book. And, and really, I can't remember, but we had that like uh, that robot guy. He he died. Oh, he yeah, went he down to the planet. He blews up. He blew up, Eric. But yeah, with this, you're really <laughs> counting on this wow moment of, oh, my God, brute. All right, check, really? check this out. I'm, I'm done. I'm already not liking Supergirl. We start out the whole idea. This series is based on the idea of continuing where the Man of Steel story, finding out if Rogozard really did blow up Krypton. I'm like, well, I don't like that yeah. story. All right, let's yeah. move on. The Omega Men. Oh, no, I don't like <laughs> that not story. To, I mean, really, the uh, it's the next deal like. off to Dinosaur Gem Island. Gem World with uh, you have Kamandi. Can Kamandi show oh up God. for you? I mean, really, what, what else can we have that you just hate uh, with a passion? Uh, you gonna yeah. show up in this? Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna, I was actually thinking in my head, who could I throw out there to say that wouldn't get upset <laughs> if I said it? I'm like, yeah, what, you know, what's next, Brandon? In here, really? Ooh. I'll tell you. Uh, earlier, you you obviously heard the roll call of Wrong Turn. Why couldn't he say Brandy? Why, Eric? Just, just tell me why. He couldn't say it. He, <laughs> he couldn't it say right. it. He refused so to talk smack. He refused Brandon. to say Brandy. Uh, but yeah, you have the Omega Men. Like, here we are, the Omega Men. Of We're going to blast you out Murray's. of here. Yes, of the Buffalo Murrays and even the Baltimore Murrays. Uh, <laughs> you end up there where they're fighting out. Hey, look, everybody in here, they're innocent. Let's get them out. Hey, look, I'm going to mind meld with you. Here you go. And then, there you go. And they end up finding these, what they thought were dead. You get uh, Nimbus, Harpus, and Demonia. And they're like, oh, my God, I think that they are clones. Or Nope, nope, they're legit. All right. Oh, the, these well, people I have no go. connection to. No, nope, that's what I'm saying. Finally. You're making oh, it my. seem as if everybody has a connection. This is not like, – like just imagine. You, you have this story. Take the Omega Men out of there. You don't even have that. Where Kara's fighting with these people and they bust through them. We don't have any of these characters haven't shown up yet. But they open it up and you have Bartor, uh, Connell, and uh, Solstice or something. That might be a big deal. You know what I mean? That would be like you'd be going nuts and a lot of people oh would. Nimbus, Harpus, and Demonia. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? It's ridiculous. You know that Demonia is the sister of Harpus. Did you like that? I lady. got Solstice in there as well. I was just yeah, you know, I that. Now I'm, I'm singing Eric. She's dead there. now. She was in the sanctuary. Don't bring this up. I know, but they, just imagine that. Like that would have been the big. Oh my God! You know, there's Superboy back, and then we're good. No, bunkers here. What? I, I did see hashtag Harpus is back. I, I saw no, this that, trending. That was herpes. <laughs> <laughs> The doctor boys it back. The doctor <laughs> So it's hashtag herpes is back and hashtag oh no, I've got the I don't know what I've got the clap. Uh Nimbus, Harpus, and Demonia. Now all I think is Nimbus, Herp, and Demonia. There you go. Dementia yeah, yeah. here. You end there with, you know, uh, Splice, then get her. The Kryptonian's mine. I'm like, please, really? And then it says, next, Harry Hokum's Army of Clones. And this book has completely (laughs) gone off the rails. And where I was liking it more than you, even though it was tied to Rogozar, and I said that that was a shame. I was like, well, we'll get 
past Rogue and Star. Also eventually, the scavenger hunt well, aspect we'll, that everybody wants to yeah, do, and I hate. Well, well, we'll get past that eventually. But going to uh, you know the Vegas system—that seems Hulk weird. Him. Yeah, him, Harry Holcomb. <laughs> there you purpose. go. Yeah, yeah. So there purpose. you go. Him and his and and plus just to to you know show you Harry Holcomb. He, he's smoking an e-cigarette. Douchebag, Eric. Douchebag. But uh, what <laughs> what would you give this? Uh, I've done it. I'm not even a huge fan of the art in this issue. Which I, I like kinda, the art. I kind of try to rely on the series because I really don't care for the stories. Every month it comes out. This uh, I don't care for the art that much, and the story it, it means nothing to me. We're just in the Vegas system, you know. Harry Hokum, he's doing some Kryptonian DNA snatching because he does Jeff? that. I'm I'm okay with that. I don't yeah. care about the character though, and the, even the idea we just you know we're in the Vegas system all of a sudden. You're gonna go and, four out of ten, aren't you? No, I'm going four point five because the, Ooh, I'm done. I almost went four point five, but uh, it's it's enough to go like above a four in my mind at least. But the story yeah. means nothing to me, and I hate reading this series anymore. I like the art, so I'm going to go five. It's a regular five. It's not an FU five, but I, I could go as low as four or five as well. But I do like the art. And I don't know. I read all the Omega Men, and it made me, it, it at least gave me a chuckle that they think that the Omega Men mean more to people than, than really I think they do. God, uh, I like series. I said, people can sit there all they want and tell me how much they like the Tom King Omega Men book, and that's fine. You can like whatever you want. But having them here is not Tom King's book. So just because you like that doesn't mean it's going to carry over to the Supergirl. And there's not really a connection that I see that you would think that you'd get there. And it's nope. it's just – it's very odd. It's really odd. I didn't yeah, like those characters when I was reading it over there. I don't like them here either. I know. And here they're like the generic versions of them as well. You don't really have anything. But I hear my dog barking, and that means that that's the end of the books, Eric. And we're going to go Ooh, and pick. Is that what that means? <laughs> that's what it means. We're going to go pick our book of the week. All right, Eric. And what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie this week between Detective Comics and Just League Dark. With what, a seven? Yeah. Is that what you- <laughs> Mine's crazy because it ends up being Catwoman, I believe. Uh, and I, I can't say that it would be necessarily the book of the week. It's just that I like the start of it. But I'm going to give it a tie anyway with the Batman Who Laughs. Because when we talked about that on the Patreon-only spotlight, I oh, ended I up raising up my that. score. So I think, I think that that might be that, your You know what? I week. lied. That is my book of the week. I for some yeah, reason, because it got spotlighted up, the, and I didn't, I forgot all about it. That is yeah. my book of the week as well. Yeah, so but, you I'm going to go with that Honorable mention, well. Detective Comics, Just League oh, Dark. My honorable mention, yeah. indeed. I don't know. What did I give Just League Dark? I can't remember my score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, none. None, Eric. I'm done. I love uh, how you started gonna... that whole thing. It's like, Reggie, I don't know, talking to you, I think my score is going up. Yeah, yeah, it went down again. After you guys were talking <laughs> and I was paging through eating a sandwich and talking on Slack, I'm like, no, I'm really not going to give a score for this. I, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going. That's not going to be the line in the sand that I draw anymore <laughs> of that book because I, I can't win with it. So uh, you want to hear what we're going to talk about next week, Eric? Of course next I week, do. there's not a lot of books at all. All right. Remember, if my you want to, right well, yeah, if you want to hear all of those, you have to go over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science because the badasses will be picking two of these for the badass Patreon-only spotlight that comes out on Thursday. And they are Aquaman number 44, which seems like it's a long time since that first issue I, I of Kelly Sue Oh, that's right. It does. I'm like, what yeah. are we doing in Aquaman? Doesn't it seem oh, like, yeah. a, like maybe Savage that was Island delayed life. a little? Maybe Now, the thing is, some of these books maybe seem a little bit delayed because of that week at the end of maybe. December. But that seems like it was delayed. But we also have Batman number 63 continuing the nightmares. So oh. Aquaman, it's the dreams. Batman is the nightmares. 
nightmares. Oh my, what is this? What is this? A tweet by Eric Shea? Did Wes we Craven also, die again? We also have Eric. A book that we may talk about, Damage Number Thirteen. We said that we're going to stop a lot of these at twelve, but boy, Damage, damage is, is so easy. Damage it's is about such as a quick, quick as Catwoman this week. I'm telling you, it's such a quick. How dare you? It's such a quick <laughs> read that I'm telling you that pads the stats. Right. We also right. have a book that if you don't want to talk about it now, right there, I say that that means you ain't going to talk about it. But I think Brandon would talk about it as well. It's the DC Primal Age oh, junk that came out. That came out in. Uh, uh, a t- <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the best is I, I, I was at uh, Target today and I was actually did looking at it? all those figures. They didn't have all of them, uh, but they had. I'm saying, did you see the book? Was no, the I didn't book see there? any of the book. I just saw okay. all the figures. The big Batcave place. Did the you Joker, like them? Like, um, the thing is, I do to a degree. It's just there's so much there, and I already have like all my heme. I don't know where I would put any uh, yeah. of this stuff if I got it. Was into it was on my news. It was on my news show this morning where I'm doing this, and they're giving this whole thing. And it's one of those things that DC keeps doing this. They announce mm-hmm. it. The day that it's on the shelf. I mean, oh, this yeah. is supposed to have come out on Friday. That's when they announce it. They don't get any hype towards it. They're just like, oh, by the way, if you're at Target, it's already there. Sure and was. they describe, I wish I could pull it up quick, the way they describe what the DC Primal Age is. <laughs> now, I said, they. I guess they can't, they don't want to say or whatever. They, they have the property, right. but only in the comic form, I guess. So it's like, you know, the DC Primal Age, that's barbarian type characters in a magical world. I'm like, <laughs> It's He-Man. It is He-Man. <laughs> Why can't you just say it's the DC characters of like, He-Man? It's the whole thing is, imagine it's at the end of is. Injustice versus Massive Universe where there's strange amalgam at the end that combines yeah, all, all of them all of a sudden, like it's that. boom. They stay like that. They and all that stay in the in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So it's they're the barbarian type of characters in my No, They do look cool. And I, I swear it's He-Man. That, I think I, they look the, really cool. The thing cool. is, now, not only do they look cool, because like I have all the like the horror figures done up by He-Man, yeah. which I think are really cool, but the idea that they have a Castle Grace esque bat cave cave playset and then like you know mounts for the joker and batman yeah. to ride i'm like yeah that, well that's again and the, and the mounts are ace and crypto it seems for i, I Superman don't know that's the thing is, uh, the one i'm looking was at a joker. now it looks the one was like a it. joker mount and i don't remember what it was off the top okay. of my head now well, it's bothering I'm, me. I'm looking at it right now i'm looking at the cover and it does make me smile. I'm telling you now. Then again, it is written by Marv Wolfman. Yeah. We got you know a, a lot of Jerry Ordway stuff like that. So we'll see how it is. And it's very long. It's like a hundred pages. I already asked Brandon. I said, "Hey, do you want to review that?" It's kind of like you know the He-Man thing. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that." Then I told him it was a hundred pages. He, no takesies, backsies, Eric is what I told him. He's in. It looks but like he, he said had, he's he gonna, rides a he's giant purple dewback. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the cover, and I'm telling you, what it looks on the cover is what I said. But, hey, I- I'm not going to say either or. I'm talking about the comics. I'm not talking, I'm talking about, about the toys. Your, your nonsense with your toys. Now, that, that was a little I side deal. I could have dropped uh, a lot of money agent. today at Target the, the, on these things. Well, the funny thing is we're going down the books, and, and the Primal Age has caught our fancy. We also have Freedom Fighters number two right. that we were looking forward to. Justice League number 16. Now, that's a book that seems like we just talked about was it last week I, I don't understand it was last well i don't know oh, yeah. we also it's have uh, tell me. yeah yeah it's bi-weekly we have naomi number one the right. wonder comics imprint about. book that's david f walker and brian michael bendis writing and we're going to be talking about that on right now i will little you know Take up the veil. What am I saying? The curtain is going to be drawn up. Right now, Naomi is in the lead. That's actually in the lead. Naomi and Teen Titans are in the lead. So we'll see. Uh, Shazam number two. 
Uh, Sideways, number Rook, 12. We're not talking about that. No. Our Teen Titans, number 26. I, I always get I thought that was Sideways. Why did I mention Sideways? Teen Titans, number 26. <laughs> and that's it. But there's also some other books. Wildstorm comes out for Jeremy. And Chris and Reggie will be talking about Lucifer as I well. I realize the Wildstorm was still going on. Yeah, it's still going. It's coming to an end soon. But uh, also Curse of Brimstone Annual. Eric, you want to you dig into that one? You want to roll Why up the sleeves? Why is coming out a week before the annuals week? I don't know. I Because there's so many books coming out annuals week, which I'll remind people that that annuals week, You don't which want has, Brimstone Annual to get lost in the shuffle, do you? No, you don't want that to be lost. It's lost in the shuffle here. I'm telling you, <laughs> it'd be lost in the shuffle if one book came out. We end up with this annuals week like i said i believe there's like 18 books coming out that annuals week but that will be only patreon only so don't don't yell at me don't say the pretty low gym I, I, I don't need to hear of that but that's it that is it for the podcast eric we had a lot of fun tonight we had a lot of fun here uh <laughs> It's funny too, though, because the more fun we have, it seems like then people don't like us. So yes. hopefully we didn't have too much fun. You were so happy about last week's episode. You're like, you know what? That was one, one of the, the most best. fun episodes that we've had in years, you said. Uh, yeah. And then so shade, shade from everywhere. <laughs> it really upset you. You actually, it did get you down, didn't it? I did a little bit. For real. Yeah. Not did. like you, but a little bit. No, I, I I get angry and upset. Then I get sad because I'm angry and upset. Then I'm upset that I'm angry and sad. Then my headphones sad. go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, really, I'm at work <laughs> yelling. Then I'm crying. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions. I see you slipping those headphones on. I'm like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird. And we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!